I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Oh, gentlemen. Gentlemen, I don't see any of those here right now. uh, Boys? Hey. Little tiny boys. Hey. Tiny tiny boys. Mr. Braden Smith, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing real good. Man, uh, Gravity Lab Radio, I don't even know my own name, episode 18. You are the second guest we've had twice. Ben Nelson was the first one. We're already improving. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's right. We start with a, with a little dog on Ben Nelson. I love my boy. Well, you know what? He's going to be a permanent staple in the show. Oh, dude. He, he is. He is. He'll probably be on. He'll be on again. Our plan, actually, I don't know if I'd ever mentioned it. Ben, is, ben and I have discussed this, and I've let Nick know, is, first of all, he's a wonderful backup or assistant. He is Nick's assistant. We got to give Mr. P an assistant. Yeah. Uh, You're but, worth it. You got to have backups for backups. You're you know? worth yeah, it, yeah. dude. Yeah. Backups for backups, dude. Would he be able to run the shit by himself without uh, he, Nick? Yes. He's done it before. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah it's, these buttons over here, it's not that hard. Once you get Don't started, it's hard. he hits the enter button over and over again. That's all he actually does until the end. Then he pushes the number three and enter again. Yeah, which I usually mess up because sometimes, like right now, the, the numbers, maybe it's because of the, let's see, do I have the number? Ah, there we go. Wait, no, when you're no, hitting no, enter, it's cycling through sources? Is that some? So we have uh, the main, right now we have one thing. Uh, live. I don't know which way is live, but probably set is the title of this side. And the other side is titled Nick. And on one screen you have... And on this side, it's beautiful. You can actually see there, there's the two screens on OBS yep. with hotkeys. So enter, switches. He's got two oh. preloaded and one hot. Sick. See, that's a that's one I've, that's one a feature I've never used. I've only cycled in between scenes. I've never, I've never driven scenes like that, like had the other one ready to rock and roll. The yeah. only software I ever did was the company that we streamed iFly competitions with. They... And that was it. Wasn't that a church-based thing? At, it at was. First? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Churchstreaming.hd or something was their was their URL. And they do, they do they crush. They crush. Absolutely, man. OBS. If you're a nerd, a computer, you get software guy. OBS so is what we're talking about. What's that? Oh yeah, and so fun. I was sorry. Yeah. I was just no, no. Uh, open broadcast software. Yes, okay. open broadcaster software. I believe. Yeah, and actually, I, I mentioned last episode with you that I found out about this software mainly through Nick, and he had known it from you. And we can do the things you can do with OBS is unbelievable. We use maybe two percent of its capability. Yeah, dude. There's um, there was one feature that OBS couldn't do at the time when I needed it, and I believe it can now, and that's pump in a feed from an IP address. So like if you were, and now this is something that we could do remotely. So if I were to broadcast a stream live from OBS, I could broadcast to like a Wowza server and then you could pick up that URL directly through Open Mm -hmm. Broadcaster. So you would add a source and you would add it as an IP camera and then boom, it would just be a source that you could put on the screen somewhere. I don't know what name they have it under right now, but they still have, you can view the desktops or whatever you're doing. You can view a browser. You can view a source. They definitely, they've renamed it some, but it's definitely that level of detail still. Well, I have, do you have a system, the desktop that this is installed with? Do you know if you've got an open PCI Express slot in there? I don't know if I do. Okay. Um, I don't think I do because I have about 20,000 things plugged in this computer right now. Okay. Well, I was going to say, 
Dude, I have a pretty beastly desktop. I mean, it was beastly three years ago. It would still hold up. That's just sitting in my Tacoma. That's in your garage. Yeah. If you ever wanted to use it. And here's here's where I think the only reason why I have something superior to this current system is I have a, a 1080p HD capture card. So I'm super interested in that. Yeah. And we'll talk for sure, dude, because... No, your computer's got to be superior to this. Uh, years ago, I was a nerd. I like, I want to build the fastest, biggest, most badass computer possible. I always wanted the fastest, not because it would last, be the fastest for a year, but it would last for three, four, five, six years and still be fast at the end. And I used to want to game on it and do video editing and crap. And now this is some PC I bought from Best Buy for business. Yeah. Th- so what you'll have to do, if you want to get serious about doing, putting the fight on the screen, like what we have right now, we we get the fight going over here, but ultimately at some point, wouldn't it be fun to do a fight companion? Yeah, and uh, absolutely, man. There's a few things your computer will let us do, and I will mention the fight things as we get on through that. But uh, so right now I'm using webcams. I like the webcams we have. I told you I bought, and I point at Mr. P if you can't see me pointing. Yeah, point, motherfucker. Um, well, didn't your mother ever teach you that that was rude? No. It's not rude. My mother speaks a foreign language, and I don't understand her. <laughs> it's not rude to point. Dude, when my mom gets mad, you know you're in trouble when she starts speaking Japanese again. When you don't understand mom, you're Run. in trouble, dude. Run. And when, if she says bonsai, <laughs> you absolutely just get the fuck yeah. out of Dodge. Kamikaze, that's dude. another word you <laughs> yeah, want to run from. you run from, dude. Oh, man, that hurts my feelings. If she starts pre-bandaging her body because she's <laughs> expecting wounds, then also run. <laughs> Debbie, don't tell mom about this. I'll get in a lot of trouble. I, I do make hey, fun. Hey, best friend Debbie, I love you. I miss you. I've been thinking <laughs> about you. I do. Uh, um, crap, can't remember what the hell was going on. You anyways. do crap. Dude, I you know crap. what I'm doing? I'm drinking another chilada. Dude, I'm up to no good. This whole trip, man, this whole vacation I've been on has been three weeks of me being a 29-year-old toddler who does whatever he wants. You were already that. Dude, I on an island. I didn't adjust my sleep schedule to the United States, dude. I would sleep till like 2. Well, no, I typically get up when the sun came up and my dude, my circadian rhythm was so jacked for like the first 2 weeks. Your what? The circadian rhythm. Okay, sorry. Yes. I, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, that's right. You're you're correct. Yeah, yeah, no. I just heard it wrong the first time. In my uh it was dude, it was so jacked. And I I was not getting good sleep in, at all. Do you do you think that a little bit of this was in your head because people told you that it was going to be this hard adjustment yeah, coming back? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Did you sleep the whole way? And yeah. No. You, no. 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 I no. Did. He passed out the whole way. Dude, I passed out. Yeah. It was probably not quality <laughs> sleep. I that was just like a narcotic sleep that I was in. It, so it probably wasn't that good. But no, I I think there is actually something to it because. I've heard that jet, jet lag is super difficult, but when I went west, it wasn't an issue. Going east is supposedly a lot harder, so that's what bugged me out. Now, a lot of it was in my head for sure, but there was also just a laziness where I never adjusted my schedule at all. Like, I would sleep till, like, 7 when the sun came up. I would wake up for, like, two hours, and I'd go back to bed and wake up at, like, 2, and then, like, toss and turn in bed, and then just start drinking with my parents at, like, 4, <laughs> and playing backgammon with my dad, and then go to bed at like I'd stay up till like four or five in the morning and then just kind of repeat the cycle it was a it was weird it was the most relaxing three weeks ever I still got to skydive I still did a lot of fun stuff my dad raced in the Chicago to Mackinac race it's a three and a 350 mile sailboat race that starts in Chicago goes all the way up the coast of Lake Michigan and ends at Mackinac Island it's 350 miles there's probably over 400 boats in it. It's super competitive. The weather always gets gnarly. 
my dad's on a boat called Utah. And I raced with him. And it's it's cool that it's called Utah because uh, you're from Utah. D- does he say, give me two? Does that ever happen? That They don't do any fucking point break references, what? dude. And I feel super That's out so of place. Weird, yeah, yeah, dude, it's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> that doesn't you make na- sense dude, at all. You yeah. named your boat Utah. And you guys don't get any of my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, which, is a bo- which is a bummer. But I went out and raced with him on, uh, on a Wednesday night, man. And I'll tell you, if you need sensitivity training at all... <laughs> Like, in the sense that if you're too sensitive, like, a lot of times I can be too sensitive, you know, sometimes. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, about if you say mean shit about me. Oh, you're personally sensitive. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I can be too sensitive. Dude, you need to go fucking, you need to go sailing with my dad's team. These guys are animals. It's like, just going to rip you apart the whole They're going to rip you apart. They put me on mass, and fortunately, the time that I was. What did they say to you? They didn't say anything did to me. they you. call you stupid? So, the, the they job. They call you fat? They call you ugly? Dude, I'm not the fattest guy in the boat, and I'm definitely not the dumbest guy in the boat, but I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm, like, in the middle. So, But I I just did, like... <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, my, dude, my job is, like... My job was super easy. All I did, it's called doing mast. And when you're on mast, you pretty much sit on your ass for 15 minutes, and then for 30 seconds, you raise a spinnaker sail, and then you take down the jib, and you do that as fast as you fucking can, which is just, like pulling on a rope as quick as you can and so then you gotta take down. the crease out of the sheet yes yeah you take the crease out of the sheet well dude i like no. to cut in your jib it's yeah it's <laughs> shit like that and i can do that well like i'm instructed it's a super simple job and i can do that well but these guys go out on these recreational wednesday night races where no one wins anything but a trophy there's no monetary gain from this race and they scream at each other dude to the point where it's like awkward and i almost saw this like people go to blows over this sailboat race and uh, it's it's just wild to see this. Like on a Wednesday night, these guys go out and they get so competitive against each other. They're screaming at other boats, yelling profanity at other boats, specifically at the start of a race. When you have all these big boats at the start of a sailboat race, there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of right away shit, and you can tell people. It's it's difficult to explain. It would be tough to explain without visuals. But anyways, it was cool to see that and go race with my dad. And then he goes and races on the Chicago to Mackinac. They took fourth. Out of 19 boats in their division, and 78 boats didn't even finish the race because they got hit by a storm. Damn. And actually destroyed hardware. Like, it's a dangerous race, a little bit. So you were or weren't on the boat with them this year? I wasn't on the MAC. I did just a Wednesday night race before. Um, to go on the Chicago to Mac, you you would have to be like a staple on that boat through the whole. Oh, season. you gotta know that you gotta know. The you show. gotta know the shit. They can't wait that. for your lagging ass. Exactly. It's gonna be. It's 48 hours on the boat with the same people, and. You kind of got to know what you're doing. And it's not a big boat. It's like 40 feet. And it's just, it's bare bones. We just can't like do 15 and minutes on the same airplane together. How, how, many, how many dudes staff the boat? Eight. Eight how man big crew. is the boat? 40. 40 foot? Yeah, I think. Look up. Go Google Google a J111 for me. Just J111 sailboat and tell me. It's either like 35 or, or 40 feet. So while he's looking that up, if you're watching this on Facebook, you will notice uh, some of us get distracted just a little bit. We planned on doing this Friday night, and due to Braden's personal love life, um, now he just has some personal family business to take care of, and he uh, he couldn't make it till tonight. So I was going to watch Fight Nights UFC on Fox tonight, and actually going to invite you over for it. So now we are kind of stranded doing two things at once. Hell yeah! So we are watching the fight on the side, guys. Uh, thirty six feet. There it is. Thirty six feet. If you do want to uh, check it out, man, UFC on Fox. A bunch of uh, MMA nerds hang out around some of my friends. Uh, check it out, watch it. We're having a good time. So sorry if you don't like MMA. I'm sure at some point we'll get distracted by the fight and yell at, oh my God, look at that guy, knock that guy silly comment or something like that. 
So 36 feet, J111. Dude, like, I've been maybe on a 24-foot sailboat. 26, I think, is the biggest I've been on. I want to... Is that... Is that it right there yeah. on the top? On the it's top a run? real competitive boat. Oh, this isn't like shit. this isn't like a luxury cruiser. Nobody goes out and just sails it. Like this is a race boat, and uh, they're they're very competitive. And it's a it's a one design fleet. So when you race in one design sailing, there's only certain modifications you can make on your boat mm-hmm. to be otherwise you'd be in a different class. Kind of a stock car thing. Totally, hundred percent, just like stock car. So you know that there's 19 other boats in your division in this race, and for the most part, it's going to be the best sailor wins. And um, you know, every boat on this race, the Chicago to Mackinac, has a tracker, and it's it's mapped in real time, so you can watch the race, and you can see who's winning, and you'll see these guys take drastically different paths than the other guys. They'll sail way far away from the coast, and they'll make these choices that are either going to pay off huge, or it's going to be a disaster, where they think, you know, they've heard legends from years past that around this island, there might be some extra wind, or you can catch a current over here, or... There's certain different strategies that people will will try to play with, and you can watch it all go on live. The Chicago to Mackinac is like a really serious sailboat race, and it was <laughs> it was interesting because at, at the end of the race, I, I drove up four and a half hours from my house to go pick up my old man when he was finished. And usually, when the Chicago to Mackinac is done, it's like a huge party, and unless something very bad happens on the boat and everybody hates each other when it pulls into the dock, <laughs> so like dude, when I was there. I pulled up like two hours before they got to the dock and I started boozing immediately. And then, yeah, of course. And the boat's like pulling into the, into the Harbor or whatever. I'm standing on the dock. I've got like a beer in my hand. I'm like, what's up dudes? Like, you know, congratulations on the race. And these guys were hanging their heads like super low. And essentially what happened was like four or five hours before that, the guy who was driving wasn't paying attention and he rounded a buoy the wrong way. And so they're essentially, they have to go back and round it again. They have to turn around and go back and round it again. And because of that, they lost like a couple places. Like they would have been on the podium if they hadn't made this mistake. And because the mistake was made, guys started screaming at each other on the boat. And it was just like uh, turned into a whole fiasco. Um, sure, it could be a really good time or a real train wreck, man. That's it. That's what's one or the other. There's no middle ground. Yeah. I, I joked around. I said, we can't spend 15 minutes with each other in an airplane. And I was kind of joking. But, I mean, there's those days totally where you just same, hate same time. every yeah, plane like, lied. Plane lied? A plane lied? I'm on, I'm on. Oh, plane hello. Lied. Hello, DJ. You like an airplane? I like an airplane. What percentage Japanese are you? Half. 50. Half? Because that sounded like 100. Half, yo, yeah, dude, man. <laughs> I'm half honky, half Japanese, man. Honkanese. 50-50. Yeah, yeah. So your dad, in the military, went over, married a Japanese girl. Yeah, man. Awesome. My, my dad actually... Um, Dad was dad's old enough. Vietnam was going on. Vietnam's going on. He's in college. Gets home from school. There is a letter from Selective Service in his mailbox. And you know who Selective Service is for those who don't. It's the draft. You get a letter from Selective Service. You just got drafted. And they oh when God. they draft you, you actually go into this big room with a bunch of people and they yell out numbers. Number thirty four, forty eight, sixty two. Step forward. You're Marines. Get out of here. Number you know oh whatever. Oh my Jesus. God, dude. So, that is so terrifying. So Dad didn't like that idea. He was like, if I'm going, I'm going where I choose. So he went to a recruiter's office and he went straight to the Marine Corps recruiter's office, which kind of backwards for some people because especially at that era they weren't necessarily the easiest boot camp or the nicest guys they were definitely some hard-nosed guys he chose the marine corps uh and actually went third maw third uh third marine corps air wing and worked as an avionics avionics technician in f4 squadron went to japan with an f4 squadron worked as avionics technician 
met this really gorgeous and dude, man, I uh, I've seen pictures of my mom as a young lady, and you know that whole I'm into Asian fetish thing. Like, no, it's so creepy, weird, bro. My sister looks Asian, my mom is Asian, my aunt growing up who lived with us is Asian. There is not, dude. I'm into creamy, pasty white girls. I mean, you've you've met my wife. She glows in the dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't need a nightlight, bro. It's all good. Um, right on. So when, when you said pasty, creamy white women, I thought you were going to say bitches. That's what I thought you were going to say. I was about to say bitches. But, all right. You know, okay. Just so I, thought, Valerie, I, I no. thought I heard that coming. All right. In case Valerie's family's listen, I can't hear, have her dad hear me call her that. So. Oh, hey, uh, Debbie just uh, joined. I miss you. <laughs> Debbie is my sister. Oh, right on, right on. And yeah, her right on. and Nick are having a little bit of a something going on. We're best friends, man. We're best friends. Have you met in real life? No, no. They only have phone it's calls. More fun like that. <laughs> it's more fun like this. We send Facebook messages sometimes. Oh, have cool. you guys actually sent any? Yeah, I think the day that I added her. Okay. I, I, I uh, <laughs> she's threatened to send you Facebook messages at some point. Yeah, that's fine. What do I care? No, it's uh, um. So my dad, I'll, I'll get back to that because there's a point to the okay, uh, yeah, back um, to the dad and Marines. My my dad met mom in Japan, fell in love. Uh, mom was a gorgeous young lady, and uh, I was actually conceived in Japan, and they moved back to America, and I was born New Year's Eve in Virginia. Oh, right on. So dad, that's the reason we lived in Japan as a Marine. A lot of Marines, a lot of Army, Navy, don't matter who you are, they want to get stationed overseas regularly, and there's always like my dream assignment is. And every opportunity Dad had, every time he would actually put in for his next assignment, he always one hundred percent put Japan. And Japan he, is the coolest, dude. I love it. He he got his orders when I was in fourth grade. You're going back to Japan, so he got. There's accompanied and unaccompanied. Accompanied tour means we're sending you, your wife, your kids. We're gonna give you a place to live. You're covered. You're good to go. Unaccompanied, we're sending you. Uh. That's it. So now here comes dad at this point. Uh, dad's 25, 32, 33 year old. I feel man. like most tours are unaccompanied. Am I right? Like, um, in assuming that the majority? Lower ranks, yes. Yeah. Upper ranks, no. And it's usually because at those ranks, it's the age people you have. His tour was also one year and only one year. So they're like, you can do without your family for a year, which, I mean, we could have. But dad's goal was to go there with us. So at like 32 years old, him and mom scratched the money together to fly my sister, my mother, and, and me over. And then we had to live in Japan. We didn't actually live on base because you've got, you know, on base, you're in America. You straight up are legitimately in America when you live on base. Uh, when you live in town, we had no American friends near us at all. We grew up with just Japanese kids, which was ideal to my parents because they wanted us to be so, uh, submersed in the culture. They really wanted us to, man, those boys are tying up, aren't they? Yeah, so I just realized that I hadn't paid a single bit of attention to these fights yet. Uh, dude, I, I'm, I'm still hearing your story, so don't think I'm ignoring you. Don't worry, I've been doing the stare at the screen and doing that. I'm hoping the story about Japan turns into a fight. No, oh, dude, oh my God, that's, uh, yeah, there's so many fights in Japan, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that's why we got stationed back there. Dad wanted to, to raise us there, so I've lived in my grandmother's house growing up as a child, the same house my mother grew up in. Um, what the fuck though? You said something in the middle of that that reminded me I wanted to. Well, well, well. I'm uh, busy interrupting you. I just wanted to say you said your dad did all this while he was 32. Yeah, I am 31, and the That's thought so of crazy. going to Japan and taking my family, like, no, dude, I am a little boy. I can't do any of that stuff. And you have to spend. Think about the airplane tickets to Japan. Think about living in Japan. Our first year is unaccompanied. He applied for an extension. He got the extension, but it's still unaccompanied. The next year, he applied for another extension. He, they said, cool, we'll give you a three-year extension, but we're going to call the second year your first year, and now you get two more years in Japan, and they moved us into base housing. And this was 80s? 
uh, yeah, eighties and changed his cost of living because if you're accompanied, you get more money. If you're unaccompanied, he's living on a foreign income or he's living in a foreign country with a different income. But and when we were in Japan, a dollar equaled two, three hundred, four hundred yen, depending on the time we were there. Today, that's basically saying a dollar equal two, three, or four dollars. Today, the the one exchange rate is close to one to one exactly. Yep. So, um, it wasn't a hard time because of the economy at the point. It, it really worked out good, dude. Your computer. Okay, so uh, I want to know about this because we can use it. Well, if you don't use the whole box, which you're more than welcome to take the whole thing, I would love it to be getting use. But what you could just do is just grab the capture card. I've got a Aver Media Black Magic something or other, but it essentially Black Magic. It's a capture card that you can just plug in an HDMI cable into it, and it captures 1080p from whatever you're throwing at it. And so, like, you could pull in this cable feed, like that we're watching the Fox fight on, and then you could add the source in OBS. As a just a, a video capture, and then you could have it picture in picture with the f- the fight playing in the bottom corner. And since you own the fight and it's a Fox fight anyway, I mean, I think you'd pro- maybe run into some pay- problems if you did it pay per view or something. But like, I don't know. I feel like you could no, get away I can't, with. You can't rebroadcast on, over the air TV. Um, there was a company called Arrow. I don't know if you'd ever heard of them. Perhaps uh, they actually did over the air. They they took over the air signals. I forgot what city they were in, but they put a crap load of little antennas up and said, we're getting all these individual signals and we're reselling it to users and you can record on the cloud. It was a super, super awesome system and very quickly went to court. Illegal. Illegal. And and part of the argument was, well, you can't resell what we're broadcasting. We're not selling what you're broadcasting. They can watch that for free. We're selling the storage space if they want to use it for cloud. And there were some decisions made about rebroadcasting over the air stuff, period. So did you ever know anybody growing up did anybody no, know, I didn't. know a sketchy family that scrambled cable and had a black box? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas, did you know anybody who scrambled no, cable? No, I don't think so. We lived in a... <laughs> you woke him up. No, I was just watching the fights. I can't watch the fights? Why'd you put on the fights? Dude, of course you can watch the fights. It's the last 20 seconds of, of this fight, and it's been and these boys are swinging. Yeah, it's funny, dude. Nick only watches. Yeah. Nick only really gets involved when they're grappling. When somebody's got... You know, when somebody's <laughs> when got somebody's hugs. back. When I, somebody's got somebody's back. Like, when they're no, mounted. That, that definitely does catch my attention, because I want to see what he's going to do, because the moment that... You know, I don't have a lot of jujitsu at all. But it's awesome. But the moment that... I, you know, when I'm scrambling and someone's trying to get my back, that is the place I just do not want to be. Yep. So I just want to see how he how he was getting out of it. Oh, look at that, dude! They're hugging it out at the end, dude. I it was I kept watching it too. Uh, it, it was actually a really God, good don't, fight. Don't you? I hate the end of a fight when they now they have to walk around with their arms up, and they, they, and they, they coach them to do that. that. No, no, yeah, but they of course because because the judges still haven't yes. made their decision, and they're saying, hey, if you, if the other guy's walking around with him, his arms up and you aren't, you look like you're accepting defeat, and that's going to affect yep. the judge's decision. I'm sure that that is all said it is and no the, it's openly said amongst the coaching community they, it's they like flopping in soccer but, but it's like a similar time, kind of, like, it's not as bad but it's totally the same type of thing yeah but it's like i would just be happier if everyone just didn't do that and the judges were like yeah we're just not going to pay yeah. attention to that shit i love it when every now and then you'll watch a fight in and both fighters collapse on the mat especially if they just both clap side by side because they just got done clinching against the fence or something they're just like Phew. Like that's it. You guys just left everything. Yeah. The, the, those boys, they fucking used the last ten seconds. They were still swinging. They were still knocking for the fences, man. How about the dude that we saw? First of all, I like. I mean, we could probably talk at length about just 
the appreciation for the uh, the uh, cardiovascular fitness of these guys to be able to go. Oh, and and dude, the the fight that you sent me. There's a anybody watching. There's a fight on my wall. It's one of the greatest pride fights ever. Dude, Don Fry. Two testosterone just juiced monsters going at it. But dude, I didn't know that Pride had ten minute rounds. Dude, it was brutal. What? It's it's brutal, man. Like ten. <laughs> Speaking of testosterone, <laughs> dude, I cannot wait. I wish you would be here next weekend. Because next weekend we're going to be. <laughs> next weekend is uh, Cormier Jones 2, and that is oh, going to be a fucking battle. That would have been a reason enough to extend my vacation another week. Honestly, like, I, I just didn't even think about it when I was making these plans. <laughs> but it's so. It's so good. <laughs> this is not. This is not working at all. <laughs> no, it's not. What do you mean it's not working, dude? It's working just fine. Can you hear me? I can yeah, hear you can totally hear you, fine. Dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hear like it's so loud in here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the headphones are loud. I can't hear anything through the headphones because the rubber is blocking all the sound. Well, and you look awesome, man. My voice inside the mask. What's the story behind that mask? Why is that mask in the building? Um, man. So Valerie and I used to live on an RV in a drop zone, uh, and somebody had left that in our RV. And I dropped it one time, and it has followed me around for about 14 years. Actually, that's come from Indiana to here with me, and it now lives on that fiberglass mold oh, of Valerie's for, head. For anyone who's just watching, uh, there's a gorilla mask <laughs> inside uh, DJ's office here, which I was just wearing. It's beautiful. It is a good gorilla. You've got to admit, that's a pretty quality gorilla mask. It's great, man. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it's, it actually is the inspiration for my face and for my beard. Speaking of masks, there's something that... There was one of my first weeks at Spaceland. I was living in the bunkhouse, uh, <laughs> like like you should when you first get to Spaceland. Um, and I don't know if he's still a fun jumper, but obviously, who's ever coming to fun jump and learning how to skydive or whatever, you're going to bro down with them if you stay in the bunkhouse together. But this guy's profession was making high-quality silicone masks. And this guy, his masks are so good that every time he makes one, he has to register it with the FBI. Because of how good his masks are, and he has to—he sells them to celebrities, because celebrities like Tom Cruise and Kevin Bacon and shit—they want to go out and live like a normal life, and they simply can't. So they buy like really high quality masks. You're saying that these celebrities buy these masks to go out in public and not be recognized. Yeah, just like that girl mask. (laughs) They look just like this, and no one fucking gives a shit. No, but dude, he said he makes masks so good. That he has to register him with the FBI, and he's watched. He's been he's watched the news before, and he's seen security camera footage of somebody, like robbing a store or something like that. And he's called him and been like, "Hey, just so you know, you're looking for the wrong guy. The guy in the video is wearing a mask, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I know he's wearing a mask. That's dope. Yeah, it was cool. He stayed in the bunkhouse. He's learning to scatter. I don't know who he is anymore. I don't remember his name. If you're out there, like, man, keep doing your thing, making those cool silicone masks. Dude, if you're out there and you're listening, hit me up, man. I want one of those masks and show up to the DZ one day just to fuck with people. They're (laughs) apparently so legit. Like, you wouldn't be able to believe it. It's freaking crazy, man. Sorry, I get distracted by the fights again. That capture card, so it can only take in one source? Um, It's a good question. I think it only has, I think it has two types of sources you can plug into it. I think it's like... Maybe it's DVI and HDMI or something like that. But what I the, what I used it for was when Ed and I used to stream together. Yep. I would take um, oh, and I have also I have an HDMI splitter too, which that'll save you like eighty bucks. It's like a powered splitter. It's like a little box. So what I would do 
is Ed would run an HDMI cable out of his video card going towards his monitor, but before it hit his monitor, it hit the splitter. We split it twice, one to the one to his monitor, one to my capture card, but it also carries audio because HDMI carries audio. So you can pull you know audio from uh, for audio and video from the TV and then it yeah it just pumps it in and it's as good as uh, it's as good as 1080p obviously the what I want what I want to do is like we we've, we've been existing off webcams right now and I actually recently bought a recently this week bought an ultra wide webcam that act, if it sits on top of this monitor that we're looking at our our our, our, our monitor it can see that cabinet. It can see the, all of this chair. It can see the top of these pictures. Oh, well, that's ultra, super wide. Yeah, it's 120, 120 oh, degrees. Right on. Um, it's too wide, and I don't really care about that because I could put it wherever I need to. Right. But the picture quality was just not that good. It's 1080, but it's not that good. Hey, Brent, well, what, what can you tell us about? Have, have you done a live stream with cameras that are not webcams? Only with iFly. So what I'm seeing, what I'm wondering, was that mostly GoPro that you used? No, we used. Do you remember iFly's camera that would go into their that that lived inside the tunnel? That's mm -hmm. it's what yeah. they record oh, first yeah. time flyers yeah. with. Uh -huh. We use that. Oh, okay. But the hard part is, is you're using a type of cable at that point that is common only in the professional industry. It's like, it's not DVI, it's not HDMI, it's not RCA, it's some other shit. It's like coaxial cable, mm -hmm. and it's sort of different. So to be able to capture that with a computer, that's outside my pay grade. So where I'm wondering and what I'm, I'm thinking about is looking at video mixer boards because you can get them at reasonable prices. They're still going to cost a little bit. So I can throw in four or five cameras because what I really want to do is put one for the full set because there's supposed to be a couch here eventually. So I need a wider shot so I can put Jay and his dog in the same scene and me. Um, at the same time, I want to get one more camera so we can have tight shots of each one of us as necessary. Kind of like Nick gets his own shot. We deserve our own. I agree. Nick he, shouldn't get his own, especially when he's just fucking off with that gorilla it's mask really on. really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you you have to talk so close because it's distant from the mic that you're still giving it your little Eskimo kisses. You know, I, it's funny that you say that because the only thing I can really see the microphone through is the nostrils. So I'm thinking about speaking through the nostrils, <laughs> which lets me get a little friendly with my old Dude, buddy. Dude, it makes sense. I just... I've had a hard time paying attention to our conversation because <laughs> did you just see him sit like up like pops up, yes. dude, right when he switches the camera to himself? He's like proper. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> dude, masks are. Uh... It's the, in the delay because we yeah, get to watch it twice. Watch it. Oh man, it's uh. There it comes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> people please we we really mean this to be a downloaded audio podcast but if you only listen to this on audio go back to facebook and just watch the first how just many ever how minutes stupid we have is for a second you know we're, go to about we're minute 30, 25 we're 32 minutes in right now we're 32 minutes and you're in. missing pure gold <laughs> and nick is just being a dumb dumb over there behind the computer with that mask on. oh man hey, dj is the one who pointed out the mask all I know is, after uh, after tonight, once this podcast is done, we're Nick, we're gonna take that mask. We're gonna get out of here. Are, are we gonna have some serious role playing? With Dude, that? We're gonna go. We're gonna bring that mask back to your house. We're gonna put it on Sam, <laughs> and uh, and she'll look exactly the same. Hey, Sam, love you. <laughs> She's watching. <laughs> 
You're not supposed to say that. And she's uh, never, she, does she watch this? She's watching right now. Yeah. She, she really is? Yeah. Sam. Yeah, dude, look, oh, up? yeah, right there. It's because I'm not home. She's mad. Dude, hey, Sam, I'm, I will tell you right now. And there, she's Dark Sam, by the way. Dark Sam. What? Is she getting a lot of sun or something? No, that's just her name, Dark Sam. <laughs> we went to dinner the other Do night with her. <laughs> her and Sam Lombardo <laughs> were at dinner, so we had to... Oh, light Sam and dark Sam. Yeah, we yeah, had no. to. We had to, we had to uh, tell them apart somehow. You I, should make I, them play chess against each other and it pick the <laughs> obvious color. It wasn't light Sam and dark Sam. I called them dark Sam and glow in the dark Sam. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. And if you've never met uh, glow in the dark Sam, Sam uh, uh, Lombardo. Yes. Whew, sorry, slipped my mind for one second. Uh, man, she's just she's she's white. She is. She's white. She's, she's fair skinned. As am I. So is Nick. Not everybody else gets the 50-50 genetics, DJ. That gets them that Dude, nice, 50, that 50. nice maple syrupy glow. I pull my sleeve up and you see the other 50 right there. Yeah, but still, you color up pretty good. Um, dude, when I was a kid, we would go, I uh, grew up in Hawaii and San Diego. We were on the beach all the time. I'm not shitting on you. I'm grabbing a brewski. And uh, San Diego is uh, really close to Lake Havasu and to uh, the Arizona River. You go out to the river, or not the, the Colorado River where Arizona is, and you go to the river all the time. River rats is what we call them. And you go out there for a week on a boat, skiing, kneeboarding, tubing, whatever the hell you were getting pulled behind. I'd straight up come back from a week on the river, and my mom would say, you look like a little black boy. (laughs) I tan dark and quick (laughs) when I try. Like, I try not to stay out in the sun. This is just popping out of the sun for 10 minutes at a time, shooting landings, shooting videos of people trying not to kill themselves on parachutes. So, Does your... Does your mom... Oh, it's Rogan on the TV, dude. We got Rogan. Sorry. You got a boner. I freaked out for a second. Yeah, how know. much How much would you lose your shit? I get, you met him in, in person, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, how, yeah, no much, how much did you lose your shit? <laughs> I was or doing, were you trying so hard? Like, like when you're around was, a really pretty girl and you're trying to play it cool? Were you doing dude, that? I made the ultimate fuck up, dude. I, I, I said something so stupid. That like I said it in the moment. Like I had. Did you tell him that you desperately wanted to make love to a schoolboy? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. I had That's two the movie things prepared. Dumber. Come on, oh, I, I had two that. things prepared. Like I was like, I had two. One was a condom. So two weeks before I saw him in person, I I, I used to tweet videos at him all the time and just desperately try to uh, get him to retweet something of mine. And I finally got something retweeted like two weeks before I actually met him in person. So the I remember because you came in and told all of us on the. DC. Oh, dude, I lost my shit. Yes, he retweeted it, and my phone didn't work for fucking 15 minutes because I obviously no one follows me on Twitter so I actually have Twitter notifications set up but if you're famous you can't do that because your phone just won't work and as soon as I got a notification on my phone it said Joe Rogan retweeted your link and I was like oh my god and then my phone just sat and vibrated for 15 minutes because it got like like you know 4,000 likes and every time it got a like it's it would notify me and so I essentially got DDoS attacked by, by Joe Rogan you know what I mean <laughs> And so that now was originally what I wanted to do is when I met him at the show, first I met Ari Shafir and Duncan Trussell, which was so fucking cool. Those dudes, it, they weren't as famous as they are now. So there was like nobody standing. They opened for him at the Verizon Amphitheater in Dallas. And those dudes were just like standing off by themselves, just drinking beer. So I went and bullshitted with him for a while. And then I went to kind of wade through a horde of people to get a photo with Rogan. And I was like, dude, either I'm going to be like, hey, man, thanks for retweet. Like, you, you retweeted a video of mine like a week ago and you broke my Twitter. But the other thing was, is I was like, man, what if I invite him to, like, maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that, like, he doesn't have anything to do on a Saturday night after a show. And he just wants to, like, get fucking high and, like, get him and Ari and Duncan get high and fly in the tunnel. And I was the manager. And so I was like, I'm going to invite this guy to fly in the wind tunnel, like, straight up. And so 
when I was getting the photo taken with him, I was like, dude, there's a there's a wind tunnel. It's an indoor skydiving experience. I'm the manager. I want you to come fly, dude. I'd love it if you wanted to come and fly. If you got any extra time in town, you know, I figured it might be something he's interested in, right? Well, you did get this out to him. You, you did. I say got this. that to him. Okay. And he goes, and then he says to me like. He goes, oh, he, he's like, Eddie Bravo does that. He's like, Eddie Bravo does that indoor skydiving. And I was like, dude, I was like, I've totally been hitting you up about it on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, dude, he's got like two million Twitter followers. <laughs> like, and Yeah, why didn't you return my Twitter <laughs> messages, bro? Yeah. And he looked at me like I was just the dumbest fucking dude on the planet. It's like, I've been waiting like three years to meet this guy, and that's what I say to him. <laughs> I invite him to fly in the tunnel. It's like, okay, everything's good. He's like, Eddie Bravo. And as I'm like walking away, because he's got, dude, he's got hundreds of people to take photos with, so you don't want to take any extra time this guy's time. He's already cool enough as it is. And this was, this was back in the day when he was even taking photos with people's own cameras. He doesn't even do that anymore. He'll still take photos with everybody at a big show. But what he does is he has his own photographer set up with a tripod. You walk up in front of the camera, smile, dude takes a photo, and then he directs you to a website. He gives you a card that has a website on it. It's still free to you. He doesn't charge you any money for it. It's just so how he expedites the process so he doesn't have to be there till 4 in the morning. But I got my photo, and I was like, yo, dude, I, I've been hitting you up on Twitter. Like, I couldn't think of anything else to say. I was, like, dumbfounded, starstruck, you know, because I'm such a fan of the guy. And he looked at me like I was just, like, that fucking idiot. And I wanted to take my words back. I wanted, Like, as I watched him <laughs> go out of my head, I wanted to, like, reach back. See, and, I, I really wonder if, if the situation ended in any other, like... Most things that you said to him would have ended exactly the same way, where at the end you don't hang out with Joe Rogan. Ever. <laughs> yeah. In any way. Yeah, ever. But, but I mean, I think regardless of what you said to him, you'd probably feel exactly the same way unless you had actually gotten to hang out with Joe Rogan, which, uh, come on, it's not. Chances aren't great. You're absolutely right. And you're right no matter what I said. Uh, but in like hindsight, I wish I had just been like, hey, man, like one week. I wanted to hit him up about the retweet. Like, thanks for retweeting my video, man. It was funny. You, like, broke my phone. And then maybe, you know. And then know. just a quick kiss. And then just make out. Just like a three-second kiss. Mouth hug. Just, just a like a five-second kiss. <laughs> no, he, uh. Just extend the timer, though. Yeah, three, five, five ten. ten 11 we make seconds. out. Sec second base. You can fill in his <laughs> little nipples. But uh, it's funny that that even happens. Like, dude, I, I heard Callan talking about it. Brian Callan, he's a funny fucking comedian, super funny dude. He was on Mad TV. Does annoying. Annoying. He's a B actor. But he was talking about he's been in, he's been an actor for like 25 years. And he was talking about how he did the same fuck up the first time he met he met Al Pacino. And like as if you're like a, a C-list celebrity and you meet Al Pacino, dude, you're going to be starstruck. Probably more than just even a guy off the street is because you've you've been chasing that lifestyle. And so when that lifestyle is standing in front of you, and this guy's like obviously like the pinnacle of A-list celebrities, not so much anymore, but you know, 15, 20 years ago, definitely. And he met him, and uh, <laughs> he's at like at a restaurant or something. Go, and he didn't know what to say to him. And he goes, "Hey, hey, like, just so you know, like, I watched Scarface the other night." And, and Al Pacino <laughs> looks at him, and he goes, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> and, and like Brian knows, he just made like the ultimate faux pas, which is to fucking like bring up Scarface to Al Pacino. It's like fifteen or twenty years after he filmed it. It's like the last thing you want to do to that fucking guy, you know. He hears it every day, nonstop. Exactly. Yeah. And he made the ultimate mistake, and he knows not to make the mistake because he's an actor, and he still made that mistake. And as soon as he said it, Al Pacino could see that he knew he shouldn't have said it. And he goes, "Uh oh," and they like. End conversation, you know? It's a great story. I mean, he tells it he tells it way better than that, but 
It's dude, you, there is a little starstruck. So I delivered skis to Kevin Bacon at one point in my in my ski. Uh, we used okay. skis. Yeah. When I, I used to live in Park City, and so we would deliver skis to celebrities during Sundance. Well, all all winter long, like celebrities would come through, and so our company we did Michelle Pfeiffer, Steve Carell, Owen Wilson, Kevin Bacon. I'm trying to think of the other big ones. I think we had God. What was her? It's not Meg Ryan. Reese Reese Witherspoon, so like a bunch of A-listers that would come through Park yeah, City. Yeah, big names. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Bacon was the coolest dude because everybody else went through like a secret alias, and you wouldn't know that you were actually going to deliver to a celebrity until you were already in the van, and you'd get a call from like Park City Reservations, I'm like just so you know, you're not going to Chris Johnson's house, you're going to uh, you know Michelle Pfeiffer's house. And so you guys got to be on your best behavior type of thing. Kevin Bacon was the only guy that didn't give a shit. He would call you from his personal cell phone. Be like, yo, what's up? It's Kevin Bacon. I'm back in town. Like, me and my family need some snowboards. We're going to be snowboarding for the next couple days. Like, he'd call you from his personal cell. He'd drop his name. And when we get there, like, you're starstruck, dude. It's Kevin Bacon. You know, he's one of the biggest celebrities ever. And he's, you know, there's a stigma around him. But he, he was cool enough to break the ice, like, super early in the delivery because... You, we, we went in with, like, a bandolier. Essentially, you go in with, like, all the gear. You've got the ski boots. You've got the skis. And then you've got helmets. And the first thing I do is just try everybody on with a helmet. And I've got a full-size run. This guy's getting his head smashed. Dude, Those Cummins look like illegal strikes, his, dude. No, I no, think that it was, was the ear to the side, yeah. Yeah, I had the ear. Dude, that's Cummins. Ooh, fit. Cummins dude, he's right in the well. forehead. Oh, God, dude. dude this guy the, is swinging heat, bro. Jeez, man. Are these guys uh, light heavy? Yeah, 205. What, uh... How far below the, the top of the pop are they? 12 what? and 13. Cummins is 12. Volante's 13. Uh, it's, I, I don't remember the numbers below 10, but they're on the screen right now. I, oh, okay. I'm wearing my glasses. You're not. Dude, I am absolutely not. I can see yeah. white numbers now. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing yeah, that yeah. now. Um, and Volante is, is up and coming. Cummins is, on, is, is going the other direction. To be completely honest with you, oh, look at big John McCarthy, dude. What an incredible ref. Yeah, um, that man has aged very well, by the way. And like, I saw one of the first UFC fights, like, when the, there was one rule that there were no rules, you know, those days of the UFC, mm-hmm. and he's still, he was still doing it. But, man, he is, he is aged real good. I hope I look that good when I'm his age. Black belt jiu-jitsu. Uh, martial artist for years, I think. I think he has his own studio. Dude gets the game. Dude, so John McCarthy, Big John, is definitely one of the all-time refs. And I don't know if we mentioned this before. I know we've had this conversation. We did on the last podcast. Okay, I didn't know if we had it I was six beers deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we already did this. Well, because we did fights the next night, so I don't know. Josh Rosenthal, one of my all-time favorite refs. And if they could get over that fucking weed charge, then I would love to see that boy back. Unbelievable. Did you catch what they were just on timeout for? No, and that's why I I was wondering the same thing as well. Um, It could have been, I thought it was for, oh, well, he was talking to the guy in the black trunks. Yeah, he's talking to Cummins for a little bit. Was it was a fucking eye poke? It didn't look like anything else. Uh, yeah, dude, uh, Volante. There was seemed to be nothing else going on as far as our guy wasn't rubbing his there eyes. There wasn't a groin shot. So, I got no clue. Um, shit, what were you saying though? Okay, so in Kevin Bacon's apartment, yes, he God. cracks open the door. I've got you coming with a bandolier of helmets. So I've got smalls, mediums, large, extra larges. What do you mean a bandolier of helmets? That's we, a new word for me. Uh, y- I thought bandolier was a sword. Uh, Seriously, no, no. Like uh, Chewbacca's got a bandolier. He wears bullets around his. Uh, That's a bandolier. A bandolier. So I just think like a big ch- daisy chain of helmets all buckled together, and you're carrying it like a, a strap, so it looks like a bandolier. Yeah, of helmet. exactly. Like look a bandolier. Let's see if I'm. 
I've got Bandelier National Monument here first. Let me try some alternate spellings here. So I think it's type you, in. You type in. Type in your mother. You've got bandolier helmets. While he's pulling that up, what's what did you do with this bandolier? Yeah. Helmets? So the first thing I asked the, the guy, I just like, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Bacon, what size helmet would you like to try on? And he goes, he goes, what do you mean? He's like, I'm the biggest actor in this town. Give me an extra large. He's like, I got the, you know, because the deal is like biggest head, biggest actor yeah. type of thing. He's like, I'm the biggest actor in this town, and it's during Sundance. So he cracked that joke, and it was like the total icebreaker. I think he could tell that me and my partner were a little nervous. And so he cracks a delivery, or he cracks a joke. Oh, you get it. Okay, right on. Bandolier. So like that. Yeah, a bunch of helmets. It's probably Got not it. the right usage of the word, but yeah. Totally makes sense. I, it's, it paints a picture yeah. if I know the word. Yep. And so, uh, you know, he ended up not needing an XL. I think he needed a large. But it was, uh, it was just funny. He broke the ice. He was so cool about it. And the fact that he calls you from his personal cell phone. I've got a, man, a lot, a lot of fun celebrity stories, interaction. It's, it's cool. It's like... You know, it's a it's a job where you're getting paid eight nine bucks an hour. The tips are insane, though. Mm-hmm. You get stupid tips, but it, you just like you know two or three times out of the winter, like you run in you run into a celebrity and you get to like be in a celebrity's house. It's like an A list and just be one on one with them. It's really weird. Dude, I growing up in San Diego or spending part of my adult life really because it was senior year and on. You end up running into a lot of celebrities. You're in San Diego. They'll they like to go that direction, but also you spend a lot of time in L.A., Orange County, and crap. And I've met all sorts of people. Just luckily, I, I worked in a club at one point, ran into quite a few people who I had to spend time with, and never really blown away, never super mesmerized. Um, the Magic Johnson. I met Magic Johnson, spent a little bit of time around him. Before or after? No, after HIV. Um, and dude, dude was healthy as a fucking mountain when I met him. Got that money. And then you, you can name so many different bands and so many different places because that's what we did at the club. And the only time, and I, I have been like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, starstruck. And it was, remember the show ER? Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch it? George Clooney? Nope. Nope, no. I actually met George Clooney. Not starstruck. I mean, definitely like, oh, cool. That's George Clooney. But that's about it. The dude who was like the orderly in ER, who's kind of the heavy set, bigger dude. I'm a little too young. Who's also been on a couple of different shows, man. I mean, like the last person, I, there, there's, I could describe him to you and you could be old enough and still not know who he is. You got a name for us? Uh, Nick is helping me out here, man. And I don't even know orderly is the right. Ah, top left. Boom. Yes. Absolutely recognize him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been in a lot of things. He's a very recognizable character. I sure has. his name. But, um, dude, when I... Abraham, I don't know, sir. The, dude, the day Abraham I met Van him... Abraham Van Ruby? I, dude, I couldn't tell you his name, but I was dude. like, oh, my God, you're the dude from ER. And I, did, I nutted. Of all the people I met, it's that's... Sorry, but not, not the topless actor. I don't even know his name. Never knew his name. Are we streaming from Nick's computer? Is Nick's computer just brought... Okay, no. I was going to say, because I want to put this on the screen so other people can see what we're talking about. Oh, we can do that. Uh, yeah, I can just uh, post a link to this guy. Oh, okay, yeah. right on. Almost everything he looks up, he ends up posting in the comment section. So, guys, if, if you only do listen to the podcast and you ever want to know some of these things, um, Nick is definitely posting it. And, hey, I got to mention this just because uh, I, it's going to be helpful. Just a reminder, a lot of people asked about the film festival and told me, man, the hardest part about the film festival is the music requirements, man. I'm still struggling with the music. And so I've told them all that we've listed all these different websites that Mr. P loves to use. and, and It's got to be royalty-free. It's got to be royalty-free. And, and Mr. P, you get all your music from the sites you mentioned. What are they? 
Uh, Pond5 is one I use pretty often. P-O-N-D-5. Yeah, I feel Pond. like I posted all of this somewhere really recently. I'll, I'll, I'll post it again here in the comments. You posted it in the comments for Braden's last one. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I've posted them on the Facebook page for Gravity Lab Radio, but just throwing them out there one more time to help out. Yeah, Pond5, audiojungle.net, uh, musicbed.com. I feel like premium, early in the career. Premiumbeat.com. I feel like early in our career together. We weren't always so honest. Oh, no. So this is what Braden and I would do, <laughs> is we would get on a site that would uh, have royalty-free music, and we'd search and search until we found what we wanted. But you still have to pay to, to download the songs. Sometimes, to, like, to 50 it. bucks yeah, or you, more. Yeah, premium beat, most of them are 50 bucks. Yes. Music bet, it's, it's about the same. But uh, if you're smart, <laughs> or you know Braden Smith... Uh, it's possible to once you play the music and then you look at the what is it, the scripting of the page is what you'd call it source. Yeah, you. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not the page source. It's the uh, you essentially open the network traffic in Chrome, and when you open the network traffic, then it's going to break down all the things. But it's similar to source. It's like the same thing. You right click instead of source. I think you inspect the page. And then, it, and then you can get into network traffic. It'll show you all the things that you're technically down, downloading from on the page. And there, in, in that, you can... Yeah, then we were just uh, illegally downloading royalty-free music. <laughs> but it was good royalty-free music. It yeah. was, uh, God, for $50 a song. Dude, I won't pay 99 cents for a song. Dude, so I, you better be thankful. I usually end up paying, like, uh, on Pond5, one reason that I like it is you can narrow your search results by how much you're willing to pay. Okay. So I'll usually pay between 20 and $25 for a song. And well, you're also five making has legit videos now. Pond5 also has them down less than $10 a song, if I remember right. Um, is that true? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, right. I think that there there are a handful of free songs, I think. I think mm-hmm. you can, but they're shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. The, the YouTube Audio Library mm-hmm. has a bunch for free. Some of them are okay, but the the search is painful, so be prepared. Yeah, I know. I know. I went with Premium Beat for our intro, and yeah, I didn't go with the cheap one, but I liked the song. That song that was just, a sick beat, and it works perfect for the intro. Yeah, I, I listen to so many different things in so many different directions, and I'm just like, man, this hypes me up. This gets me excited. Let's go. I want to do the show now, dude. Can we be just honest about something? Yeah, I think no. the two o fivers, I think are. So to me, are like a scarier beast in the night than even the heavyweights. Yeah, I love the heavyweights, but unless you're Cain Velasquez, you're going to gas in one round. Yep. You know, dude, did you see uh, rumors? It's not happening yet, but there are talks about Cain coming back soon. And I would love to see Cain with Miocic. Oh, Miocic. Stipe, dude. Oh, man. Stipe and Cain, because those are the two best gas tanks yep. in the heavyweight division. Straight up, dude. This is going to be a legit, big, good fight. Um, and, and I don't think anything's been announced yet, but um, there's a, there's a few things coming around the corner, man. Um, I like the fact that those dudes don't have to cut a ton of weight; like they can live at like a healthier lifestyle. But because of that, you're right; they do gas super quick. As far as like, I mean, the look of these guys, as far as like instilling all out fear into my body, it's looking at these guys, dude. Like light heavies, man. Like DC John dude, Jones, Jones, right there. These guys are terrifying. I, do, I still, man, 180, uh, 185 middleweight is, uh, that's the main event tonight, man. And those guys are, they're scary because you have that combination of speed and agility with athleticism and strength. And, I mean, uh, light heavyweight does a decent job over all of that, but there are quite a few light heavyweights. <laughs> God damn it. Well, dude, in the more Did you see this shit? Oh, of course, dude. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah mr p man you gotta watch this shit on facebook people i mean please download the podcast that's really the goal to help grow that audience but god damn he's picking his gorilla nose hey you know why gorillas have big nostrils right I think you're about to say something racist. Because they have big fingers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Fucking racist. Evolution. <laughs> yeah, dude. Why, if you, you have big fingers against and a gorilla. small nostrils, it hurt, mother. God dang. <laughs> kind of sense is that? <laughs> <laughs> but Nick had to go there. Um, what did he say? <laughs> Nick had to go there. Oh, okay. oh, I know. I thought I, I was thinking what you were thinking, dude. And we don't say that. <laughs> Uh, I can so say nip jap bastard, but I can't say anything else like yeah. that. You guys can actually really hear me because I can't hear my voice in my head. Oh no, you're all. definitely distant. No, I can hear you. you sound probably a little bit right what about, about this? here. Is this better? Yeah, yeah that's still probably better. better. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Where's John Barry when you need him? Yeah, I'm so excited to have John Barry. On. Dude, how fun was it? When's John Barry coming? Out? Uh, I think in about two weeks. So actually, John and I were talking this last week. And I actually had a day arranged with John Barry. We were like at the point of going, like the date was between, we, they'd already been typed. And I, we were about to say go. And there's this real stupid idiot who walked by the front of me named Nick Reyes. I love you, Nick. You're a good guy. Yeah. And Nick Reyes is in town for a very short time. And Nick Reyes has some really fun adventures, man. That kid Dude. is living life. Dude, his Facebook page should just be titled. Dude, it should just be titled. The fucking nylon, the nylon fun patrol. It's really, dude, all he's doing is skydiving, base jumping, and speed flying all over Moab. Yeah. And, dude, having the, t like, just the time of his life. Every time he posts something, it's like he's jumping off Tombstone or he's doing a speed launch. Dude, my God, life. is he having fun. Dude, you know that kid has uh, just picked up a relationship with Icarus recently. Oh, because he's Shredder. Oh, dude, he fucking deserves a hell out of it. He's, he's, he's a gnarly little dude. It's super fun because as he was trying to get this done, he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, you have relationships with different folks. Like, help me. Like, what? how do I approach this? What do I say? This is where I'm at in the relationship and the conversation. And did you know Nick when he was a baby jumper? Brandon? Oh, yeah, totally. Dude, he's always been a super good dude, but he was a baby, like just in person when he showed when he first showed up around us. And to watch him not only mature in as a person, but watch him mature in the sport and how he's grown and become who he's become, man. That kid is loving life, living life, and still doing a good thing, which Shredding. proves you can shred and be safe. You can shred and do the right things. He does it all well, man. Also, well, a mark of a dude that's uh, super nice to have around is because I worked with him for probably two seasons, maybe more. And, you did uh, work with him. Yeah. He, he shot video, and then he got his tandem rating, so we do tandems and video together. Dude. He's just a, he's one of the guys that you'll just never have an issue with, like ever. You'll never get if you are if you get into some sort of an argument with that guy, like like somebody really fucked up. Like there's no there's no other way around it. He's just a super easy guy to work with. I've That's the highest mark. I've actually seen, and it's it's happened. I've, I know it's got to happen, but I've been around that young man a lot on the drop zone, and I've only really seen one really negative interaction with him and somebody else, and it really wasn't him. He really didn't say anything. You know, when Nick was a young jumper, he was on a 150, and he was a tiny dude, and I think he was appropriate on a 150. I think it was a progressive choice. There's a fine line between progressive and aggressive, but I definitely think he was be doing fair and safe about it, and then he was looking at jumping a stiletto 150. And for those of you who don't oh, know so much about parachutes. Oh, so just a platform switch? She's not even downsizing? Plan form. It's an N, not a P, not T. Just saying. <laughs> Did I say plan form? You said no, platform. No, the, the correct word is plan form. I just like to correct a, people on that word. It's a little known fact. It is, and it's a nerd in me. Wait, wait. The plan, like a floor plan, plan 
form is the shape of a wing looking above it. Whoa. Not platform. Dude, I thought it was platform. So does everybody. So did I for years. So it did. And I, I only know because we had the same conversation. Because I'm a nerd and he hangs Holy out with me. Shit, dude. But if I were to say, like, you switch, like, if you bought a Mustang, you love Mustangs and you switch to Corvettes. Oh, dude, I love Corvettes. I dude. would say that you switch platforms. Yeah, and and you know what? When it comes to wings, I totally I'm main mainly fucking with you when I say plan. Okay, but but I platform. I don't mind the word one bit. Okay, so that's some DJ DJ Marvin knowledge right there, dude. And that's some shit. Close. That DJ yep. Marvin. But if, if you were talking to PD, if you were having a conversation with them, they you, would say plan. You form? would want to make sure that you said plan form. Probably helpful. Not necessarily wow. because I'll tell you, there's per, a lot of people in the company would. Uh, correct you, but there's a lot of folks in the industry. When I say the industry, I don't necessarily mean the sports side of skydiving, AFF instruction, tandem instruction, but the industry manufacturing that everybody calls it a platform. It's wow. a common, it's common word knowledge. But there's Dude, things we use as jumpers that the people in the mar- manufacturing industry don't know what we say. I just get lucky to have relationships with both sides. It's right. all bullshit. You know, it's, it's who you blow, man. Right, 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 right. So it's, it's, right. it's I'm blessed I've got to meet cool people over my life. And blow them. Blow them. Oh, dude, so much. <laughs> uh, so Nick Ray is just switching platforms. Let's go with that word right there. And uh, doesn't and, seem aggressive to me. Well, I don't know. Stiletto's definitely an aggressive wing. He's already on a lightly aggressive. So remember the word progressive. He's already on a lightly aggressive choice with a 150 with only a few jumps on a 150. And now he wants to go to a 150 stiletto. So that really makes it kind of a scarier choice. And him and I are having like a super cool conversation about it. Like, bro, these are things you want to consider. And I really believe, and Nick and I have talked about it since, but I think I had him. I think he was like, you know what, DJ? I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And uh, it's a better idea to stick with what I'm doing. I'm not telling you what you're doing is wrong, but I am telling you you're going to be safer, smarter, learn more over here. When you move forward, you'll progress quicker. And Nick's a common sense fellow. He made sense of it. And then some dude walked in the middle of the packing room, put his hand right over fucking Nick's head and said, who in this packing room thinks this motherfucker's going to... He didn't say motherfucker. Who in this packing room thinks this guy's going to kill himself with this many jumps and flying this wing? Oh, God. And publicly berated and embarrassed him. And what did Nick do as soon as that guy got done? Hopped on a stiletto 150 and said, fuck you. Right on. And you know what? I bet Nick Don't shreds. I bet Nick shred, whoever said that to him. I bet Nick shreds so much more harder than him now. <laughs> I, I think he does. And Nick actually very quickly he he did a, did a handful of jumps on and stepped back again. And and Nick and I had talked about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, just had to had to do it. Um, don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, don't think it was the best idea, but I understand. And uh, he did. He he chilled out for a little bit, took his time, progressed very smart. Um, a lot of people, I think, would say Nick progressed extremely quickly. And based off time, he extreme ridic- he, he he progressed ridiculously quickly. Yep. Based off numbers, he did it fair. He did it well. I was one of those dudes who, like, I was never trying to jump the gun, like, too fast. But I also was somebody who was going to have to learn the hard lesson. I don't know if I talked about this the last time I jumped, but, like... I pounded. I pounded real proper, dude, on a Cobalt 150. <laughs> I pounded the fucking shit out of it in Utah. This, oh, it happened in Utah. I was going to ask yeah. if it happened in Spaceline. Yeah, so I had gone to get my tandem rating in uh, Lodi, and I needed 100 jumps. I didn't get my tandem rating in Lodi, but I needed 100 jumps. And so Lodi offered $5 hop and pops. I was like, oh, what's the quickest way to, <laughs> you know, what's the quickest way to get 500 jumps? I was like, well, go do 80 hop and pops. I did 104 jumps in nine days. When I was in Lodi to get over the number. Damn, son. Yeah. And because that I didn't know how to do 90s. 
and this is when Lodi used to allow 90s. And I was on a Cobalt 150. So I basically went there and did 104 90s, essentially. Like I did a couple straight in landings, and then I started to play with my front risers. And I just did front riser 90s for 100 jumps over that course of a week or so. So you learned a lot. I learned a ton, dude. And I had one of the best weeks of my life. But not works in Utah. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So then I went back to Utah and I spent the next month or two when I was there, like dialing in a 270. And I had a 270, like fairly good to go, like at that stage in the game on my Cobalt. I just, here's the thing. We could talk at length about this, but specifically about learning how to swoop on a platform that has a shallow recovery arc. I go in like phases about whether or not to teach somebody how to do a 270. I'm not a canopy coach. I don't teach people how to skydive. I take people on tandems. I'm not an AFF instructor. I don't do canopy coaching. So I don't know sort of the realm you go down. But I know for me that I didn't know I was too low until it was too late in the game. And I was too low to dig. Because when you're having to really stroke a 270 on a canopy with a shallow recovery arc, you spend such a short amount of time on final. You turn on final and you're already planning out, right? Whereas if you learn to do it on like a crossfire or a katana, when you turn on final... You, you have a little more time at least looking at the site picture to be like, okay, are rears enough for this? Do I even know how to use my rears? Am I gonna, can I dig out on toggles? You just have like a little more reaction time. I know that when I pounded, I probably had done like 50 or 60 like clean-ish 270s, like just mm-hmm. like successful 270s. And dude, I didn't Look know... Look at I, his face. Jesus, dude. Dude, these what boys brawl, swung. Wow. Dude, that's a mouse. There is... And he's fixing his porn stash, man. Wow, dude. So you're 270, you pounded. Uh, yeah, so I had done a bunch of them, and I was feeling pretty good, but it was here's the problem. It was first load of the day on a Saturday. I was shooting a video of somebody's mom. Your mom and, just left. Or three, three, specifically three girls' moms. And so the way it works is that the next load, load two, is going to have to walk out right in front of the landing area for the tandems. They're going to walk out to the taxiway to get on the king air for the mm-hmm. next load. And so I'm setting up for my... 270 on my 150 with like 500 jumps or whatever and i see these girls walking out and they were so hot dude they were the hottest girls of the whole summer and i was like here comes the hero like in my head i was like ladies get i need a hero yeah yeah dude <laughs> seriously in my head i was setting up a pattern and i was like oh this is the fucking swoop i was like i'm about to change these girls lives with my style panties be dropping dude they're gonna be they're gonna drop red dude. panty night and like i remember like dude like fucking hanging in my brakes because these guys are something to soup and I like slow way down because it's super hard to grab fronts on that canopy. Um, it, it was just, I don't know. There's just nothing about it that was good. <laughs> and, and so I like hanging brakes. You bring my hands up, dude. I dive it, dive it. I start to turn and in my turn, I'm like, get ready for this shit, ladies. I've done this 50 times. And I sling out on the final, this garbage ass soup. And before, like as soon as I sling out to final, I'm already burying my toggles because I know I'm too low. I did everything at the same height. Like I swooped with a ditter and I had a visual altimeter. I did everything at the same height. I was just into, I was so into showing off that I, th- I just dove it longer, dude. I like hung way longer. And as soon as I cranked down a final, way too late, I stabbed with everything I had. By the time I got down to the bottom of my stab, my feet were hitting the ground. And dude, I collapsed like knees all the way into my chest. I bounced back up like 25 feet in the air. And I had enough time at the top of that pendulum to see all the girls that I was trying to impress with their hands and their faces. And then like squatted down, like looking at me like, oh, my God. And I had enough time to be in the air and be like, "Mm, that's not as cool as I thought it was going to be. And I just fucking 
And then I crashed <laughs> from like 20 feet, uh, tomahawk through my lines, and I had so much adrenaline that I just like I just popped up. I was like, yep, oh, good. Everything's fine. Like, this is no big deal. Like, definitely not a big deal. <laughs> and I quick like gather up my canopy and I start walking back towards uh, uh towards the hangar. I'm I'm walking back. And I'm taking like one step, two steps, three steps, and I'm starting to limp. I'm starting to limp. Like 10 steps in, the, the, the truck pulls up. And he's like, dude, I'm getting in the back of the truck, sitting down. And it was the manager from the, from the drop zone. He's like, dude, are you okay? And I was like, man, I don't know. I'm pretty jacked up. Like this my heart's pounding. This old Phil? This is Phil Lou, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly who it is. I was like, dude, I don't know. I'm pretty jacked up. And, uh, you know, my heart was pounding. And I was really shaking. And uh, we drove. By the time we drove back to the hangar, I think I filmed like the mom's landing, and then we drove back to the hangar. And by the time we got back, dude, my ankle was the size of a grapefruit. And I didn't even realize. I, I drove myself to the hospital to get jack- checked up. I had a small fracture on the back of my foot and wore a boot for a while. Um, but uh, I didn't even realize it until I got home. Like we only inspected one leg. But when I got home that night, the other one was swollen like a softball. Like, I had hurt them both, essentially, but only one was, like... The one just hurt so much more than the other that I didn't even realize I had hurt the other one. And uh, th- there was no break or whatever in the other leg. But, yeah, I was just a dude that was going to have to pound, you know? Because people had told me that my turn looked a little too low. And I just... Dude, I just pounded. Yeah, it's a really hard... I mean, I think this is a common thing with skydiving, no matter what uh, part of skydiving, no matter what discipline someone's trying to pursue when someone with more experience tries to tell them and make it make sense of like, hey, this isn't the greatest idea for you right now, that the person being told that always thinks, well, I'm the fucking man. You obviously don't know how good I am. Right. Yeah. And right. maybe maybe it's not that aggressive of a thought, but that's just how, uh, you know, you, you think this this old time or whoever it is, how no, no matter, I mean, I don't think new skydivers either can uh, appreciate what a good skydiving skill set looks yeah. like. Because they fucking have one, and they are the man. You Dude, know? have you guys beat this topic to death about learning how to turn canopies on this podcast? No, not really. Uh-huh. We've actually not talked about canopies tons. Um, dude, it's... I, and those new jumpers, I, I don't completely fault them for the way they think. Because in all reality, we usually don't know how good they really are. They usually are commonly are better than we think they are. They're just not as good as they think they are. Yeah. Because where I was with 100 jumps, where you were with 100 jumps, we didn't have the training and the progression and the technology and the wind tunnels and everything that's available to today's students. You see how we train students daily where we work. Did you get that? Nope, not no, even close. man. Oh, man. My eighth jump was a two-way with a buddy. My ninth jump was a two-way with a buddy. I was sit flying with buddies in the teens because that's what we were allowed to do. Didn't even have a license yet. And it was just the way to go. Um, something that you kind of talked about, and I want to go back to, because we're going to beat up on canopies for a little bit while we're here, is you said the 270 on a short recovery art canopy, you, you bounce back and forth about teaching that, and I'll, I'll, let's see if we can get some thoughts to you for that. And I think I'm going to convince you it's okay by sharing your own experiences with you. When you were here, you were swooping and you were turning and you were working your 270s and you were having issues, not safety, performance oriented. Right. And I told you, give me a day of 90s and I'll convince you I can fix you. And you did a day of 90s almost begrudgingly. You did it, but you were like, okay. You, you were willing to tell I trusted you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were like, me. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid, but I don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. you came to me two weeks later and said, holy fuck. That what that changed. And I really think learning a 270 on a short recovery art canopy is very possible. Very challenging. Um, yeah, man, my Spectre is a short recovery art canopy. And if you've ever heard me say I turn it to the ground, you've watched me do it. 
to right. turn. I legitimately turn it to the ground, and I'm not teaching. I want anybody to learn to do that, but that is what we're doing. That's how yeah. dangerous of a turn it is. Pizzle, I remember, used to stroke a. He used to f- fucking rip a 450 on one on his stiletto. Oh, was that a stiletto? That's flat as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah similar, similar cover. Flat right, right, right. as fuck. Yeah. Um, if you learn your 90s well, and not just uh, 100 jumps is a fair number, but that's where you start. And you really get those 90s down, you will learn the recovery arc of that canopy fairly well. And progressing to 180s for a very short time, you know, a very, very short time, less than 10 jumps. If you can't do what I need you to do in less than 10 180s, you shouldn't be moving to 270s. You should be back on 90s learning that recovery arc. Right. Because once you've gotten that recovery arc so intimately committed, not just known, not just no intimate, like you've been living with this bitch for a while, then going to 270s is a much easier transition. Right. And I think you saw that with just our time together. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Dude, 100%. I had fantastic coaching from you. And that's not the only time I've gotten great coaching from you. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about doing tandems, and I've changed a lot of techniques and learned a lot of shit, especially uh, everything from harnessing to how you fly and how you flare and where you stall surging you know, versus straight in versus we've had all those conversations. But um, the, I think the, like, the lesson for me and about, about that specific part of the sport is dude you just don't know what you don't know until you realize that you didn't know it like ignorance like your ignorance of you're ignorant of your own ignorance um in a certain capacity when you first start and also there's no substitute for currency this we've this we've talked about this is unconscious incompetence i don't want to beat it today conscious incompetence he's on it unconscious Uh, no no wait a minute Unconscious incompetence, incompetence, conscious incompetence. Now we're getting better. Competence, and then conscious competence. Yeah, and conscious incompetence. Yeah, and then conscious, conscious competence, competence, unconscious competence. Woo! Oh, it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's four steps. So it's not knowing that I'm you don't know, Nick. knowing that you don't know. You now know, but it takes a lot of thought, and now you can do this thing without thinking okay. about it. Okay. So I can explain sense. that part way better than what I just... They taught me the words, and I, I like it because it talks a lot, and then, you know, the Dunning-Kruger-Kruger-Dunning, I always get the names backwards, effect. And that's you don't know what you don't know. Well, in, so, in something that I see, like, at a drip, big drop zone like Spaceland, like, uh, and I don't I don't want to be... Well, I, what I wanted... Nick, I wanted you to tell the story... Uh, RatingCenter.com, DJ Marvin, Canopy Coaching. Yeah. <laughs> the rating. I don't want to go too said, deep the with but I would say that the, like the, one of the <laughs> biggest problems that I see, especially with new jumpers at a drop zone, is staff not approaching. Here's the thing: when you're a new jumper at a at a, at a drop zone, if you're, you're luck- a shithead, yeah, if you're lucky enough <laughs> to to make the transition from a a new skydiver to working in the sport and doing a thousand jumps a year, then you're gonna be lucky enough to understand the actual transition that takes place and like how much you really, really know about what's going on. When you're that current, when you're doing like at least two to three jumps every day and then you're doing 10 to 12 on the weekends, like you see and notice things. I'm not talking just about canopy flying. Like the way... Oh, dude, yeah, the, the, people, the way people ride in the airplane. Exactly. The way people fly a, a pattern or don't, that most people don't. The Yeah, there are all these subtle things that, you know... These are video. I want to make that these things that you and I both know that we're thinking about right now. I want to make videos about these. Right. Things. Like, uh, hey, hey, guy that does a lot of free fly jumps that wants to lay on the person behind you. Like, hey, the person behind them is a tandem student, and they don't want to lay on that person. Right. So maybe if you had some consideration and setup, everyone would fit a little more comfortably in the airplane. Right. But uh, like, I, I've thought of it as like the "Don't Be That Guy" series. I think that those would be really Dude, fun. Dude, that's a great uh, idea. Dude, that's a great idea for the series. And what? 
What I noticed though too is that the way that at sometimes at drop zones, those people that are infracting on that space or breaking some sort of a rule without knowing it or just flying in like a, a matter like a, a way that's like kind of shitty they the, the when they finally do get approached it it's in a matter that's like not even helpful you know the people who approach them like will do it in a way that I, i've just seen it from time to time some people get what the fuck do you well. think you're doing yeah. Yeah. exactly lose their cool in the landing exactly. area totally 100 that's what that's all i'm trying to say so it's like it's like a it's a mixed bag so then you get staff members or you get people that end up losing their cool and then new jumpers see that and they so it's like this 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 dangerous cycle but i wanted well i'll probably i want you guys to touch on that but i also i remember you telling me a story about you going to scott of utah or something and like you and some dude doing like you doing some free fly coaching when you had like a oh yeah dude no dude i like had that, dude. i had like 70 70 or 80 jumps and i uh, learned at scott of ogden a place that i i still love but uh, not the most thorough instruction, and this is 11 years ago, so uh, wasn't a, one, wasn't a big drop zone 10, 10 plus years ago. And uh, I went out to Skydive Utah to make my first jump at another drop zone with my buddy who had like 15 jumps or something like that. And he was, you know, the, the student program, both at Skydive Utah and Skydive Ogden, was seven or eight jumps. And then uh, you made a couple. I, we learned on on ripcord with the spring loaded pilot shoot. Wait, <laughs> wait, not yeah, funny. Dude, man, you're that old school. No, that, no, no, no. Fuck you. <laughs> what? But no, that's how we learned. I, we learned on a ripcord pilot shoot, and then after you had, you know, ten or so jumps, you transitioned to a throwout. And so I had tell my, me what tell me it was a boc not a leg hacky. Yeah, it was a boc. <laughs> Mine, right, was. Right, right, Mine right. was. So what jump number did you transition? So I, uh, oh, jump number was probably around ten. Okay, I was curious. Twelve. So cool. same idea. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. anyway, I'm out at Skydive Utah with my buddy and Phil Liu is the manager there. And hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> same guy who picked your broke ass up th- straight up. This is like uh, this is the epitome of that attitude. This was my moment in that attitude. And he said, well, uh, you know, he doesn't have his A license yet, so, uh, you know, anyone who is going to jump with him needs to have a coach rating. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I'm free flying. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's exact. Yes. And this was so genuine. Yes. So genuine. The same yes. attitude that if someone came to me with that attitude, I'd laugh in their fucking face. Yep. And I'd probably tell my buddies about it, you know? <laughs> totally. I'd be totally. like, this fucking guy thinks he knows. This oh, dude. Yeah. I, th- I was absolutely that dude, you know? And, uh, I mean, Phil Lou was cool. And he was like, yeah, okay, just don't do anything crazy. And so we go up in the King Air. And this is like early March in Utah. This is one of the first weekends at the drop zones going in. It's cold, man. It's miserable. Oh, those jumps sucked. And uh, it's my first time at another drop zone. So I'm not familiar with their uh, <laughs> with their landing area or anything. And the only thing I remember from the the briefing of the of the area was don't you don't want to be over this property right here. You don't want to land here because this lady's crazy. She'll call the cops. So I knew I didn't want to be there. Was that, right? if you're looking at it, like on a map, would it's that have the, been like it's east? east yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, roger. That, that yep. spot. And so uh, <laughs> I'd say I, with my 70 jumps, I'm a terrible, I, yeah, I think I can free fly. I'm a terrible free flyer. Terrible. I, could, I can backslide faster than anyone could have <laughs> caught up with me doing a, flo- <laughs> like a sit flocking jump. That's how good I was at backsliding. I was fucking terrible. I couldn't fly on my head. I had no idea. But all I knew about 
flying on your head as if you grabbed someone and held them close enough to you and both of your faces were touching, you could fly head down like that. And so that's what I told him. I, that's what I taught him. I was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to hold like this, and then we're going to go like this, and we're going to be flying head down. It's going to be awesome. I think I'm teaching this dude how to fly head down. And, and this I, dude's wearing like a, a student container with like yeah, some fucking I, bridal. I, I own my own rig, but he was totally on drop zone rental gear. <laughs> on ripcord Sky, still? Sky, no, he was off ripcord. Okay. Because I, I think he had like 13 or 14 jumps. Dude, in. he would have been wearing a but black awesome. telesis with the most violently exposed bridal you've ever seen in your life, dude. <laughs> and there's a good chance because I didn't know what free fry free fry free fry free fly oh, friendly are you hanging out with my sister too wrong <laughs> oh hello Debbie hello, hello. hello. mushy mushy you told the desk but yeah no idea what he was what, what I had no idea that that was even a thing I had 70 jumps I was an idiot and so I was. take him head down out of he still am take him head down out of the king air and we tumble for a while, and then <laughs> just grip though, <laughs> yeah, white knuckle grip totally. on each other's that's yokes. The, that's how it works. Hell yeah! And then uh, he bellies out and can't hold a heading, and he's spinning like a top. And I'm like, this is <laughs> not cool. Like I had never jumped with someone who couldn't who couldn't do it. You know, right, right. And he, this dude should have absolutely been doing coach jumps still. He's probably and never uh, entered his belly at 180 miles an yeah, hour. I, like I don't know what it was specifically, but he was not holding a headache. So he's spinning. And then at nine grand, he just dumps. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm back flying because I'm super good at it. Right, 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 right. And uh, then I flip over and I look for the dro- I look for the airport. And there's nothing. There's no airport. Wherever we were was not the airport. And so, uh, again, idiot move. We we are like probably a mile and a half off to the east. Oh god. And uh, I start tracking because obviously that's how you get back from that's a long the move, spot, dude. right? That's the move. If anyone's listening to me say this, that doesn't have a lot of jumps. That's not the move. That's totally not the move. Not the move, actually. Uh, so I I still pulled high. I pulled it like. Uh, probably between five and six and barely, barely made it back. But the whole canopy flight back, I'm shitting myself that I'm going to land in this terrible... The Wicked Witch the of wicked, the East. Yeah, that lady's property. That's where I'm sure I'm landing the whole time. Is that, did you guys call her that? No, that was uh, just what I thought. I don't know what we called it. I thought it was a guy. I don't remember it being a, wi- I, a lady. I thought it was... It could be a guy. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy Farmer or something. I don't know. Farmer McNasty is one of the most common nicknames. Yeah, he was one of those. Was just just, uh, just landed. I was told that I wasn't supposed to be there and this is my first jump at another drop zone. And I'm the fucking man. Did I mention that part? Dude. Because I was super cool. All the way. <laughs> all the way. But, uh, yeah, I uh, still landed on. It was great. But that was totally my moment of Phil told me, hey, you shouldn't be jumping with this kid. You don't have the experience. And I didn't hear that at all because I was yep. super awesome at skydiving by then. And, and like, when I look back on that, like, Phil, Phil had to have some talking tos with me and, you know, from time to time. And it's like, looking back on that, dude, that, that dude had been jumping for, like, probably 12 to 15 years at the time and had like seven or eight thousand jumps <laughs> and i don't know like my stupid ability to, to disregard proper advice from a dude who's like a you know a bona fide veteran in the sport yeah you act a little bit shocked but we see it every day still and i've shared my story on this more than once i when, when i had 100 jumps two 300 jumps the asinine shit that came out of my face hole, dude. I'm just like, I wish I could track back every single person I said that shit to and went back and said, I am sorry. I was a fucking idiot. Yeah, for Thank real. you for trying anyways, despite me being a douchebag, because they did. 
And, and some of those people I've been able to thank since. I really have got been lucky to get some of those interactions. But, uh, dude, every day we hear it, man. And, you know, one of the things you say that I it, it blows my mind, but it's true, is, number one, if you're going to help a new jumper out, like, hey, bro, can I give you some advice? Can I give you a tip? Can I help you with the problem you just had? Start with that, and most will be like, oh, you're here to help me. Yeah, man, so next time that happens, like, first of all, how did you get there? And then second of all, how do you deal with it? And help them learn from it. And we can be very, very productive that way. Um, at the same time, though, man, coming from the other side, coming from the recipient, a large number of the people fucking talking to you, and I've said this more than once, but probably a different angle tonight, they're just there to help you. And so many people, like, I, I am guilty of being shitty to people, zero doubt about it in my mind. A lot of times me being shitty is absolutely unrealized. It does not justify it. It is what it is. And I work so hard every day to to be better at that. And that's why I surround myself <laughs> with friends who aren't. That's like, that's sick that you have the character enough to fucking own that, though, too. Dude, but I, dude I'm a shithead. I, yeah. Regularly I can be one, and I fight and struggle not to be. And one of my biggest problems is I'm very quick to respond to shit. And I'm not, it's not my strength and, and I don't love it, but you've been around me enough and, and Mr. P's been around me enough. The second you give me shitty attitude, I'm like, oh, you want to play shitty? Yeah. I can turn that game on and please DJ never, ever, ever do that again. That's how I feel every day. Right. But regularly when uh, experienced jumpers approach new jumpers with a good attitude, they don't like your answer and they say, because they didn't like your answer, he's just shitty about this. I'm like, dude. I didn't even say anything. I've actually had that response and watch a person walk away and say something to me and turn to somebody next to me and go like, bro, just please help me out. Was I being shitty? Because if I was, I need to know it. And, I, and I'm open to hear that. It's going to hurt my feelings, but that means I need to learn. Or was it mine? Like, no, bro, it's your imagination. I, I've recently had interactions with a couple customers where it's just like, I, I had to show Tanya a, stre a string of, you know, you don't know if you met Tanya in the office, dude. She's she's fantastic. She was Dude, there when I yeah. She's amazing. One of the smiling, happiest people I've ever met. She's a gem. Wonderful, wonderful lady. I showed Tanya a string of emails and said, Tanya, please read these emails and let me know where I went wrong. And every email she read from the client, she was like, "What the fuck?" Every email email she read from me, she's like, "Oh my god, that you handled that so well." But yet at the end, the last email was like, "I'm an asshole." I'm like, I, I went out of my way, bent over backwards, had my wife sometimes proofread the emails, and yet just you didn't like sure. the answer. I'm shitty. Yeah, for sure enough. You're going to run into people that just fucking yeah. suck. So, I mean, just kind of that message is for your message to the experienced jumpers is, yo, help these folks out because all three of us have owned. We've been shithead new jumpers. Well, I would say treat it like a treat it like any other business. And like, dude, if you're a, if you're an employee at a business and you yell at a customer, like you're probably going to get fired. That doesn't happen in skydiving because skydiving is different. But like, I don't know. I, I just don't yell at customers ever. Like, that's just kind of the rule. Yeah, like, no matter how I mean, fucking retarded they you are. You really shouldn't yell at a customer. And Shut you really up, shouldn't ever. yell at a coworker in Fuck front of you. a <laughs> in front of a customer. <laughs> I'll, yell at you, I'll yell at your dick. Okay. It'll, Straight up. It'll yell back. It I'll gets really upset. I'll scream right at it. It, it actually will spit egg, right at your gets face. It's a big yeah. vein in its forehead. It's going to get dick. really worked up. Right in, front of, in, your in front of the camera, I'm going to scream at it. <laughs> Uh, no, Facebook friendly. Um, it's got to be Facebook friendly. But like conversely, back to that new jumper side, man, realize these people are usually coming to you with help. And commonly, not always, they're coming to you very politely and you're not liking the message. So you're hearing a bad tone. Listen to what they're saying. Give it a couple minutes of digestion. And I bet you if you calmly listen to me. I'll probably calm down from being a shithead. And if I calmly listen to you, and that's part of it, how many new jumpers have you approached about making a mistake and they did it 
with intent, with purpose, or because they're a douchebag? Rarely. It's pretty rare. Dude. Um, I've done it once. Dude, super, uh, what's his name? The Mexican samurai, man. Uh, Francisco. Francisco. Um, Same Frank. From Puerto Rico. Frank Pizzazza. <laughs> oh, Puerto- yeah. Oh. No, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. Oh, that yeah, guy. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. talking about Francisco. Not Scooter. No, no oh, Pizzazza, okay. yeah. Yeah. The first time I met him, man, the dude had 70 jumps. Flew a right-handed pattern at Spaceland, which we prefer a left-handed pattern. I, somebody said something to me. I saw him like, oh, I'll go talk to the dude. Walk up like, hey, bro, my name's DJ. How you doing? Never seen you here before, man. Hey, nice to meet you. Super friendly inter- interactive interaction. If you ever met him, he's a very friendly dude. Hey, man, by the way, has anybody told you we like prefer left-handed patterns? Like, oh, bro, I'm an asshole. No, no. Why are you an asshole? Did you own it? a right-handed That's pattern. Cool. I'm like, no, dude, it wasn't it's a mistake. You weren't an asshole. So if I had the patience to listen to him, which I did, he had a legitimate story that I'm like, oh, bro, no sweat. And he had the patience to listen to me. And if we could all patiently listen to each other, all that testosterone will go out the fucking yeah. drain. A lot of times I've noticed, too, is that if you're an angry dude or if you're, like, really fired Grr. up about something, the the uh, that that sort of that anger, like, if you wait, like, a load or, like, 15 minutes, and then you're going <laughs> to come at it. A load. You just wait for one load. But, no, it you just get a uh, totally different perspective on the situation, but... Two of, two of my favorite stories that you might remember. Who remembers Casper, dude? Oh, Casper. Yeah. Casper, Aww. dude. There was the one time in the Sky Van they had gotten out. There was a fun jumper. I'm going to have to take three stories. I'm going to take three stories real quick. The first take one I'm going to tell, there was a work jump. I think we were all on it. It was like out of the Grand Caravan. It was like six tandems and one fun jumper. And the fun jumper gets on and he's wearing like a camel rig and a fucking Protec helmet. He's got some big old mirage on his back. He looks like he's from Arkansas, like northwestern Arkansas. <laughs> and we and we ask him on the way up. We're like, dude, uh, nobody knows this guy. And we're just like, hey, just curious, man. What are you doing on this jump? And he looks back at us and he goes, a mm, little bit of everything. I feel like he <laughs> delivered this line to me. Did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Am I sitting? It's got to be your story, dude. In my head, I've recreated and made it mine. No, because but it I, has I to be your story. No, your life, I, Nick. No, I, th- I, I'm. Happy of you to tell the story because I only remember that line because it just caused the same rage in my <laughs> upper stomach area when, when can, he said it to me. Uh, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And there's nothing like cool. there's nothing you can really say to that guy <laughs> in that moment. You're already on the plane. It's like, dude, do I need to coach this guy about how like it would take me a few minutes to at least coach him about how a little bit of everything's the wrong approach, <laughs> or do we just let him out super short? Yeah, cool. And that's, and then, Peace out, bro. Have a good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or just do a full blown go around and give this guy his own sky. Yeah. But uh, there was that situation, and then there was the the dreaded the the, the Casper load with the dude who was like from out of town, and they were out of the sky van, and a bunch of tandems are exiting, and this dude like randomly didn't know when to get out, so tandems just started exiting. And he was still on the plane, and this guy had gotten out in between tandem groups and like <laughs> opened right next to Casper. And Casper landed on the ground and gave him like a good old fashioned ass chewing. Started right out of the gate, no respect. Started screaming at the guy, and the guy was like, "I am an FBI agent." Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, claimed, How do I not know this? You don't know about the story. He's like, "I am in the FBI. You cannot talk to me like that." Like you and 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 Casper was like, you know, in his fucking Denmark half stupor like dude i don't give a fuck who you with what the fuck is the fbi and they they were like going at it and this guy was in the fbi like had a badge with him and shit that happened 
This is that's a, awesome, dude. Yeah, amazing conflict. So, hey, Casper, you started off kind of douchey there, whatever. But dude, what kind of douche sits there in a landing area and goes, oh. "I am an FBI agent, yeah, you Utah. Give me two." Out douche. <laughs> He's quoting Point Break, so I didn't know, but he wasn't actually being Point Break. He was. He, he was, was being, being genuine. He, he really worked genuine. for the FBI. He was really an FBI agent. He was like, "You can't talk to him like that because I'm in the FBI." And that was hilarious. That was another. That that's, was another funny. Dude, moment. that's amazing. But I'll tell you my personal introduction into being a shithead on purpose, and it was when I was in Lodi. I love the story. This, so you, you know, know the story. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm in Lodi, dude. I'm I'm five days into my hop and pop spree to get my tandem rating, and uh, they're switching aircraft on us like all week. But at this point, I'm like fifty or sixty jumps in, so I get kind of the road. I get the system. Like you know, I'm I'm not a fucking pro. But at least with 50 or 60 jumps, I, I know where to, who to give my jump tickets to. I know how to get on the plane. I know how to get out and all that stuff. So I get on the, I get on the plane. And for the most part, during that week, I'm pretty much by myself doing solo hop and pops. But on this specific jump, there were a couple staff members that joined. And one of them gets on, and he proceeds to be, like, incredibly disrespectful to me. And I don't honestly blame him. Like, dude, I'm wearing no helmet. Shorts and a t-shirt with the fucking Cobalt 150 on my back. Looking like a schmuck. Like, in hindsight, I don't blame the guy for, like, definitely being standoffish because he had, like, five to 6,000 jumps. But on the way up, he goes, he goes, I'm getting out before you. I have 7,000 jumps. I jump at a 2.7 wing loading and don't get in my way on landing. Like, he doesn't introduce himself. Straight that line. He, Dude, he gives me his resume on the way up to jump. Uh, in the plane, he gives me his full-blown resume. And I've never seen anybody be this douchey in my life. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck what you've done. I don't care at all. I don't even, I don't need this drop. So I'm like, I've never, I probably never come here again type of thing. So I'm like, I, I'm going to piss this guy off intentionally. It just, it sparked me. And I was like, I, I want to upset you now. And I want to make your day worse. <laughs> so he gets out, we get, we, we pop the door open and he gets out first. And I get out right behind him. And I see that he throws his pilot shoe. And I'm out right behind him. And as I'm passing him in free fall, he's like, essentially his lesson to me was open above me. Don't go past me. We get out at like five grand. He does a hop and pop. He pulls straight out the door. I get out right behind him. And as I'm passing him, I'm waving him through my legs and I can see him looking at me. I hum it down to like 1,800 feet, fucking pop open, like way lower than I ever should. It, than anybody should ever open up a parachute, but way lower than I ever should at those jump numbers. I'm just I being, say Lodi does hop and pops like three grand, so if yeah. you hummed it down, you hummed it down. Well, it just depends. It, they do a lot of different altitudes. It really just depends on when the guy decides to turn in, uh, when he remembers to turn in, really. Uh, but uh, so... I pop open and then just rip a toggle and just spiral, 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 do my textbook 90 that I've learned over the past 50 jumps. And this guy lands, he swoops in right next to me, dude. And before he even stops moving, he's screaming at me at the top of his lungs. He's like, yo, motherfucker, you way below your hard day. You don't fucking listen to me, dude. He's screaming at me at the top of his lungs. And he's blowing a gasket. Like he's, this is like one of the best like the, one of the hardest freakouts I've ever seen in my life. And I totally instigated and I had a tough time not laughing in his face, like on the spot. I, I just like, I kept my cool and let him and let him blow out. And after that, he ended up being, he ended up being an okay guy to me. I think he just realized that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck what he had to say. And neither did Bill Dawes. Bill Dawes just wanted money. Like he wasn't going to kick me off the drop zone based on what someone else saw. He would never do that. Like no one's ever going to go to Bill Dawes and be like, Hey, this guy needs to leave. 
Like if you get fired from Lodi, it's personal and <laughs> it's from the owner himself, you know? And so, if you, if you go to Lodi, you don't have to work there to get fired. You're a fun jumper. You get fired. Doesn't matter sure. what you are. You, I said fuck in front of him and he corrected me and he said if that happens again, I could be off the property for saying the F word in front of a customer or something. I actually, uh, I don't know if I ever got that warning. I got a lot of warnings. I went to Lodi to do an AFF course and I got a lot of, you know, Bill peculi- peculiarity warnings. You know, be careful of this, know this. Like, what a legend. You know, I went there day one and I met him. The second day I'm there is the first morning I see him. He walks by me. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Or no, no, he's like, Good morning, Bill. I know it is. And just kept walking. And my friend looked at me and goes, what a fucking, oh, what kind of response is just that? Such unnecessary assholery. Amazing. Dude. Like shit you'll only see in skydiving in like the army, yeah. probably. I and so a friend is my host there, and I'm there to teach AFF instructors. I'm there to train as instructors. It's not like I'm some random person. I'm here to help you out because the USPA examiner you was you had coming here won't come back to your DZ anymore. So you think he wouldn't be shitty to me? No, he was. The next morning, I was warned, hey, he doesn't like that. Tomorrow morning, ask him how is his morning going and see what happens. So the next morning, he walks by, Bill, how's your morning going? I like you. You learn. And he kept walking. I'm like, well, I mean, that was, I guess, positive. That we was made progress. Prog- we made pro- progress with yeah. the Asperger man. Yeah. The next day, he walks up. I don't know if you knew Erica DeFore or not. Erica is very, very nice young lady. Erica is, is my host there. And Erica and, Eric and I are standing there shoulder to, we're actually facing each other. And Bill walks up to us, so we both turn to face him. So now we're standing shoulder to shoulder. She's on my right shoulder, and he looks straight at her and says, hey, you tell that guy who's running these courses that we need this call, and we're about to do this, and this is going on. And he turns around and walks away. And she goes, oh, yeah. He does that a lot, too. He will walk up to two people and tell somebody else to tell you what's going on. I'm like, such a weirdo. Great, That's awesome, dude! I love it, dude. So, dude, he's so weird. he will—it's insane. It's absolutely crazy, but I love it. He's got a wireless mic system that he'll walk around for his PA with a wireless mic to be like, you know, Otter Twelve. You're on a five minute call, and he'll walk directly up behind somebody, stand like you know inches from the back of your head, turn his wireless mic on, and like I'm right behind Braden and go, Braden, you need to report to Manifest right now. You're on a ten. I mean, he would basically yell at you right behind you over the PA at the same dude, fucking time, dude. That's, would, that's, that's so funny, funny shit. Yeah. That he made was, me laugh. This guy's a legend. He he would come up to me when I was packing. I was doing the the the, the big th- uh, the the big jump week or whatever, and I was packing my parachute. He came up to me, and he goes, uh, "There's a load leaving in in ten minutes." And I was like, "Oh, I'm actually going to stop and have lunch." He goes, "We stop jumping at five p.m." He's like, "That's when you can stop." Give me a jump ticket. That's what he said. Dude, what a badass. <laughs> he he wants to, dude, the dude's a legend. He actually treated me that way the entire week. And the course ran Monday through Sunday. And we got to Sat we got Friday evening and we were doing so well in the course. Everybody's so good. I only needed one more day. And I walked up to Bill. And I said, Hey Bill, your uh, instructors are doing extremely well in this course. And I know we're scheduled for Saturday and Sunday, but I only need one more day. So would you prefer to have them working on Saturday? Would you prefer having them working on Sunday? Which one would you rather have? And uh, he, he picked. He was like, I want them on Saturday. I'm like, they're yours. Have at it, man. I, I can't go anywhere. I have an airplane ticket. I'm fucking stuck here anyways. Right. And still, You're making the ultimate bro move, too. You're being super respectful of this yeah, business. Still. We like it. Nothing different. Treats me the same way, which I don't really fucking care. I'm not there to make friends. I'm just going to be nice with this guy. And Saturday, man, tandems, the winds are blowing. So I'm catching tandems. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, TJ Langren and I are sitting in the landing area. This is when he first was getting pregnant. He's like, oh, my God, dude. I'm having a baby. Like, oh, my God, bro. All of a sudden, time to catch tandems. 
and we're catching them, and one dude lands super short, right short of the freeway. You, you both have been there. Yep. And I'm running my ass off to catch this tandem. I don't know the tandem instructor. He's a brother in the sport. I don't care. I don't have to like the tandem instructor, the student on the front. I'm like, catch me, man. I, I got your back. And I'm running, man. I'm fucking full pace. There are freaking 10, 12 people in the field, all younger than me. And I look to my left, and who's running sprinting as hard as I am? You know who it is. No way. Bill Doss. And keeping dude, up, too? It, dude, he was two steps behind me. He was Hell keeping yeah. up, man, and he is quite a bit older than me. Yes. And, I mean, I was fucking stri- I was as fast as I could. And I actually was in better shape those days. Uh, he, We got done. We caught two more tandems each, probably. And as we were walking, a, you, come here. I want to show you something. All right, Bill. Well, what you got? Walks me into the secondary packing hangar, the one that's even more torn down than the normal yeah, hangar. Yeah, that was my home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. See that right there? Dude cut away, and he just had a toggle fire. Look what we're dealing with. And he walks away. And as he walked away, TJ walks up and he's like, bro, he actually likes you, man. That, that's his like that's his way like of making the, friends. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, one of the coolest. What a maniac, dude. It's great. Dude, Tommy, I, when he lived in the bunkhouse, dude, when Tommy lived in the bunkhouse. That's he, a dope bunkhouse. Yeah, well, he said, here's one of the crazy things. Like, everybody, you know, obviously, everybody's got fucking bad shit to say about Lodi. But I, I personally had one of the best weeks of my life there. Obviously, the, the drop zone has its problems. And oh, just I like, had a blast, dude. I enjoyed my time. I had a fucking blast. But one of the coolest things I think he does, like, Bunkhouse is free to stay in. But every morning, they jump, they start jumping at 8. Every morning, he comes and picks everybody up in a big van at 6.30 in the morning. Everybody that's staying in the Bunkhouse, he buses you to his house. You do yard work for like 45 minutes. You work in the yard, and then his, him and his wife cook you a, a full-on breakfast for everybody that lives in the bunkhouse. Did, wow. So you do like 45 minutes of yard work, everybody in the bunkhouse, and then you all sit down and have like a giant feast together, and then he buses you back to the drop zone for work. It's like you earn your keep. You work for him. You work together. I don't know. It's like a super cool – to me, it's like a cool routine. No, that's, that's really cool. It's, it's awesome to see even when it's little things. Like to see a drop zone owner, a drop zone manager, just do something that's totally unnecessary to uh, appreciate staff. Yeah. And I mean, I get that he's getting a whole lot of yard work out of the deal. So, you know. Right. He's, he's getting free labor. Yeah, it's not like he's not making out of the deal, too. But he could just as easily not do any of that stuff and, and not have an excuse to. Yeah. To. To have a bunch of guests over who he's cooking breakfast for. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like a free breakfast. And uh, I mean, I don't know. There. There's like, <laughs> like to wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is like hard labor, especially if somebody is like going into skydiving. Like, dude, that's like, that's like a good lesson in life, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, there's something about that that's like goes above and beyond skydiving, especially people that have just skydived for a job. I don't know. There's something about a guy who gets up in the morning and wants to fucking dig a shovel first thing. Is like, he or is he not DB Cooper? Uh, I think he is. I don't think he is. Call Ralph. A 1 800 call Ralph is DB Cooper. I don't know. If I'm going to use the right. restroom. No, you may not. Dude, oh, my God. John hey, Jones bathroom in camera. DC. You need a bathroom, ha- a bathroom camera, headphones, and a microphone. And I might get arrested really for part idea. of that, though, bro. What? Dude, Don- John Jones and DC right now are both getting interviewed re- separately because every time they get interviewed together, they just fucking douche off on each other. And uh, I had to tune... Sorry, I tuned out in part of his conversation there. Those, these two are fucking... Every other... 
See, John Jones could be on this podcast. He's getting bleeped left and right right now. Fuck you. He he just doesn't care about DC, man. I cannot. You're coming over for this fight, right? Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be here for this fight, dude. I cannot wait, and I prefer DC as a fighter person than John Jones. I am pulling for John Jones because I like him as a fighter better. I think John Jones is a great fighter. I think he's an asshole. <laughs> so one thing I, mean, I one thing I do like though is early on. He wore the good guy badge. He was like, oh, you know, he was trying to be all honorable and all super friendly. And I didn't like him because he was being fake. I don't like him because he's a douchebag. But at least he's being honest now. At least he's not putting a front on anymore. I mean, it's, I don't think he's got the option to put a front on. Like, no, the, not the after he's been he's like, oh, yeah, I got busted with cocaine and a hit and run. And it's just like you can't put a front on after after those. Did, did you hear about they had a uh, they were in one of their press conferences, whether it was, you know, remote interview or at the same table or whatever. It was actually one of those pressers where they have them all lined up, and DC was talking shit, and John Jones... DC was talking shit about cocaine and failing drug tests from coke, and Jones looks at him and goes, yeah, I did a bunch of coke and whooped your ass the next weekend. I don't remember verbatim what he said, Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember hearing that same thing, but... That was awesome. Yeah, How just, come Nick hasn't had any wine tonight? Dude, I, when we went to Chipotle, I either had time to go eat at Chipotle or go to the store and get some wine. Would you like some wine? Give him some wine, dude. Everybody should have a Just glass. Just don't put it in a wine glass. I'm going to put it in a wine glass without a stem. Put it in a sippy cup. I'm going to put it on a short wine glass your size. <laughs> All right, I'll we, take it. We some. should all have a splash. What do you think? Uh, hey, don't don't put this man at a house at home just to give me some wine. Well, no, I, I, I've got beer. I'll drink beer. Okay, I'm going to drink a beer. I'm going get, to get, get, get you drunk. Y'all keep talking right now. So, Braden, what was the highlight of your trip to Lodi? Other than your uh, oh God. sucking it down story. Oh, dude. Do you know that story too? Is that what you're baiting me into? No. Oh, dude, the highlight. That's easy. That's that's super easy. Uh let me get uh let me grab a beer. So you're and just gonna leave me to sit by myself with no one to talk to? Well no, you can talk about the fucking commercial, dude, with hard hats. You Sam want me to talk about Barry. the commercial. I thought we were friends. Braden, it's really good having you back here. But I'm really, really excited you're gonna leave soon. I feel a little bit ripped off by uh, the time that I've got to see you. It's been it's been a little bit of a tease, honestly. Well, dude. I mean, it's, I it's cool it. that you wanted to go spend time with your dad, who is still alive. That's awesome. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I didn't get enough uh, Big Smitty time. Dude, I have a tough time uh, imposing myself on the world. And so, like, I like to have a what plan. What do you mean? Well, dude, I like to have a plan, and I don't want to come back to Houston and just have to fucking couch surf the whole time I was here. Like I knew you, you did that for two years. I, dude, I have no defense. <laughs> and other than the only thing I can how, correct you on is that how many times did you sleep on a couch versus how many times you slept on a bed? Dude, the only defense I have to that is the only correction rather is that it was longer than two years. <laughs> <laughs> I was a dude. I was a living room nomad, man. Yeah, so why couldn't you just do that here for a little bit longer? I mean, I could, but Dude, like you could, I would like well, you could have sleep, you could have slept on my couch. Well, because now you could have, you could have been the one fighting with the cat. Because now I got that mommy. <laughs> so it's like it's it's a different thing when you're fucking broke as a joke, and you do that, you live that lifestyle. Because then you have an excuse. It's like, hey, I'm broke, and I'm happy to pay to live here, and we'll split the income. Well, all Dude, right, I'm all, all about right, big money, big smitty. No, that's not what I'm you saying. You want to come slumming at my house? No. Huh? Well, dude, I totally would, but I also don't want to. I don't want to be like fuck up your whole routine, dude. You live in a house with a girl 
who is a nurse and goes to work at like five in the morning. I don't know. If no, I were dude, Sam, I Sam up. doesn't like me. Dude, Sam fucking hates me. I don't think that's true at no, all. No, she does not like me. How do you know? I 100% know because she's friends with Maddie and Maddie definitely doesn't like yeah, me. Yeah, nobody likes Maddie. That's what's <laughs> actually going on. She's fucking mean. And dude, Sam <laughs> has never liked me, dude. I don't think that's true. I think she tuned into the podcast today because she likes you because she knows no. that this is happening. Hey DJ, thank you very much for the wine. It's really That's nice. That's not true. Dude, I've done I've done some fair couch surfing in my life, but the the point was is like uh, what I and also here's the other thing too is I like to be able to go home at this stage in the game and not have to worry about like encroaching on other people's space. Like when I'm at home in Michigan, I can go to my bedroom, kick on my laptop, watch a movie, read a book, go on Reddit, and just chill. And that's all I wanted to do on this vacation is just chill. And I honestly didn't really have the urge to funge up that much. Otherwise, I would have hung out at Space Sun longer. Fine. Other than surprising me, what's been the highlight of your vacation? Okay. Well, you were... First, you asked me what was the highlight of my trip to Lodi. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Come This, this answer is going to be more brief. So do yeah, this yeah, one first. I'll tell you this. So I, I was there for like two days. And I had done maybe 20, 22-ish jumps. And I met a dude named Sam Hardy who's now like a, a, a pretty well-recognized wingsuit pilot. At the time, this was probably over five years ago. And um, he was, I think he had done some base jumping. He had a few hundred skydives under his belt. And we did some fun jumps while I was there. And after like our second day of fun jumping together, like I did mostly hop and pops. I did a couple fun jumps with him. He's like, hey, you want to go to a party tonight? And I was like, fuck yeah, absolutely, 100%. And he goes, buy a jump ticket. He's like, we're jumping into the party. And I'm like, okay, I don't, this sounds awesome. And I'm in. And I go to the guy that's organizing it. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm from out of town. I heard you're selling slots to jump into somebody's party tonight. And he goes, how, do you, how many jumps do you have? I'm like, uh, four, 4.30. He's like, you're in. <laughs> he goes, you're in. Give me 20 bucks. <laughs> and I like handed him 20 bucks. And I was out on the load. Okay. So come to have it there's this guy named john i don't remember his last name but he is like an old school legend at lodi this guy has been around lodi like as long as you know bill dawes has essentially and everybody knows who he is and he's got this crazy career he's done all this great shit he lives out in the country like a half an hour away from lodi and he throws a ripper every year for his birthday and we send a whole load into it so we're going to build a 20 way out of the otter big 20 way round everybody's going to break off and pull and land in this guy's backyard so I know verifiably after I've already seen the crew that I'm going to black out that night. So I don't bring anything. <laughs> I don't bring anything with me but my rig. I don't bring an altimeter. I don't bring shit because I don't want to lose anything. I just bring my rig. I put on a hoodie and my sunglasses because it's still daylight out. I get out. I'm like fourth out because I, I told him straight up. We go to the plane. I'm like, dude, I don't have any fucking experience. Like, I don't know what's going on. I shouldn't even be here type of thing. <laughs> and they're like, OK, we'll put you out one of the first. Like, just dive in, dock on your slot. And so I dive in, boom, dock on my slide, I take grips. By the time I've got grips on people, I've got so many tears welling up in my eyes that I can't see anything. I can't see the outline of a formation. And we hold it. The round builds sort of at, I think, break off because it was a 20-way and we were all landing in the dude's backyard. Break off was pretty high. It was like seven grand. So I turn. As I'm turning to track away, a fucking canopy inflates under me and I miss it by like less than 20 feet. It's the closest, probably the closest I've ever been to death in skydiving. And I track for a little bit longer, open up, and I'm like, woo, 
that was intense. And now I have no idea where I'm going. Because when we were in the plane and they were pointing out this guy's backyard to me, I have no business on this jump already. And they're like in the plane showing me the backyard. And I still don't know exactly where they're talking about. And I was like, I was <laughs> like, this gives me anxiety to think about in hindsight. I was dumb enough to be in the plane to be like, oh, I'll figure it out in a canopy type of thing. So I pull high, watch some other people land, proceed to uh, land in the guy's backyard. I actually do pretty good on the accuracy. And then we all lay our rigs down, we pack them, throw them in the back of a truck that's going to be bus back. And then they've got keg beer, all you can drink keg beer. They've got calamari cooking in a giant deep fryer pit in a bonfire that somebody had caught in the ocean the day before. They have like a full taco spread and it turns into just a, just a full-blown booze fest, dude. So I do this demo, like my first ever, you know, kind of demo birthday jump. There's like 300 people there. And How many pairs of titties did you see that night? Man, I don't. I don't remember that night any I further don't, than dude. that. I, I honestly don't remember if I, I saw any I landed and blacked out. But we got plastered, and I remember a couple things. I remember meeting this guy named Ammon McNeely, who's a legendary base jumper. He has got the most like solo aid climbs up El Cap. He's got hundreds of base jumps off El Cap. He's been tased. If you look up Ammon McNeely on the internet, you'll know he's in a lot of documentaries. He's on documentaries on Netflix and shit for being like one of the best aid climbers. But the dude's a maniac. Ammon, who? Ammon, A-M-O-N. Oh, Ammon. Yeah. Check that out. This dude's, this dude's the man. There's actually a really classic video of him breaking his ankle on a cliff jump in Moab. It, it, it went totally viral because it's him holding his compound fracture at the bottom of a cliff. And uh, Oh, I've absolutely seen this yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, totally. That's the guy. So I meet him. And he's got story for days. We're getting drunk and all this stuff. Uh, during the party, this guy, John, is driving around on a little 50cc motorized scooter with a, with a red, white, and blue. Oh, this is, the, this is it right here. That's Ammon. Check this out, dude. Put a link to that in the chat. You can see the guy that I met. And this dude is a full-fledged maniac. And we were drinking by John's horse pen at like 2.30 in the morning. Absolutely annihilated. And Ammon's like, dude, I'm going to go ride on one of those horses. I want to ride a bareback. And I, of course, in my drunken stupor, I was like, go get him, tiger. And he, <laughs> j he jumps on one of these horses. And at that moment, John used to be a race car driver as well as a pyrotechnic. So throughout the course of the night, he's, he's lighting off. So this guy, John, he's probably in his 60s at the time, maybe 50s or 60s. But during the course of the party, he's driving around the party on a scooter, lighting fireworks and throwing them at people's feet with an American flag helmet on. And he's also setting off like a professional quality fire, uh, firework show because he was like a pyrotechnic. And then Amit McNeely jumps on this horse, decides to ride a bareback. Right at that time, this guy, John, fires up his race car in the barn and spooks all the horses. So Ammon, this dude Ammon that I just met that night that's like this legendary base jumper has found himself in a stampede riding bareback on a horse. Like just this, this horse got spooked and just sprints full-blown across the lawn and ends up bucking him off and he fucking tomahawks like across an open field. Ends up being okay. I actually think he got injured, but it wasn't something that was like critical. And uh, that was the last thing I remember that night. Um, I woke up. I feel like I woke up back actually at the hangar, but it was like, that was my third night at Lodi. It was an invitation to a demo to the, one of the funnest nights ever with a bunch of people. And also, when you're that low numbers and you get sucked into such a, 
in-depth skydiving scene, dude. There's like, there's just so many legends running around, like people that are not. I, I don't know. You just like you run into people from Lodi, you know, that are like, you'll see on like Radix, or Kane and Abel or whatever. Like those old skydiving videos, you yeah, know. Kane and Abel. Yeah, Kane and Abel. Yeah. yeah, there's some throwback names right there. Yeah, and like I got rigging work when I was there, dude. I got rigging work from like Pete Swan and shit. It's like it was a really cool experience to have as a low jump number to carry through because there were a lot of there were a lot of names that I know and then what year did you do your Lodi trip? Uh that would have been let's see, I made my first jump in 08. So it would have been like uh, 6 years ago, like 2010 maybe or 2011. Okay. It would have been in the spring. It was when Nick was there. Nick went there to do a sequential. I was there in 2012. Maybe you weren't so there. Ma- ma- you might have been there y- the year before. Okay. I know that like Dusty was and like the Rones and shit. They were doing yeah, some I sort think of sequential. They had event. like a a warm up for the event that that we were at. Maybe that's what that's uh did, what about Mike Chapman? Was he there? 100% Chapman was there. Okay, yeah, that was a warm up for the event that I went to. Okay. But I, I wasn't at the warm up. I was at the actual Yeah, event. that's what I remember this. We've had this talk. Yeah, Chapman was there 100%. It was an absolute blast. That's the memory I have of Lodi. So whenever I hear cuz everybody Everybody shits on Lodi. Everybody Let's be shits real. on Lodi. Dude, Lodi absolutely deserves the reputation they have, um, but you can't <laughs> hold it against everybody there. Right. Because I, I taught an AFF instructor course there, and, man, first of all, like, like, dude, there was... I posted something, a link to the... What, what's the boogie you just went to, Nick? What did we call that boogie up in Dallas? I'm bad with names. Um, I don't even... Uh, American Revolution. The, the Revolution Boogie. Yeah, Revolution Boogie. The Revolution Boogie. I posted a little thing, like, uh, Zach Lewis jumps up there, video guy, super, super nice dude. I know Zach. Yeah, man, super great guy. And in the student page there, they share this really cool... He shares this, this thing, like, hey, guys, boogie's coming up. Here's some really cool things to think about before the boogie, and all dope advice. Is he instructor from the tunnel, too? No. It's no, he's just yeah. he's just a super nice guy and and camera flyer, extraordinary. Camera flyer, yeah. Has yeah. he always been in Dallas? I believe that's where I met him, and I think he was there when it was. Would uh, you pull up a picture of Zach Lewis for me, please? Absolutely. Yeah, he started when it was Skydive Dallas. Um, actually, I believe he did some jumps at Dallas Skydiving Center. He's been jumping quite a decent bit of time, close uh, close to I think just shy of what I've been doing. Uh, tomorrow will be my uh, one month shy of twenty years in the sport. So I, I am I'm. One month away from 20 years in the sport, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, Zach There's Lewis, that. dude. Um, he also does a lot of really cool pictures. You might see uh, on Facebook a lot of like I recently known them. skydivers get black and white photos done of themselves, and he's commonly the guy behind those pictorials. Okay, I recognize him. Looks like a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, so Zach posts, he's like, hey, here's some really good things to fucking think about before the boogie and like be smart guys. You know, I don't want my friends to get hurt, et cetera. And I share it on our student page. I'm like, yo, guys, check out what Zach Lewis posted. Super wise words, sage words, follow him. And and the, not just for the boogie, but anytime. They're just good ideas. And a lot of people responded to it. And somebody goes, well, you know, it just it doesn't seem like a boogie because we don't have specialty aircraft or we don't have this or that, that other thing. And I don't disagree with them. Boogies used to be about that to a point. But boogies and DZs are both about the people, man. People make the DZ. People make the boogie. And I thank Steve Boyd regularly for what he's given us as far as facilities, operations, and, and things to do. But, man, it's the fucking people there that end up being the heart of the joint, right? And shit on Absolutely. Bill Doss and what he does at Lodi or not, man. And, and I've had some good experiences with Bill. I have nothing against the man at all. He looks like Einstein if he doesn't do his hair in the morning. Wait, who the fuck cares about the aircraft, dude? Um, Dude, well, they've had some crashes and they've had some serious airplane issues. 
Oh, well, yeah. I just thought like a boogie's supposed but to be about it, the aircraft. In, oh, like Dallas? The, boogie, the Dallas thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we only have two otters here. Yeah, have what a caravan. the fuck, dude? What do you, yeah, what do you want? Do dude, you want to get out of a missile? Do you want to ride a missile? organizers there. We had some dope skydives going on, and people were complaining about that. I'm like, no, 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 man. Don't complain about well, that shit. Whoever it's that the was people. is a, a fucking And a boogie's about the nothing. party and the drugs. <laughs> Don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> dude, the boogie's about getting lit, absolutely annihilated, and just... Peeling your eyes open and getting on the next load the next day. So where are you at with Wyman Gastelum? Tell me that right now. Dude, I don't know enough about uh, Gastelum. Gastelum has won his last three fights. His last fight, though, was turned into a no contest. He fought Vitor Belfort, beat him with a TKO. Fucking knocked out, uh, I believe was a knockout of Luke Rockhold. Can't remember if it was a decision or not. But his last three fights have been wins, except he got popped for marijuana in the drug test after the fact. Oh. So they called it a no contest. Oh, okay. Weidman's on a three fucking uh, jump tear. He's, he's on a skid right yeah. now. But they've been Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold. They've been big names. Dude. So in before it, he obviously... He obviously knocked out Anderson Silva. Yeah, oh, he caught on. Silva good, man. He caught, yeah, he caught Silva once and then checked Silva's kick, and that was right, 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 oh, right, right, right. fucking just no. But so he's got the history. With Silva's him. trying to dance and he catches him. Right? Yep. Yes, it's like an do, do, iconic do. Anderson Silva movement moment. And then and there was a leg. Right, the leg was second. the leg was second. Yeah, and then he had an iconic loss. Didn't he lose the next fight against Rockhold or something? Yes, Rockhold is one of his. Okay. Yep. And so he he had a hiccup. It's good to see him back on the uprising. He's always well. He's been, not on the uprising. He's still on the terror. Like he's if he loses oh, this fight, it's over for him. He might be going to Bellator. Oh. And straight up, dude, Bellator Bellator is hoping he loses because they get him. The only person that might in the middleweight division in Bellator right now that I don't think he can beat right away, and the big question mark in front of him is uh, Gegard Musasi. Musasi just fucking left UFC for uh, Bellator. Musasi should be the number one contender right now. I think Bellator in like. Five to seven years will be as fun to watch at the UFC. If not, I mean, dude, if you're a strict MMA fan, like if you're a diehard fan, like you are, I'm not as diehard as you are. It's probably you can already have as much fun watching Bellator. Benson Henderson. Yes. Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald, dude, dude. They fucking signed Rory, man. Yeah. Gegard Musasi is by far their biggest uh, signing. Uh, you know, these other names are big. Gegard isn't as known. Uh, he's a Dutch kickboxer, he's got a, a background uh, in kickboxing and boxing. But uh, I I do dope. love Ben Henderson. I used to watch him in the WEC. Yes, dude. I, dude, I that man has some sexy legs. His hair, dude. dude. He's, he's got trunks for thighs, dude. And his hair is. I just want to run my tongue through. I mean, fingers through his hair. <laughs> what was uh in what was Rory McDonald's last fight? Robbie Lawler in dude, the UFC. Their stare down between like the fourth and fifth or the third and fourth round. Did you see that? It's one of the greatest fights of all time. Do you know what I'm talking about, Nick? Uh, I don't think I know. Dude, the best guys to the. Death almost. One of the best fights ever. And at the end of a round, they just got done banging, dude. Fucking throwing heat. And they stare each other down, walking each other off between rounds, dude. It was dope. Play that right there, dude. It's one of the only fights in my entire career of watching UFC. And it's a career, by the way. I'm going to claim it as a career. It's one of the only fights where I've ever Here seen somebody Look at stop a fight without tapping. They're between rounds. It's not the end of the fight. They're it's, between rounds. It's dude. one of the only times I've ever seen someone stop a fight on their feet without tapping. Can I? Am I wrong in saying that? 
It's when Rory got knocked in the nose. Remember, he just got his nose oh, shattered. Dude. Remember, and he just waved him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, I couldn't see. He's like, literally, the yeah. guy punched me square in the nose and that. shattered it straight up. And he just waves him off, and the fight's over. Yeah, it's one of the only times I've ever seen it. It's a classic fight. It's such a war, dude. There, there it is, right there. there is that it? No, this is a Lawler uh, Rory fight. This one, if I remember, right, went to the, the went to the decision. No, that's the cover-up after the broken Right, nose. right, right. That was That's it. not the one. There's another one where a guy actually stops it. That wasn't Rory. Oh. Right, there's another fight that you're talking about. A guy backed off and stopped it. Um, that's the, is this, that's where he just lays that's down Lawler and covers Rory? up. Yeah. See, that, that to me, okay, I, I, mis, uh, I misremembered it. <laughs> I, I wrote that in my hardware or something else. But it was like he was giving up, essentially. You know, the he, way he covered up. He didn't want to tap. He didn't want to give up. He made the ref stop it. He wasn't going to stop it. Right. And, I mean, dude, there's a point where you're like, my face is busted. I'm just going to tap. You, you, but, yeah. Yeah, and he said that last. I mean, he's such a warrior. It's not like he's going to stop over pain. He said that last shot into the nose, like, legitimately took his vision out. Dude, Robbie Lawler is a beast, dude. And uh, Lawler, Cerrone, Cowboy are fighting next weekend. Dude. That's the card. Like of next so weekend's cool. card, it's the fight. Dude, DC Jones too. I'm excited. Fuck that, man. Cerrone's got those shorts too. Dude, we Cer- talked about those last time. Dude, he's got my shorts. Cerrone and uh, Cerrone and what's his nuts, man? Uh, Lawler. That is going to be the fight to watch. This actually right here is the main fight I want to see tonight because Gastelum uh, won tough seventeen, if I remember right. And it's weird because he's God, a middleweight. Seventeen. Tough seventeen. Oh, dude, they're way, we're way past tough seventeen now. Jesus, way past. I the 20s. know. Yeah, dude, it's it's twenty four. They do the more than one season a year, or has it really just been on for that long? No, more than one season a year. Okay. Uh, there's sometimes two uh, seasons. They bang them. There's out. two at least. Um, Yo, what's Gastelum, going on here? Gastelum is uh, he's got his back taken right now, and fucking Wyman's working him, dude. Um, but Gastelum is one of the weird for me tough guys because I don't watch tons of tough. It gets redundant. But most guys in he tough... Looks surprisingly confident for a man who's got his back taken right now. Fight in a different way than they end up fighting in the UFC. Because Dude. in tough, you're constantly fighting. You're constantly moving. You get to the UFC and you find out, man, I can't fight. You, you can't fight in the tough house. You can't fight on the ultimate fighter and cut weight to what you want to fight at every day. So they basically fight in the tough house at a reasonable weight. And Whoa. then when they get in the UFC, they'll typically cut deeper. So most guys fighting the UFC who are on tough are commonly, not most, but commonly one weight class lighter than they competed at. Oh, in tough because they can't take it as hard in tough. Yo, what's up with... Uh Gaslam's wrestling game because obviously Weidman's he's a an Olympian, right? Or he's a he's a NCAA. Like oh, dude, oh, yeah, Weidman is, is top class wrestler. Uh, Wide uh, Gaslam shouldn't be struggling this much, but uh, I mean, Weidman, dude, I, it legitimately is at that point he might be out of the UFC. So uh, I mean, long I mean, he he's he comes from a lineage of trainers right now. Um, he he's crushing it where they're at, and I think he has a point to prove. And I think he is either going to. I, I think he's super dangerous. When you corner an animal, when you put an animal in a corner, there it's not a good place to put him. Dude, what is going on here? He's hanging onto that arm for dear life. Yeah, dude, he's trying to bring it over. He's trying to bring that wrist over. He's going to take his right hand Does and lock it onto his left wrist. Control? No, he's north south. He's going to try to take his right hand, lock it to his left wrist, and pass Gaslam's arm behind his back right there. So he's just trying to get this. Oh, dude, he's got an arm there. Yeah. Oh, okay, we're back. Now, once we, once go. we got the it, he was not in a good position to do it. But, um, oh, man. Dude, I cannot wait for next weekend. That's where the fights are going to be at. Sorry, guys and gals, if you're listening to this and watching this, but we are a little bit distracted. Hey, if you want to tune in, open up a second browser. Go to firstrowsports.eu. 
click on the boxing UFC uh, tab and then open up your own tab of this Fox fight unless you can get it on your own computer. Or, dude, just turn on your TV, man. This is free over the yeah, air. Yeah, this is free. This you is can on use an cable. Antenna. I'm, using, I'm using antenna. See above the windows right now? Oh, this is legit an HD antenna. antenna, dude. Yeah, dude. This is How yeah. crazy is it that you can pick up an HD signal from an antenna? Dude, it's 720. I can also see the TV towers from my driveway. So. True. Um, but it, it's they they broadcast in 720, so it's everything's good. People come over all the time. Are those like, the ones on Highway Six you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are our local towers. So yeah, sorry guys, we uh we just getting a little obsessed watching. I'm curious to see what Wyman does. Just a huge fan. I love both fellas. This is a fight that I just there's not a loser for me. Um, you watch I, any other sports, CJ? Uh, some. Oh, oh dude! Shit. Ten seconds left. Hold on, hold on. Hold, no, don't no, stop no, it! No, don't no, stop no, it, no, Big John! No, he's let got him that. up! He let won't, him he's up! Got, he won't! Yeah, he won't. he's got that single. Uh, he's a pro, dude. Ooh, he cracked him. Weidman is healthy. Holy Weidman is okay. Shit, dude! He knows he got wrong. Look at him. No, if you're watching rocked, this fight, he had that single. I think that's why he didn't. We stop just it. ended round one, I believe. If you're watching this fight and want to listen to the podcast at the same time, we just ended round one. I'll give oh you a fight count so you can cue it up. God, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch a lot of NFL, a lot of football, and like uh, I used to watch a lot of baseball. I was a hockey fan, and uh, I watched basketball tons growing up. And like many skydivers, I got into skydiving, and I gave up sports. And it was actually moving back here to Houston. I got back into football, so I still watch football some, not super religiously. I mean, enough. I do a fantasy football league every year, and uh, actually reasonably well know what's know what's going on. But since I don't have cable, it's hard to watch football. Um, there's not many sports. I mean, dude, all the UFC I get is pay-per-view. So I, 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 the only reason I have any streaming services I have is to watch uh, MMA. Um, PlayStation has a service called PS View. It's 30. They're just about to up it to 40. But it's $29.95 a month. I get 70 channels, including Fox Sports 1, which means I get UFC. I get Whoa. Spike. It means I get Bellator. So That's I pay $30 fucking dollars a month to get fights. All right, so if you're watching, we're round two. It's 455, 454, 453, 452. You can watch with us. You want to queue it up in the future. And these uh, boys in the future, uh, in future, Taco Bell will win the franchise wars. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Weidman Gaslin. What movie is that? He doesn't know about the three seashells. Oh, it's Bruce Willis. No. Oh, no, my God. It's, uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, he Sylvester Stallone. Shows. Yes, now we're getting somewhere. And now we got it. Enhance your calm. Enhance your calm, John Savage. Snipes. Yes, sir. You're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, is it Renaissance? No. Nope. Nope. No. No. You're getting there. Uh, See, for once, I stumped Nick Law on a movie because on. I he crushes me every single day of the week. It's one of my favorite movies to quote. So. If you're listening on Facebook, I, see if I, you can type the name before Mr. P can get to it, no, man. No, I'm going to come up with it. My brain's going to come up with it. Demolition Man. Demolition Atta Man. Boy. Dude, did you ever read the book uh, by Aldous Huxley, Brave New World? Negative. Uh, required reading growing up. I was going to say, required reading. I've yeah, read it. Yeah. And if you watch Demolition Man and you read Brave New World, you will not be confused by similarities. Aldous Huxley wrote the book. Lenina Huxley is a heroine during the movie Demolition Man. Aldous Huxley wrote the book, Lenina was a heroine, not the same last name, in the book, if I can remember correctly. John Savage, uh, they called the guy in the book a savage. Uh, everything, it's a utopian society, alpha, beta, uh, that they actually classify you. And it's it's a, dude, it's a really good read if you're in, into reading. And it's only no, one dude, of he's sinking into choke Right here. there, if you want to check it out, Nick, if you want to read, it's definitely a good book to check out. Maybe not. Uh, particularly utopian 
societies. Weidman has Gaslam's back again. Makes me think of uh, some required reading from when I was uh, probably the fourth grade. Yeah. The, uh, the Giver. Do you read that? Dude, book? absolutely. The Giver of Memories? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. That's Shogun was my I mean, required reading in fifth grade, which is a 2,000, I don't know, 1,000 page epic. The Giver is way too gnarly to be required reading in fourth grade. No, I'm pretty certain. No, no, no. It is. Oh, it, you get oh. it in fourth grade. Yeah, I'm just saying that book is heavy. Yeah, a little bit. Dude, so right now, Gaslam's got his back, or Wyman's got his back, but he can't control him. He had one hook in. Gaslam's using that cage pretty fucking smart. He's trying to use that cage, so Wyman's only got that one opening, that one side. So he's got a single leg right now, and uh, he's definitely, Gaslam's definitely carrying some weight in his side, so it's hurting him. They don't look like they're doing nothing, but imagine, like, let me lean into you as heavy as I can. That's going to hurt. DJ, how come you've never uh, learned any martial arts, or uh, or have you? I took a little karate when I was younger. I took a little bit of judo at some point in my life and a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but just enough to know I can get my ass whipped every single day of the week, just enough to know that I, I know how to, like, tie a white belt, and I probably don't know how to tie it right. So... Um, I have to watch a YouTube. I have uh, <laughs> I've gone to a handful of jujitsu classes, mm-hmm. and I prefer a no gi class if I was given the option. I'd prefer I, to roll against you no gi too, just so you know. Yeah, no. Go on though. I, I would prefer, prefer gi because it's more life applicable. It is and it isn't. I mean, I like no gi just because we could slam around. That's all I'm saying. I I just feel <laughs> a lot more comfortable without a gi on. But every time I go to a class that requires gi, I have to watch a YouTube video about how to tie my belt. <laughs> it's uh so as a young man uh, my problem with martial arts was plain and simple discipline i had no discipline to stick with it i had no discipline to stay dedicated discipline. today my biggest fear is conditioning shape and hurting myself and not being able to do my job every day yeah necks and shoulders man that's a that's the fear dude yeah. that's and the fear i have See, a bad neck and i have bad shoulders i really want to learn uh like steven and i rolled a couple of times and I really want to learn with somebody that I that I know well, who I know isn't isn't a stranger, isn't who a isn't super interested in in winning. That you both have a mutual interest in just learning what's going on. That's the I'd be problem. in there. Well, there that mat at Skydive Spaceland is there for a reason. I bought that mat just to roll jujitsu on, and, and I've only rolled on it a handful of times. That's yeah. the number one problem. Everybody, like, dude, if I had a desk job. I would 100% be at a jiu-jitsu class three nights a week. I really like it. I think it's a beautiful martial art. I think it's the best way to uh, exercise, manage stress, learn a martial art. And I mean, really, dude, it's jiu-jitsu so He's trying awesome. to trap an arm. He ain't got. He's stacked right now, Whoa, man. What's going on here? So you can really see, I mean, Weidman's a fucking wrestler, and he's keeping control. But, uh, I mean... Gaslam's doing a good job Whoa. keeping it moving and defending it, oh, but man, he's dude, he's got one hook on his back. This is a problem. He's got over guy. under, and he's on his back with just his left hook. And here's oh, the, the round. Over. Yeah. Oh. Um, Saved by the bell. So I'm, I definitely, Nick, I would be interested. Blake uh, Balake. I rolled a Balake one time. Uh, I really enjoy talking and listening to him. Um, yeah, he was being way too aggressive. Like he was thro- like. I, I had been rolling with Marlene for like twenty five <laughs> minutes, and he's like, "I want, I want to go next." Uh, Marlene, the boy. chick who used to jump a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, and that she's chick super can roll. sweet. She's really nice, and she's she's really good at jujitsu. Yeah. And then uh, we had rolled for seriously like twenty five minutes, and then Blake wanted to to play, and I was totally open to that. 
Right. But the first thing he does is he he I'm I start on my back and he comes up and just grabs my legs and throws them to the side as hard as he can to try and get side control. And I was like, dude, that's not the like we're not in a fight right now. Right. This isn't a competition. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I I do not have a purple belt in jujitsu like you do. Yeah. Like let's just roll. I'm like, still learning to spell happens. it. Yeah. And uh so we rolled for probably six or seven minutes, and I felt him going. Uh, I felt him getting close to something that I was happy to give into, so that I could just tap to it and like. Sure. I'm not interested in getting hurt, you know. Dude, yeah, that's the thing that like you got to run into, dude. A lot of it's half the people that go to a martial arts gym are like just trying to do what we're trying to do, like have like like dude. I want to have. A, Ooh, a ro- man, Gasm just got cracked. I want to have a relaxing. Roll, not relaxing, but like, dude, I just want to learn. Yeah, and then half people tap. like have something to prove. <laughs> yeah, they I, need to win. I'm, I'm the last, the last jujitsu class I went to is actually an open mat at this, uh, at the school that's right next to where I live, and they have like the sign up and you get a, a week of unlimited whatever for free, and that includes going to their open mat time. So I went. That's one thing right there that does stop me. I'm a poor broke bastard and fucking seventy bucks a week a month to go to jujitsu. Oh, dude, I think this me. this place is like one one forty a month or something Let's like say that. Seventy is a deal, isn't dude, it? That's a great deal, and that's the cheapest place I can find. And it's actually by my house. I'm but, sorry. No, all good. Uh, but I I rolled with this kid who uh, he he was way he was way more experienced than me, and uh, dude, I would I was happy to tap, you know. And he, homeboy, was going pretty hard. Was like, he just trying to the, prove like himself? Like, dude, what I the think, fuck, I think man? so. The, was he belted? Was he like a blue or a purple? No one's. This is no gi. No one's wearing a belt, so I, I don't really know what his. Uh, right. He was definitely had a lot more experience than me. I feel like you but, uh, you avoid that shit once you get the purple above. I, so we're rolling, and the the I don't know what you call the the head guy in charge. He's not the sensei at a, at a, Brazil, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's a good but, question. But uh, the owner of the establishment came up and said, hey, take it easy, guys. Yeah. And uh, and then I tapped that motherfucker with a rear naked joke. Did you really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. He was told to back off, but when you match pace, yeah. you had him. You should have not. No, I know. He, he was still going. Him he was still going hard. Like, we were, like I, I wasn't... I, I was just matching what he was bringing to the table, you know, but I didn't know. Like it was this is my second time ever at an open mat jujitsu. I don't know how hard, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But there uh, was a guy, dude, uh a dude that I worked with in Saipan. He was a scout sniper in the Marine Corps for four years. And then he was in Blackwater. So he's a badass. Dude. Yeah. Legit bona fide badass. He was a scout sniper for four years, went to Blackwater for four years, and <laughs> did the Blackwater school. Before going to Blackwater, so you said he's Marine sniper. Yeah, is he, he third recon? You said. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he was a recon. He was a Marine recon. I don't know what third recon is. More than likely, it's the Marine Special Forces yeah. or one of. I'm not the smartest on that, but he was. Uh, he was super legit, and he never bragged about it or anything like that. But he did a lot of grappling with uh, the dudes in the Marine Corps, and he never, you know, was belted or anything like uh, that. But we would roll together on the mats because we got packing mats where we work and we would roll together and it was always dude it was the most this dude would just match your energy that's all like he would beat me every time dude he would slap like sick triangles on me and arm bars and all this shit but he would never bring more to the table than i was so i that's would perfect though yeah. that's that's pushing you always but not beating you i up. would start dude i would start super slow and try to sing a choke on him and whatever level power i was bringing to him he would match it that's that's and that awesome. was it yeah that's it was he was the, dude he was the best and he dude this guy had nothing to prove 
I think he uh, after meeting after talking with him for like oh. a really long time. Oh. He's a psych control. Really that that yeah, Dars? is that a Dars? The, yeah, or Ezekiel, dude. So. He's pushing that arm away. He ain't got, oh, dude. He sets sunk in, dude. He's homeboy's going to sleep. I think, D- dude. Fight it, dude. Don't. Oh, yeah. Oh wow. man. Nice. Why Wyman, controlled it the whole time. Gaslam had a couple good knocks in there. So he sick. defended well on the ground as far as he wouldn't let him get too far till then. But uh, was I mean, that a Darce or an Ezekiel choke? Or dude, whatever? I'm not great with those side or control chokes. North, I south don't. Or? No, that's north south is when you're. Upside down. I, okay, right on, right yeah, that's on. North South. Um, I'm not good with the name of different chokes um, outside of some of your basics. Um, Armin. Uh, anyways, uh, that's not what I was going to say, but what I was going to say I know is wrong. Armin triangle, that's uh, from the bottom. That's with the legs. No, I think you can still do a triangle with your... There's an arm, arm triangle. Yeah. Um, so rolling with you does interest me. Stephen Boyd, if he would want to roll, I would want to do that. And that's part a of it cat. is... Is is not just a chill personality you guys have, but it's the fact that I know you guys are respectful of people, and I know that you're not egotistical douches yeah, not trying, to, trying to prove a point. Yeah, just, trying, just trying to learn, man. You know, hey, wait, uh, Steven was nice enough to give me the. There's a Gracie Jiu Jitsu uh, DVD that mm-hmm. has a. Bu- it's a bunch of tutorials. It's like yeah, fifty some of them. You just slap them on Sam. Oh, sometimes, yeah, totally, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Dude. Watch out, Valerie. Here it comes. Hell I'm getting yeah. these DVDs. But I'm putting you in a fucking choke. Yeah. No, but uh, they're they're all broken down in the lessons. Man, it's super. It, it seems like a super manageable workload if you have someone to uh, to do it with. Let's talk about. Let's do that, man. I'm I'm interested. Um, you know, definitely a cheap thing. Definitely a trust thing. I'm afraid to get hurt, but uh, maybe this will get me past all that. Kind of like scuba diving for you. You need to talk our boy into scuba diving. It's never gonna there, happen, Mister Mister. Dude, Brady. I got briefed. To scuba dive on the way to scuba diving. By Rob Wallace. By Rob Wallace. He was like, stick this hose in your mouth. Don't stop breathing. If this one doesn't work, use your secondary. If that doesn't work, use my secondary. If that doesn't work, use mine. If that doesn't work, fucking get to air and exhale on the way up. That's scuba diving. And I'm sorry, dude, if anyone's listening to this that is super serious about scuba diving. I, I, Dude, I should have taken it more seriously when I started. I've got 10 dives. I've never been su- certified. My first dive was 30 meters into a cave, and we didn't have a single issue. Um, and I should have taken it more seriously. I have more respect for it now. But, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's as easy as – it's literally as easy as breathing and swimming. <laughs> That's all you're doing. Well, dude, I hate swimming. I just hate the water. Like, I'm not- oh, okay. I was never into any sort of water sports growing up. Wasn't a strong swimmer. Did anybody see the photos what? of Tommy in the grotto? What? Huh? With, uh, Matt? Oh, yeah. yeah. With Matthew. Dude, dude, that's the grotto, dude. That's the fucking, that's the spot. That's where I did my first dive. Dude, go to his Facebook page. They've got, uh, it might be on uh, Rob Wallace's page or maybe. It'll probably Matthew be posted it. I appreciate Matthew sure. posted it. I mean, dude, that's like, dude, that is such a glorious spot. And it's really terrifying. And it's really fun to, to get over that fear. So Patterson, dude, is leaving Saipan. Yeah, yeah. He won't be there for more than three months. Dude. He's good. He's no, no, Patterson. Sta- Oh, Brad. He said last jump in Saipan. There you go. There's like, a grotto. It looks like Brad is yeah, leaving that, Saipan and going an on to the That's an incredible photo right there. That's really cool. Is that so, a school of fish? Yeah. So this is Rob Wallace. He just got a new setup. There's uh, Brad. There's Brad Patterson with the sea turtle. Keep I love you, Brad Patterson. That's called the Bat Cave. I love you, this Brad is, Patterson. That Bat Cave right there, that's 30 meters down. You have to swim in the grotto. You go, you go underwater inside of a cave. You have to swim out through a cave to get to that. And you got to go 30 meters down, 
and uh, it's a rad. So, Mr. Pete, is that if you had that opportunity to scuba dive, would you learn to scuba just to do that experience? And you don't have to do it anymore for that experience. Oh, God, I don't and know. You learn in that kind of water. I've gone down. I, I've I've done some snorkeling that was pretty fun. Where at? Uh, Belize and Hawaii. So snorkeling. So you've done some beautiful snorkeling. Yeah. Snorkeling is rad. Snorkeling with you two Hanala pounds, Bay? two pounds of weight on, and free diving fins is even more rad. It's like snorkeling, but you just take a big breath and you deep, you you go down, you know, fifty feet, or you just push yourself as hard as you can to get to the. So you do some free diving. Like snorkeling is essentially the access to free diving, and free diving, in a sense, is more rewarding than scuba diving. You know what we were supposed to do while you were here? Huh? Flip that goddamn tire down the runway. Now we're not going to get to. That's true. Unless I'll you want to get up super early. I'm going to flip it by myself. Nope, I'll help Unless you. Unless you want to get up super early. What did I just say? Who said that? I'll do it tomorrow. I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm not. Tomorrow? No, man. Tomorrow, Destiny 2 Beta is opening up the farm for uh, one hour, one Destiny's hour Child, only. Call it Destiny's Child like you know its fucking name is. <laughs> Destiny's Child <laughs> Beta. That's the most upset I've got. Do you know what Destiny <laughs> do, do you even know what Destiny is? Uh, yeah, only because I've heard DJ talk about it. Oh, okay, I think I heard right John on. Barry talk so about cool. it once, too. Yeah, cool Barry one. obsesses with it as well. Um, dude, the beta for two is out, and the farm is the new social space. It's open for what? During the beta, it's not open. They're going to open the social space for one hour, and basically what, what Bungie is doing is seeing, can we break the server in that hour? Right. They want to see how we can break the social space or not. They don't need us to roam and check and test the social space. They just need us to test the server level. And by social space, you mean like the general the tower? tower. The t- okay, the tower where you buy all your gear and shit like that. Okay, yeah. right Have on. you seen the tower on D1? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I played. Dude, I got to a level. I got. I hit the level cap. Okay. Um, yeah, so D2, the new social space is the farm. So the tower. I got to like level 15 light rating or whatever. You didn't get to the level cap. Right. But I mean, I got <laughs> I got to like the level cap and then you go to light. Right. Isn't that how it works? Uh, yeah. And God, man, um, I can't remember what it was just because with each expansion, it's grown. Right. So currently 4,400. Level 40, light 400 is what we're rolling right now. Oh, OK. Got it. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. And so um, like in D1, vanilla, vanilla, Nick is like what you call. So a lot of games come out with like, here is Call of Duty. Here is Battlefield. Here is Destiny. Vanilla is in the launch. Here's Expansion 1. That's not vanilla. Expansion 2. And expansions usually have names. The Dark Beyond, uh, Will of Crow, whatever they call the expansion. Uh, Destiny Vanilla, I think, Brayden, was level 30 max, if I remember right. And, man, don't I, like, man. My state of mind when I'm playing video games doesn't have the best memory. Just saying. Just just don't remember shit the best. I'm immersed in video games. That's, that's my, my mind is lost. Uh, dude, fucking hats off to Chris Wyman. He had a point to prove. He had a place to go. Um, you think I was he still goes to Bellator? Uh, no, man. I think the UFC would be foolish not to resign him. I mean, he controlled the whole fight. Strong finish. Yeah. That was sick. The only problem is the UFC is going to have to pay him because people are going You think that's his mom over there? I don't know. Who's wearing fucking blue jean cutoffs over there? Oh, uh, that's... I that looks like his mom and his sister. Yes. I really hope that that's true. Yeah, because his kids are young. It's uh, They actually, on uh, Road to the Octagon, showed him with his family a lot. They do, if you ever watch a fight, man, and Nick, before next week, look up uh, UFC Road to the Octagon, and you'll see a one-hour special on all the fights on the main event. They'll talk about Fighter A, Fighter B, Fighter A, Fighter B, and it's super interesting to know their background and what their current fight record is. And also their personal background. Where do where do you find this? UFC Road to the Octagon. Road to the Octagon. Just Google okay. that because that's how I find I'm it. I'm gonna every leave time. it open as a tab. 
it's um definitely like I watch it regularly. Um I don't always watch it because I listen to enough stuff with these fighters beforehand. I usually know a history. Um but I definitely don't ignore him. Uh I'd actually Ben Armandez or whatever his name is. I, I'm still wanting to get him on a podcast, but I would love to do a good fight companion with him and one or two other fight fans with us. You know what I mean? Have a legit fight companion where there's three or four of us in the room. You know, once I get that couch in here, and, uh, dude, if you know how to get a good cheap futon four couch. Four max, dude. Four max. I need, oh, dude, we cannot get too big. Nick Nick convinced me of that a while back. I was looking at doing one of our bigger crowds, building to it, not starting there. And Nick really talked some quick, he, he talked me off the cliff, bro. It's three of us talking at once. We, talk, we step on each other nonstop. Yep. And uh, it's going to get out of control when we put me, you, Jay, and Tex in the same room. Yeah, four, four is too much. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think that ego is going to fit in this room. Dude, I don't care. I'm bringing Tex in this room one day. Ha! Dude, how much No, fun? dude, I would love to have Tex on. on. He be, would be, be so, He would have Tex some of the, the funnest man. stories. He would, like, I want to know more about his background with soccer and kicking I was things. just going to say, man, Tex... Like Tex, rugby, he, yeah, professional he rugby in, in Australia. Dude, yeah, he bridges that's, that's a really shit. interesting gap. Yeah, he he bridges a super interesting gap in the fact that he's like, High I mean, like space land. Not to say like, uh, there's other athletes among us, but Tex, like, I think so. How they measure real true athleticism? I thought in the United say States penis size. Well, <laughs> we know how they measure that with my iPhone <laughs> in a case. <laughs> Uh, in, in my dick. Okay, go back to text. What? Sorry, how sorry. does that? How does an iPhone in a case? How well, does dude, case I just didn't have a ruler with me, so I wanted to check see how long it was in comparison to my case. And then you go Google how long is the case. Actually, you Google the dimensions, and then you know where your dick's at You're gonna, based on how much you passed. Then you realized case. you needed an iPod Shuffle. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sucker. No. Uh, but text is like. They measure athleticism in the States by a combine, and that's like, you know, your 40-yard dash, your squat, your bench press and shit. Anywhere else in the world, they use the beep test. And apparently, I, Tex was like not bragging to me at all, but he told me his beep test time, and it's sick. Isn't like, the beep test the same y'all did to get into the tunnel? Yeah, they, they started doing it. I don't know if they do it anymore. It, if they did do it, it was short-lived. What's because the they, beep see, test? Describe it. Uh... That what you're going I'm for? gonna do the best. I'm gonna do the best job I can. I, I know what it is. To explain it. So there are two points. I want to say they're 20 meters apart. Is that right? 15 meters apart. 20. I. I don't remember the distance. Makes but, sense. But uh, it's point A and point B, and there's a beep that goes off, and it starts. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Every interval gets shorter and shorter. So at first you're you're walking from point to point, or you can run from point rest until it beeps again. And your your job is to get from point A to point B and beat the beeps. And the moment that the beep beats you is when it's it's over. That's when you lost. Do you have a sense of time with these beeps? Do you know? Do you see a timer to let you know what you got to beat? Good question. I'm I not sure if you see you the do. timer. I don't think so. I think you just run your fucking dick off. But <laughs> if you if you train the beep test enough, you have a mental sort of idea of where it's going to be. I know that once you get above level ten, once you beat level ten on the beep test, I think it's level ten, is like super athlete status. And if you get to like level eleven or twelve, it's like it's like phenom, and that's that's the type of numbers that Tex was running. And he told me that was kind of his position on uh, any sports team he's been playing. Here, I'm gonna read uh, the twenty meter multi stage fitness test (MSFT) is a commonly used maximal running aerobic fitness test. It's also known as the twenty meter shuttle run test, beep test, or bleep test, among other names. For more information on the test, blah blah blah. 
required equipment, flatten on slip surface, marking cones, 20 meter, 20 meter measuring tape, beep test audio procedure. So it, it doesn't sound like you, uh, you are looking at the clock. So excellent is anything above 13, very poor, anything below 5. Average 7 to 9. Okay, so he and his test was higher than 10. I, I forget what he told me, but how he scored on the beep test is what would be equivalent to like a, a really sick 40 time. You know, like he, he did he did really well. And that's because... He's an athlete. I oh. Mean, you watch the dude. He's... What dude? Wait, did you see him catch the baby? We all saw it. <laughs> dude, did you see the video posted of him at a free fly event here? Kicking the ball between Jerry's legs as he was walking. Dude, I've watched all those. So that, Jerry's sick, just dude. like you've saw it, Nick. I think you were actually oh, yeah. in the video. I don't think I'm in it, but I, um, I definitely saw it. So if you haven't seen this, guys, there's this dude, Jerry, super cool guy. He's walking around the packing room on a weather hold on the phone, obviously kind of bored out of his grape. It's a weather hold. And Tex is walking behind him, just kicking the ball back and forth, scoots to the side kicks the ball between Jerry's feet in stride. So, like, le- I don't know which one, but left foot in front of the right foot, right foot about to step forward, and the ball goes between his feet. Jerry never has a clue and keeps walking until he sees it on Facebook that night. Unbelievable. Dude, like, A, the ability, B, the, I mean, just any of it, everything, the skill to no, do I, it, I the watched timing. the video once and didn't catch it. Yes. And the I was first like, why did they play it? What, what's the point of this? And I was like, why oh, did he kick the ball shit. at that dude? Yeah, he shot it through his fucking leg. Because the ball hit a dude afterwards. I'm like, why did Tex just kick the ball at a dude? I, I probably played it two or three times before. I was like, he just, he just fucking unbelievable. It's definitely one of those viral style videos. You got to start it off. I think he started off D1 soccer. Like, dude, if you're D1 soccer in the US, you're fucking, you're already like top echelon athlete. And then he started playing professional Australian football. Or rugby, one of the two. But I know it was Australian football for a while. And uh, he was actually, he was the guy, he drove me to the airport uh, when I went to Saipan. Who did? Tex. He did, never mind. I, for some reason, I heard in Saipan, but when you went to Saipan. Yeah, he is, drove dude. me to the airport. He, oh yeah, fucking full screen that shit. Dude, this is why we need to fucking set this up tonight, dude. We need to have this no, going on that TV. No, it's so simple. So Nick... We just have to add a window. No, we actually already have it set up. There should be something that says desktop on. Look um, how smooth this is, dude. This is so sick, <laughs> dude. Dude, so clean. So, oh, Nick, I Nick, look it. at the preload list one through five on your screen on OBS. And one of them says desktop. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Cool, man. Um, click. To uh, click to desktop, open my Facebook browser all the way and do the same search. You can actually, you don't even have to, I think you sized it previously. You don't have to size it. You can just straight up uh, uh, use just that screen. I'm gonna I'm gonna come by your mic. We got dead air going. You better fill the you better fill the gap. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to come over here. So right now, um, full screen that, and that is you don't have to have OBS open right now. Um, you could keep your hotkeys active if the hotkeys are working. Whatever number that is in order, one through five, is it? And so it should load five. Um, but look at that dude. Jerry has no fucking... He wasn't on the phone. I was wrong yeah, about that. Right yeah, he has got no clue, dude. And there he is. Texas just kicking the ball. Whoop! Right between his legs, dude. And then he walks off with that nice little like fist pump. Boop! Here it comes. There it is. I'm going to hand the mic back at you. Yeah, that's super badass. No, I'll definitely uh, be happy to have Tex on the podcast. He can, uh, he, he's, he's welcome. I'll talk to him about it. Maybe that'll be the first person I recruit to the podcast. 
Dude, I actually spoke to text very early on. So when we did episodes like one, two, three, I set up about five, six, seven different people. So in the future, let's do this. In the future, let's do this. And I've kind of waited. Um, Stephen Boyd is one I really want to have on the podcast. And uh, this might sound silly. This might sound whatever. Look, at that's a Destiny background nerd. Um, <laughs> I've waited for Stephen because, quite frankly, I wanted a little bit more polished product. Yeah, I want to be ready that. for Stephen, yeah. Yeah, dude, because I like... Steven's got some dope skydiving to share, but I think Steven's got some dope person to share, man. Like I it's Steven is one of the people I look up to the most in my life of how he treats people. And so I really want to have him on. Tex was one of those early ones. I also try to preload and say, Man, we're gonna get you. But they're local boys, so it's very easy to grab them whenever we really want. Um, speaking of which, you have a little surprise for Steven, and we'll just leave it at those words. Have you ever gotten that surprise out? I'm getting closer. Are you are you waiting on other people to fulfill I'm that? Waiting on one more thing. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's Whoa. a surprise. Yeah, we can't yeah, talk no, about a surprise. It's oh, a surprise. dude, I got a surprise for you, Nick. Oh, well, it's not really a surprise. Uh, hold up. Whoa, whoa, put your pants back on. Uh, no, that no. Whoa, come on. No, it's just a shirt I bought you, and I, was, I already told you about. It. I just have to give up. it. To you. Zip up. Are we gonna kiss? Yeah, I think he's gonna make out with you, man. I. Uh, it's kind of dumb, dude. I just saw it. It was in an anime shop in Japan that what's, sold like anime what's stuff. What's dumb about it? I don't think that's dumb. Well, I think no, that's very it's very thoughtful. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's just yellow. Oh, my and God. Fucking, I don't it know. Looks, it looks There's amazing. That. There's that. <laughs> Holy and <this> shit. <laughs> dude, look at that shirt. This dude. is Nick. Dude, that is beautiful. <laughs> I guess it's fucking Tokyo. Oh it's yellow as fuck. God. It says Z-O-M-G in it, which means something in anime world. And uh, I don't know if the viewers could just... Just take a second and drink that in. That's beautiful. I think it's gonna fit you fucking perfect. Let's let's here hand hand her hand her. You over. know, I I can tell you, Brayden, that is a gorgeous shirt. But you've never given a man a gift of a shirt if you haven't had a shirt made for him with his own face yeah, on true. it. Yeah, so, true. You win. You win. I'm flattered by both of your gifts. <laughs> you okay. win, dude. Daddy doesn't have a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is that is totally straight up Nick Claw Alley. I don't know. Dude. I saw it. It took me a while to find one. It, <laughs> I needed something without anime characters on it. I just needed something he could wear. Oh, it fits fucking perfect, too, dude. It's <laughs> so good. Dude, if you want to buy a shirt that Whoa. fits Nick, just buy the tightest fit possible and look at that right there. Well, no, it's not as tight as I'd like it yet, but one load to the laundry and it's going to. Yeah, gender- I fit a men's small pretty consistently. What is that a medium? I, I don't know. It's, but it's a Japan Japanese medium. medium dude? It's a Come Japan on. medium, dude, dude. If I'm anything, I'm Japan medium. Yeah, Japan <laughs> medium is like Sam you, small. You want me to be average size? Send me to Japan. I'll fit right in. Dude, it's hard because I we had a bunch of Japanese jumpers who used to come here. And we would talk about old Japanese stuff. And the comics I grew up on, one was called Kanikuman. And they knew I was a huge Kanikuman fan. And they would actually... Kanikuman fan. Kanikuman fan. It's so hard to say. You heard that. Sped it up a little bit. Kanikuman fan. Kanikuman fan. Oh, bro. I have a... Kanikuman fan. You ever watch those fucking Mexican... You're like, Kanikuman fan. Harikari. You ever watch those Mexican... Let's just keep doing this as hard as you cannot talk. Hello, hello. I stab my own chest with a knife if I disrespect family. You disgrace framery. The more guts I pull out before I die, the more honor. Oh, hello. you. And the fucker... You ever watch... Hello, Debbie. I hope you're laughing at this moment right now. You ever watch like Mexican or, or the news station and this Mexican reporter is on there and sounding super white until they say the barrio and they go oh, straight span. Oh God. I have a hard time. I think I've told you this before. I don't think so. I cannot but. order ramen. That is a struggle for me. It's a ramen. <laughs> I have such a <laughs> fucking hard time <laughs> going to Japanese restaurants and pronouncing words in 
English. Oh. You know, I noticed that same thing going uh, out with uh, Antonio Arias. Yes. It's like you go out and he sounds he sounds like just a, a white kid, you he, know? He's as white as Until I am. Until he's speaking that Spanish. God mm. damn, that shit comes through good. Oh. My name is Antonio Arias. Yeah. Arias. Dude, I, then, yeah, when he orders food, we went to his Puerto Rican joint a, a handful of times, yeah. a, a couple of times here in the city. And dude, he yeah, he's not he's not skipping out on that real Spanish, not one bit. My mom will take <laughs> me to a Japanese restaurant, and she immediately wants to like if she's a regular there and they know her. And if there's a Japanese restaurant in her town, they know her. Oh, arigato! Especially when you live in Indiana and you're like one of the only Japanese ladies there. Um, she wants me to speak Japanese the whole time to him, and I fuck up because I know very little Spanish, but I will commonly spit my because I'm so horrible. I'm uncurrent, unfluent at Japanese. So I'll speak Japanese and throw in Spanish words left and right because yeah, you know, that's I all do that same do. thing. Like when I see someone who like isn't white at <laughs> the drop zone, I know that they're from somewhere foreign and they speak a foreign language. My first instinct is just to speak Spanish to them because it's like, yeah, brown people they all speak Spanish, right? Oh <laughs> they're no, all that's Mexican. super they fucking racist. Yeah. They should. Yeah, they're all Mexican. It's like all our Venezuelans. You're all Mexican, dude. The you know, there's something about Spanish, but I'll tell you, Japanese, if I could speak I Japanese, there is not a better language in Asia. It's the coolest. It uses our alphabet. It sounds cooler than everything. When you see it written, it's totally identifiable. And I didn't know that it used our alphabet. It doesn't really. So I've only seen it written. Hiragana, katagana, and kanji. There are three alphabets in Japanese. Uh, hiragana and katakana. See there, I can't say it. Hiragana and katakana. So I only see when names are written. So they're like written in like English. Roman, Rom, Romaji, Romanaji. I can't remember how to say that. Romanaje toi. Romanaje toi. And Debbie, maybe you can type the name on there because I can't fucking remember how to say it. Love you, Debbie. Uh, Didn't think about you. Yo, yo, yo. Leave my best friend alone, dude. She's my she, best no, friend. She's your sister. She's she, my best friend. She's my best friend. Well, I'm going to fight you for her. I think what I was trying to say is the <laughs> syllables sound... Like they're supposed to read. Like when you when you Except read for the RL thing. Okay, yeah, because when you read like if it's like Mitsuruji or like Korimoto, it's like you can sound it out and say it like reasonably. I mean, obviously Japan has their own alphabet, but if it's written in Pinyin, which is the English alphabet with Chinese words, it sounds totally different than how you would read it. Everything you said there is extremely racist, and I'm offended as a proud Asian American. Uh, you should be, because <laughs> I'm a racist son of a bitch. I'm not. I'm not racist. I'm racist against myself. So it's it's predominantly Chinese people in Saipan. Is that is that what I remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, tourists. Yeah, ninety nine percent of tourists. Uh, it's probably not exactly ninety nine, but uh, most tourists are Chinese. You got 99 problems, and Chinese people are all of them? <laughs> 1.8 billion problems, and Chinese people are all of them. Yeah, it's, it's uh, mostly Chinese. We, we would have probably more Korean guests if the person who handled our, um, our res- or the person who handled customer relations was actually Korean, but she's Chinese, so she's first to work with Chinese customers. Because she speaks the language, and she can upsell. And, and there's also 1.8 billion of them. Yeah. So growing up, Around Asians. You grew up in Japan. You grew up a military brat. You grew up around Asians. You grew up in Hawaii. You grew up around Asians. I'm not bad at telling people's nationalities, whether they're Filipino, Vietnamese. Vietnamese, I get a little lost with Laotia, Laos, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam. Those That's a whole lost. sect I haven't even practiced. Yeah. But when it comes to Chinese, Korean, Japanese, I can commonly kind of feel the difference. Can you tell the difference yet? So I can spot, if, if, I've, got, if I've got a lineup... 
of Japanese, Korean, and Chinese, I'll nail the Japanese all day long. Japanese are easy. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> I'll pick. I'll be able to pick out the Chinese between the Chinese, Korean, and the Japanese. I will fuck up the Koreans. So here's your trick. If you're not sure if they're Chinese, and if you're not sure if they're Japanese, they're fucking Korean. And I'm not joking. Next time you're doing that, you're like, you're Japanese. You're Chinese. I'm not sure. You're Korean. Here's Try the it. issue that I'll run into, though. It's not always going to work. Is you have Mongolians. See, I've never dealt with Mongols. Mongolian Mongols. So you have part. Mongolian Chinese who have a similar skin tone as Japanese, but they look more like Chinese. So they'll, they'll, they'll throw you off. But I, for the most part, Japanese are super easy to spot. And I'm getting it with Koreans, but dude, I've been there for a year and I've been playing this game day in and day out, and I'm, I'm just now starting to get it. So it's not, it's not like there's a trick to it and you can just unlock it. It definitely takes practice. It's acquired. But, yeah. It's growing up. Like it's you all do look alike to me. All you round eye cocksuckers. I mean, like I thought you were Nick Lott when you walked in the door, dude. Oh, and hello. that's, dude. That's why I Would don't you feel like bad. a cheeseburger. Me Chinese, me no dumb. Dude. He makes skydive because it's fun. Dude. <laughs> Sorry, no. sorry, that was too far. <laughs> You're gonna go home to Saipan and that, aren't you? Oh my god, dude, they're not gonna let me off the plane. Dude, they're not gonna let me off the fucking plane. Oh, that no, you're fucked. Nick. No, we're as bad as anybody else. But the the deal is, that was awesome. You, they mix us up as much as we mix them up. Yeah. Like, I know there's a lot of times where I'll line up our students, we'll gear them up. The only reason I know when to bring them on the plane, because we line them all up in front of the plane, and we video us teaching them a, a quick class. The only way I know f sometimes to bring my student on the plane is just how I stole my chest strap. And I know that I, I, I make, like, a tighter bundle with it, or I can see how I do my harness. Yeah. And so I can pick that out of a lineup. But they do the same. Hey, I you're realize, my harness. Come with me. Yeah. Dude, they do the same thing to us. Like, dude, out of 11 jumps on a day, half of them will walk out of the of the room and walk to a different instructor and think I'm them. So we're no di like it's no different to them. And you guys are wearing red, all of the same shirts. Yeah, we're wearing the same uniform, but they, it, totally, 100%, we're wearing the same uniforms. Even with uh, Rob. Rob's got, like, full sleeve tattoos, and still they'll walk to Rob. Before Rob's they got walk. full sleeves? He's got, I think he's got one full sleeve. He's he got at least one back full sleeve. He's got at least one full That's sleeve. That's new. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... They'll, dude, they, they fuck it up all the time. And the other thing, too, what people don't realize is when I practice speaking in Chinese, you have to, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it right, you've got to sound. See, see his right, right arm? arm? Yeah. yeah. So he's got one sleeve. Brad Patterson, you are a sexy man. Yeah. I want to give you a mouth hug, I'm Brad Patterson. I'm super sad. Where's Brad leaving. Patterson going? I mean, all you stupid white people do look the same. Can yeah, you answer seriously. that question? I, I don't, there's Critter Reese, man. That's the guy I work out with. That guy is a fucking X-Man, dude. Is he Is he the Marine slash everything else? No, that guy no longer works with us, unfortunately. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. that night was epic, dude. That night was fucking epic. That's Taylor. That's the Marine sniper on the far right there. I, I hate the guy to do this for the, for the listeners. Yeah, that's that's him on the far right. He's a, he's a great guy. Um. So, Brad left. Uh, he needs a change in his life. He's been on Saipan for two years, man. Yeah, Rob's been there way longer. Uh, no, 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 no. Brad's been longer than... Brad the, went first? Yeah, Brad went first. I swear Rob went first. But also, here's the deal. Rob is a little bit later in his career than, than Brad is. And Rob is like, dude, Rob is... He loves to scuba dive, and he loves to travel Asia. That's his game. So, he's ready to like sit down, plug in, and do nothing but jump... 
make money, scuba dive, travel. Dude, he's got a vacation coming up in August that will be rivaled by every fucking dive master in the world. He's going to, he's taking six weeks off and he's flying to the sickest dive destinations in the world and he's living on, uh, he's going on liveaboard boats. The liveaboards that you literally, you, you have a small cabin and they have an air compressor and they just take you to dive sites. He's doing that for six weeks. So that's his life. And when he's not doing that, he's living on Saipan with his dogs and uh, just making, making great money. And he's a little bit older in his career. I think he's probably 36. Brad's 28. There's a little bit of a difference. Brad's young. Yeah. And it, like the island life tends to be more like as far as like sitting down and plugging in out there, it seems to be like an older, a, a little bit of an older guy thing to if do. If you want to live on an island, you're settling down. Yeah, totally. If you're young, I grew up in Hawaii, man, and it's so easy to get bored. Yeah. Unless you want to settle in. Yeah. And I, it, it's been difficult for me to get bored out there because I don't, I'm very, I'm simple in the sense that it doesn't take a lot to, uh, it doesn't take a lot to keep me occupied, and the financial gains that we're making out there are worth the uh, worth the time. So I'm I'm willing to make the sacrifices, but I totally get where Brad's at, dude. And he just needs to move on. The island got a little small for him, dude, and he wants to go back to college. He also there's some great opportunities to skydive on the West Coast um, and make some decent money. Uh, Do you know where he's going back to, or to in general? Don't know for sure. I don't know. He. I know there's a drop zone close to his house. It's a 182 operation that's making super, uh, super solid money. Um, I can't remember where he's from originally. I know he's a Cali boy. He's like, uh, he's not Central California, but he's like South, Southern Central. So like S- north of LA, but south of right, exactly. Yep. Ain't Ventura area is it? I don't know for a okay. fact. I I know his dad's an executive for KFC, and so it's not that bad of a life going back home to you know going back home to the house. Yeah, he's got a nice piece of land. He's got his own. You know, he's got a nice room. He's got uh, dirt bikes at his disposal. He's got a drop zone nearby, and I think ultimately, um, I and I think Scott Scott Saipan will always be a welcome home to him mm-hmm. if he wants to come back. And it's a spot where you can plug it. Like, for instance, Matthew Peterson's proving it and doing a really, really solid job of making me look good. He was the first guy that I recommended. And it's tough, dude. When you work at a drop zone that's like 8,000 miles away and you recommend a guy and the company the company's going to pay to fly him out, they're going to pay to fly him out, they're going to pay his first month rent, they're going to pay his car, and they're going to take a chance on a guy, it's really helpful if your recommendation is strong. But your first two recommendations are home runs. <laughs> Tommy Miller, Matthew Peterson. Bro. Who recommended Adam Chamberlain? Because they fucked up. <laughs> that was me, too. Well, all, we all make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. All three like were Adam's me. Parents. Mr. Pinch. Dude, all three were me, and all three are home runs. There's no... I mean, obviously, we're all we're making jokes. Dude, but you can't go wrong with any of those dudes. And it made me look so good and so easy when Matt... Like, uh, Matthew's first day, you know, he's... Uh, obviously killing it and he does it just like anybody else should he's asking their questions and he's cautious and nervous about the environment and then when he does his first tandem he's cautious and nervous about the environment he's asking all the right questions there's not a cocky bone in either of those dudes like dude nobody has an ego on them and that's important because the guys that i work with you're not gonna fucking impress them these guys have twenty thousand tandems on the mariana like you're not gonna show up and impress these guys so it's so, and these guys, did, yeah. you, I didn't even need a coach on that. I think you can that. show up and impress them by being people like Matthew Peterson exactly. and Tommy Perfect. Miller. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're not trying right. to impress yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you do Exa- it. You're exactly right. You can impress them, and the way to impress them is showing up humble and, and, and wanting to learn that environment because it's not, you're not going to just, I'm not just going to pick it up. Um, 
So, anyways, I'm super stoked to have those guys. They're, uh, dude, I'm so bummed. I, I I just learned the other day that uh, our buddy Adam, and I'm so happy for Adam. You know, it's such a bittersweet. I watch my friends do what they want to do, and I think Adam has really got such a, a good idea and in, in the right direction of, of what he's trying to do and his goals. With I think that. he wants to fly, right? He wants to become a pilot. He wants to fly, and you let's gotta be get real. that money, dude. You got to get some money. This skydiving gig, man, jumping for a living is straight up like not healthy for just a living. There are some limitations to what you can do with your body and your mind. Hence, what I've done is become a full time examiner slash coach, and it limits my number of jumps a year, which bums me out a little bit. But I'm super healthy. I'm super in reasonable shape. And, um, man, I can be a grumpy puss. Imagine how grumpy that puss could be when he has a 1,000 jumps a year of tandems all the time. Well, right. I'm, but you've also supplemented the income. I've worked it out. Absolutely, man. I supplemented the income by marrying up. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but you run your own business. No, and that's how I did it. And, you know, Nick has now got that outlet of video production and doing video stuff. And he's given himself options and himself outs and... And other people management what and, and Panch's life or Panch's goal is to become a pilot. And he realizes how much money he can make and save away to be able to afford to learn to fly, to be able to afford to build time, to be able to afford to not afford to live. A drop zone, like, and he can get himself squared away in a, in a way shorter amount of time. And, dude, Panch is such a solid dude that he's not creating any bad blood with uh, Skydive Space. No Let's way. be honest, dude. There's not. No, he's... The only bad blood, blood, only bad blood he's creating is I'm gonna miss you, motherfucker. Oh, Brad Rock, he's bad. Oh, he's Brad so bad. Bad Brad, the oh. only Brad, the only Brad I spill is from my stomach. Uh, when I hurry, carry. You are pour more wine, please. See, and then you, I disgrace. I see. I just said see, like we're all speaking <laughs> Spanish because we're Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, because I have darker skin than you. Thanks, asshole. Hey, sorry, but the uh, bad blood is there bad blood? Probably with, not. Uh, oh, with uh, with any of what y'all have done, absolutely not. I don't think anybody involved from Skydive Spaceland side, and I get a lot of insight from the top shelf. Um, I don't think any of them like are are they sad? Are they bummed because we're losing some top notch shelf people? You'd be stupid not to they say yes. They weren't as sad as when I left. That's when they were most sad, dude. One hundred percent. We had your going away party after you left. If that tells you how we really felt <laughs> dude, about like, that. Ace Ventura too. <laughs> Do you remember Ace Ventura 2 when he's leaving the fucking uh, when monastery? When nature calls, is that the one? Yeah, dude, and they're just celebrating as he, <laughs> okay, yeah. as he leaves the monastery. And he thinks they're all crying, but they're crying tears of joy. Why did you pull up Fernando's Facebook page? Oh, uh, I, someone, Fernando Lara, I, I, I didn't know Fernando's last name. Okay. And I just wanted to see if I was thinking of the right Fernando. All right. And I, Fernando Lara just did his co-training, so I do know who he is. But uh, super nice kid. Um, and we were looking up Fernando, guy who works at Spaceland. I don't know his last name, Rodriguez uh, Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. The Sweet. other thing I like about giving these guys the opportunity is I don't know where they sit in life and like what they've done, and I don't know all their past, but I know that moving out to Saipan... <laughs> 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 Jim Carrey is one of the best, man. He's one of the best of all Mr. time. Mr. P is showing us pictures from Ace Ventura when nature calls, and he's showing the video or shot of when he climbs out of the fake rhino's ass. Dude, have you watched crushed. how have you watched how Jamie, young Jamie, produces on Joe Rogan? No. I don't want to shit. I don't want to shit on your operation because this thing is already so professional. But anytime you do this, you should throw it up as a PNP picture in picture on the other window. Yeah, I just need to start navigating from that other computer. I'll tell you yeah. what. It would be really nice to have a second monitor connected to this computer that's just dedicated to, to doing that because I really like having my I, two by the way, up here to also drive in my car is aside from having. So, st real quick, that TV is a second monitor. See that cable laying on the ground right there? 
the white one, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes to that monitor if okay. I ever need it. So I can do that. But a little bit better, what I can do is I will. Uh, I need to make a note of this. Um, my notepad's not out there. Uh, I can actually create a, another scene inside a another uh, something inside the scene over there. So I can actually create a thing that you can just click on an eyeball and turn off the picture and picture, turn it on and off right away. There's it's a very easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I can I can engineer that. Just to give we me should work on it before I leave. One more button. Ah, dude, I already know. I've already done okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure you have because you've yeah, already you've already squared away. The other aside from my computer and having that fucking capture card in there, there's three monitors in my car as well as the HDMI splitter, a whole fucking slew of cables, a webcam, um, and all of that stuff is easily accessible. I know the monitors and the actual box for my computer are accessible. The rest of it, you might have to dive through some shit in my car. But if you need to get at that computer or you need an extra monitor, I have a 27-inch and a 23-inch that are good to go, ready for your disposal. Although, based on looking at this setup, monitors is not something you're lacking. No, monitor is definitely not something I'm, I'm lacking. Um, the, the camera thing really interests me because what I'd like to do is get... Um, you're going to run out of USBs, though. Those, uh, dude, I have plenty of USBs on that computer. Oh, okay. Right I, on. So if I get the way, if things work out the way I want, I need two more cameras right now, and I think I'll be maxed out to what I want to be. And if really shit hits the fan, I'll put a third one on there. And right now with the number of USB slots, because I counted it last night, I counted it yesterday, I'll have three more open still if I add three more cameras right now. Righteous. Because what do they do with computers nowadays? They fucking load them with USB. Yep. That doesn't count the fact that there's a four-hub port sitting right in Nick's lap. If There's a keyboard uh, thing there with a four-thing four, uh, hub. I've never fucked around, though, with using a hub port outside of just using storage data. Like, can you plug in a hub in the back of a computer and have that supplying different utilities like cameras? I don't know, but that hub right now is supplying keyboard and mouse at the same time. Okay. And so I wonder the same thing, but I don't. I have three more ports just for cameras. Nick, do me a favor, dude. Turn the camera on yourself, please. Here we are. Okay, turn the camera on yourself. Here and I go again on Pick up that bottle of wine. Hello, world. The bottle? Pick up that bottle of wine. It's a wonderful bottle of wine, by the way. And just fucking pull straight off that bottle. Say, fuck you, DJ. Fuck is, your bottle. This is DJ's bottle. I'm not going to disrespect uh, him. No, no, house. no. You're right. You shouldn't do that. The no, last, no. last time you were here, I was drinking from the bottle. Were you? Oh, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's where I got the idea. Because I broke the... I broke the wine glass. Have you ever had a beer in your life? Yeah, I had two beers on our last podcast with uh, JP, bringing my grand total of beers in my life to probably about 10. Yeah, it was amazing. He pulled out a beer, and I was shocked. Have you ever had scotch in your life? Never had scotch. I had, like, half of a shot of vodka once. Should we do a little splash of scotch? I would love to, but I'm going to leave that in your lap, I'm driving home in a little bit. A taste. Okay, right on. It's not I'm a spaceship, dude. It's taste. not a spaceship. Nah, I don't want to do it. Gas, brake, okay. steering wheel. I got my wine. Why isn't that good enough for you? That's good enough. Why isn't that good enough for you, Braden? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the glasses behind the speaker, dude. I thought you were done drinking. Sorry. No, man. Going. I'm been. What time up. is it? How long have you been rolling? And are we still going to talk? Oh, holy uh, shit. Three we're hours. At, we're about two, two hours and 54 minutes right now. We still have. Uh, who's tired? Nick? Well, uh, someone's got to get up in the morning. Yeah, you got to be up early. An exercise. I want to flip that tire without you. You got to be up early. I, I got to be up by noon to make sure I get into the farm. That social space, dude. There is a chicken named Ralph in <laughs> Did the you farm. Say you have to be up by, by noon. noon? Like that I might was going to say, okay, be a problem. So we can, <laughs> so we can, sh- so we can do this till six a.m. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Can you... I have to be awake by <laughs> midday. <laughs> that was my whole vacation. Don't fuck yourself. I was like, dude, that's that was my whole vacation. Like, this has been awesome. <laughs> the last time I was in bed until noon was like 1974. What time you are you realistically? I, know. I was already alive. What time do you realistically need to go to bed? Oh, uh, 30 minutes ago, 34 minutes ago. It's my okay. bedtime. Right on. Oh, dude, every one of these podcasts runs past his bedtime. Yeah, it ruins me. And the, the thing day. that actually amazes me is some nights he'll hang out and talk for another 30 minutes or, or more because we have a really fun conversation going on. And the next day, he actually sometimes shows up alert. Usually, I can see it's morning, Nick. And there's some mornings I walk up to Nick and ignore him because yeah, that's, that's where I want to be. That's the best choice, man. That's the best. That's the what best I like, move. It's not even for me. It's for you. Because what I, I like most about Nick is the longer he's worked <laughs> at Spaceland, his grumpy level has gone in a. It's been a parabola. Like it. It started most aggressive when I first met him, and it went down, and then went up. And then it went fucking back down again. It's like a roller coaster. And then it went up for a hump and then it's back down. He seems to be at like a really neutral, grumpy level. I'm pretty neutral as long as like it's it's a big thing. Like my diet, I've noticed a huge change of when I'm eating well and when I've consistently eaten well for a, a week plus. I'm pretty good in the in the morning even, and especially if I'm if I'm on my diet and I've exercised in the morning. I've had my coffee. I'm feeling good. I'm pretty. I'm pretty personal. You made you it pretty approachable. Dude, if yeah. you start a day, if you literally wake up in the morning, you drink like a fucking super plentiful coffee. You have exercise and you get to work on time and you eat a breakfast and you've already worked out. If you're an asshole to anyone after that moment, that means you have a physiological problem in your brain and you should stick a gun in your mouth and blow your no, own fucking brain. I can up. be an asshole then if I've if I've had shitty food in the in the last couple of days. Cuz so we just went to the melting pot the other night, right? <sighs> and it was delicious. Oh, and we, we pigged, pigged, the pigged out. Fu- oh, I gained God. three and a half pounds at dinner, straight up weighted naked before I left the house, weighted naked when I came home. Picture me naked. Sick. Three and a half pounds. I'm going to do it. I had two glasses of water. But uh, oh, so, so good after a cheat day like that, I fast, right? Chocolate. So I fast for the next 24 hours. I don't eat anything. And chocolate. when I've been... Big surprise, you turn into a shithead. Yeah, I turn into what? a shithead. What do you mean? Like, you don't <laughs> eat anything? Like, of course you're angry. No, because I'm trying to burn that shit out of my system. You yeah, know? yeah. Intermittent there, fasting is legit. There's, but there's like, a lot of science that says fasting is good for you. 100%. So, though the, 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 the physiological response, though the mental response is very Yeah, I'm coming dude. off sugar, dude. Yeah, I'm coming back off of that shit. Shithead. Yeah, I'm an asshole. At least we know it's not a mystery. Uh, so I've not done fasting in the terms that you've done. You're the one who kind of got me to the idea of fasting. And I know in the past when I've missed meals, I've been a grumpy fuck and I'm a dickhead. That's because your body wants that sugar. But I've noticed since I've lived a healthier lifestyle, when I skip meals and I do fast for the shorter periods, it doesn't affect my mood nearly as much as eating unhealthy affects my moods. So my brother... Because of the sugar. My brother, he's a fucking... He's been... Strength training for I don't know he's thirty one. He's been jacked. He's fucking dude jacked out of his. What's his name? His name's Keegan. Keegan Smith. Is he on the Facebook? Yeah, he's on Facebook. You can look him up. God, I'm gonna add him right now. We're gonna be best. Dude, you should. He's (laughs) he's he's fucking jacked, dude. He's ripped. He's like six foot two. He's gorgeous, man. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. But he's been strength training for like eleven years, and he was into keto when he was in Iraq. Which what? one is he right there? He was doing ketosis. Uh, second one down. Second one down. That's just him right tripping. Here? Yeah, he's big into psychedelics. That's him. That photo is him 12 grams of mushrooms deep. 
And he's like, I gotta take a selfie. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. So look at his fucking cover photo and shit. Well, yeah. I just sent him a friend request. Oh yeah, he does drugs. Yeah, yeah. He's major into psychedelics and fucking doing acid and DMT and all that stuff. I say he's done DMT trips. And but he's also 225 pounds, uh, 11 percent body fat at the at the at the game, and he's he's fucking shit. Oh, and he's dude, he's absurd. He's a super funny dude. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. But. Here's a man right there. Yeah, here's his intermittent fasting program, and he's turned me on to it. It's, uh, oh, he was an airman. He was in the Air Force. Uh, there's not a lot of good photos here. I'm trying to think of something. Before. Look it's at okay. the bottom I, left, that purple photo, that bottom left purple photo. I just added the it as a friend. So oh, my Alex. God. So obviously, that's awesome. That is Nick's new Facebook so profile picture. He, uh, you need to make that he's all about. He's all about super simple, and it's this simple. Uh, skip breakfast. That's his thing. He doesn't eat. He, he does a fast every day, and so he only eats for eight hours out of the day. So he'll eat at eleven a.m. You and guys, then he eats I at think seven. you guys have both told me that you're not into Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Uh dude, I've I've heard lots of things from Dr. Rhonda. I don't know if I've ever told you I was not into her. Some of the things she said seems like a little pseudo. I'm uncertain with Dr. I'm in and out with her. I mean, I'm not hundred percent. I can board. see how for some people the uh, the podcast with her on would be difficult to listen to. Mm -hmm. Because she's uh, just a little bit of a weirdo, but she talks about uh, sh she the last uh, podcast she was on, she brought up this fasting app. I think it's just called Zero that I downloaded, and I think the idea of it is you stop eating at a certain time at night, and then uh, you as soon as you wake up, the first thing that goes in your body, you only have a maybe it's a seven or eight hour window to eat until you stop eating altogether. So from the first calorie you take in, you got a seven-hour window to do whatever you want, eat as much as you want, whatever. And then I can it, eat and as then much and whatever I want in eight hours. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration. Okay, just 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 because I might get in if that's the case. But uh, the the podcast is really good. I'm pretty sure it was still the the most recent Rhonda Patrick podcast. Uh, I remember listening to it on airplane. I don't remember where I was, Portland maybe. But uh, I would say it's worth listening to. Okay. Have you? Did you ever fuck around in your uh, in your keto shit with butter coffee? Dude, I make it. It's, I have it every, every morning. morning. Okay, every so right on. Same eat, thing. Do you eat breakfast with it? No, I do. Okay, so there, perfect. You're doing the same shit that my brother recommended to me. If you don't eat breakfast, your first meal is butter coffee. That essentially means when's your last meal of the day? Uh, I usually, on most days, I really only have one meal, and that's a really big meal okay. when, I, when so I get home. You're, so you're, like, you're a you're a faster all the time. So, most of the time, yeah. So yeah. It's like 7 p.m., I have one huge meal, and that's my food. So this is what my I talked with my brother about this because I'm always looking for, for tricks to lose weight. And, dude, I'm never going to be a super fit guy. I don't know. But the current environment that I work in, it's been really difficult for me to do anything because we do 11 to 12 jumps a day Damn every lady. day and still go to the gym. So it's like anything I look at, I need to eat, and I still can't gain weight until I take a vacation and eat the same amount of food that I was eating the whole time and just sleep till noon, and then I can somehow manage to gain like 10 pounds in two weeks, <laughs> which is what I managed to do. Dude, I was on the plane today, and I couldn't sleep. I was like, dude, why can't I sleep? And it was because I couldn't fucking breathe because my belt was so tight. It was on the <laughs> lowest setting. I was wondering why I couldn't sleep on the plane, and I took my belt off and unbuttoned my pants, and I was asleep in like two minutes. <laughs> Al Bundy did right I there. Put on, dude, I put on so much weight over my fucking vacation when I was living with my mom that I was like, dude, I can't fucking breathe, man. What's going on? <laughs> and then I just fat. like, ping, my fucking belt came off. And I was like, Egh. and my fat slumped over my <laughs> fucking belly. 
and I just take so long to sleep. No, dude, when I'm in ketosis and then I fast for a couple of days, dude, I get so fucking lean. Yeah. Like the pictures I've got of me on my phone, I jerk off to them. Show me. <laughs> show you, me. Dude, what, I'll, the I'll pictures of jerking me. off. Dude, oh, I don't want to see, I want to see gonna POV show you. footage of you having sex with your girlfriend. Well, I don't film that stuff. All right. and, no, and but tell he, her about it. He wants her POV is the problem. No, I want it all, dude. I want the fucking full roundabout because, dude, Nick's flexibility game. We're going to call it nickhub.com. Dude, Nick's, his level of flexibility, <laughs> his level of fitness, dude, I can't imagine. I can't even wrap my head around what he I'm does I'm not in that flexible. Dude, she, you're, but she is. You're mad flexible and you've got she crazy is. endurance and you're super horny. I just... <laughs> I wish <laughs> I like how you snuck in super horny, dude. I wish I could just be inside your girlfriend's body for like one night and just see what it's all about. In the least <laughs> gay way, I just want to know, just so I know for historical record. So, so if anybody asks me, does Nick lay pipe? I can be like, God, yeah, he puts he it down. Pipe? You just want Nick inside down. of you, is what I've learned. Just for one night, it's no, not because I'm gay, it's just because he's my boy. It's super disappointing. Ask any girl <laughs> I've ever been with. Uh, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure the list is long. Oh, man. I have a long list of very happy ladies. Be Asian. They don't mind anal if you are. Um, I've heard that. Yes, man. It works out good for me. So are you really pulling up naked pictures I'm, I'm, of yourself No, right they're now? not naked. I'm just trying to find one that but, is like me shredded but not douchey. So you, do, not you do intermittent fasting every day, pretty much. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Most most days. We'll yeah. And are you days. doing that on still like a fat diet basis? Yeah. See, Roger. Dude. What do you what do you put in your coffee for butter? Uh, grass fed butter. Okay. Do and you do MCT, uh, MCT oil? oil? Yep. Do you Curry fuck gold. with cacao? Uh, no. I I make some uh, keto fudge. It's called fat fudge. That's oh, it looks most, so sick. It's mostly uh, tahini, butter, cacao, a little bit of honey, and I use some cream cheese. Do me a solid for it. Do me a solid real quick. I got this for my dad. He, my dad, is struggling with getting enough sleep at night because he's a little overweight, and he's an older gentleman, and he's looking for ways to lose weight. And what I told him was supplementing his coffee instead of putting peanut butter and honey on toast in the morning to supplement his morning coffee beverage with ghee butter, so grass-fed butter, uh, MCT oil, and cacao. So I bought him on Amazon. Look up Coffee Booster. Just look up Coffee Booster and tell me what you think of the product because he's been putting it on the coffee since I've been home and he's had great results with it. I put it in my coffee when I was at home and there it is. This product on the right. So this is an all-in-one coffee supplement. It's your grass-fed butter. Your I can't MCT. do it. I can't have that. Dude, if you know what's in here, you probably get this. I can't. Try it, dude. Is it, uh, what's in it? You're going to make this me eat that. All right, I'm eating it. You talk me into it. What it is it? Is there anything in it that would make me compromise? You're gonna have some of that. It's zucchini bread. It's really okay. Good. So it's not gonna compromise me if I have to uh, put anything in a cup for an employment. Correct. <laughs> Roger that. Chris, I don't eat magic food. Mm. Man, did Val make this? Mm-hmm. Yo, look at this fucking shit, dude. Jesus, that's good. I swear. This is the stuff I got from my dad. It's the all-in-one because I have ghee, grass, and butter. I have MCT oil. I have it all separate. This is like the all-in-one with cacao, and I got it from my dad. I put a scoop full of it into coffee, and I tried it. It's fucking delicious. My dad really likes it. And That's sen- cheap as fuck. And since he started eating it, he's six pounds lighter, and my dad is like on the border of having sleep apnea, 
And it's like, dude, it's like, dude, if you have sleep apnea, it's time to make a change. Dude, this is delicious, by the way. How does this how is this low carb? Uh almond um flour, is that what it is? Valerie'd have to tell me about it. But she actually, when she was done, did the uh carb count, the sugar count, the everything count because she Jeez. tracks all of it. And um that's Dude. really great. Thank you, Val. Marvin, so you. good. Thank you, Val. Since uh, Valerie, since so Nick really started pushing the keto diet towards me. I say not push. He promoted it, and just like talked about the benefits he's seen from it. So I would say I eat keto like. Yeah. So I don't eat true keto. Hey, Brayden, I got a picture for you. I cheat more than 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 uh, anybody else probably would on keto diet. But Val has also been very dedicated to keto since. Oh my God. Put the camera on my face. I am horny right now. <laughs> I saw that. Are you fucking for real? Shredded right there, right? Dude, it's you look awesome. Dude, you look dope. Fuck you look dope. Christ. Man. Let me see that when you're done. Um God, dude. I love you know what's great? Taking a picture like that's a little bit gay, but man, I'm no, no, when, no, no, when I'm fifty and I look at that, I'll be like, Yeah, bro, I, I was fit once. Dude, if I were you, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be in front of a mirror by myself just flexing. And DJ <laughs> would be like, Hey, where are you? I, but I, I'm at my house fucking flexing. What what <laughs> what else would I be fucking doing, dude? Are you serious? I, uh, dude, you know what I that's, like? That's flattering, but I'm, I'm happy to be able to take you that. You know picture. what I like, though, is the best, in my opinion, the best fucking eight-pack abs are not symmetrical. Yeah, it's weird that mine, mine are so not symmetrical. And I wonder why that is. I have no idea. But I think the best are, like, fucking staggered and shit. You've got nice trapezius development here. I can see development in the latissimus dorsi. <laughs> hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Don't you? The world doesn't need to see this. I think it's awesome, dude. You look fucking great there. You look awesome. I, I figure dude, I feel like that's you every day, or there. is that is that leaner than normal? That's after fast. Oh, okay. Two days. Yeah. So you're One just day? shrunk up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not dehydrated, but I've lost five pounds. So, dude, dude, see, if you're not dehydrated, so Clint, Clint has like, you know, he's competed on a fucking world stage. Yeah, he lies about being Mr. Australia. I've heard it. Yeah, <laughs> right. On. Well, whatever. Have you seen photos of him? Uh, I've seen the record for who was Mr. Australia with his name not on the list. Right, but, but you've seen the yeah, photos seen of him body. He's right. definitely been bulky. He's been shredded. Shredded. Yeah. And the 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 only gap that you're missing there, if you if you're saying that you're reasonably hydrated, you could have been more shredded by slamming water and then dehydrating yourself. Yeah, I've never tried that route. I mean, I just know how if I mean, you're already fucking shredded. You're already as good as you need to be. No, but if I had a special occasion and I was going to take photos or something, like let's say I was going to have Daniel or Ori or someone come actually take photos of me, I, I might do that. But yeah. I know how terrible it is for your for your health to to do that. How many weeks out are you from that from that stage from being that trip? Like uh, you're only a few days, right? A week? A, a couple weeks. Well, uh yeah, I guess a week. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you don't live that I mean, I, far I from that. I didn't prepare for that. That's just something that I was like, yeah, I did a fast, and then I looked fucking, I was in ketosis for... You were like, I'd touch me. I mean, I was a couple months deep in ketosis, I guess. When you're that shredded, is Sam like, dude, just... Dude, she doesn't say shit. She doesn't say anything? No, nothing. Wow. She has no appreciation for wow. the work you do. She has in. no appreciation for the male physique. So on that fasting idea, man, something... <laughs> I'd be like, dude, if I live with you, I'd be like, come and just... Absolutely fuck my brains up before I go to work. <laughs> something I've had a problem with recently, and I don't, I don't really think it's a problem, but something that's happened to my, my appetite recently is I have a hard time not having breakfast. It just helps my day get moving, so I'll have a breakfast. 
uh, eggs and bacon are not an uncommon one or, or other things similar. All that fat's good. And then I will, I, I do uh, bulletproof coffee every morning. I actually add cinnamon to the butter and the and the MCT oil. I got Righteous. a big old jug of on it right now in there. Um, but uh, uh, dude, I won't eat again till dinner. And I have on multiple occasions this week not eaten any time during the day. Nick, where do you stand on God, who, that midday? Who is this man? Oh my God! Dude. Who is that man? That chiseled face. He actually is smiling like he means it. He's the type of dude, though. He has enough. Look knowledge. at the penis on the back of his head, dude. He yes. has enough. Uh, he has enough. <laughs> that's so fucking awesome. He has enough knowledge of strength training and oh. fitness <coughs> and nutrition that he's not. Uh, He's not fucking around with his information. Uh, I'm sorry, DJ Rusan. He up. actually, there, there it is. There it is. Um, he actually helped me when I was going through my shoulder recovery God, with some of the legs are awesome. thought processes Dude. on on uh, shoulder and posture and stuff. Like, so he was a huge help. Nick, not Nick Clintmore was, but Nick. So the whole fasting idea, um, I, I, I definitely believe. And let me know if I'm wrong. If I'm gonna fast and skip a meal. Eating more in that concentrated eight-hour block, like you guys are talking about, is a smarter idea. But I'm regularly at this point eating breakfast and without intent, not eating till dinner, and then now it's turned into like just something that's been happening, not by design. How does that fit in a healthy lifestyle? Well, I mean, for me, I, I guess I just think about what's natural, and natural being the sense of what the hum- like, what our bodies were used to. For most of human history, you know, two hundred thousand years. Yeah, it's like you can't count for, that high. How how long have people been eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You know, I don't I don't think very long. We have I, had I, the resources, I, right? Exactly. So you ate once a day when you got the kill or whatever. You know, that's just what that's it, it makes sense to me. And I'm sure that it wasn't exactly like that forever, but it's just that's just a, a scenario that I can imagine would have have uh, worked out a lot in, in in history. Hand him that lid. Oh yes, Put sir. That lid on it, if you don't mind, brother. Hey, uh, Nick, put the lid on. We don't want to dry out that moist, that moist bread. But uh, something that, uh, so when uh, Jeremy was here and how he, he's a supporter of like, yeah, you eat lots of little meals throughout the day. Yeah. I think that's, you know, kind of conventional fitness wisdom that uh, is maybe with new science that's coming out, becoming a little outdated. And agreed. Every time you it put does something work to a, a level, though. So, it it. I'm asking with that statement. I would say that it does. Okay. Uh, but I don't know how effective it, it really is. Um, think about when you think about your immune system. What do you see? What's in your brain? When I think my immune system, wh- where does that? Where is it? I think of all these white bodies in my body that attacks all the bad stuff coming into it. I don't know how right that is, but that's what I think. So ninety percent of your immune system lives in your gut. Okay. So every time that you put something in your body, there's an immunological response to that. Every cuz food even even if it's meat, even if it's vegetables, it's still something that's foreign to your body. So when you put something foreign into your body, there's a response to that from your body, right? Yeah. So new science is saying that the less of those respo- the, the less of those inflammatory, there's something foreign inside the body that needs to be dealt with mm-hmm. responses that it might be better for you to have that happen less often. Wait. That, but are we basing that on Total caloric intake or just times it happens? I think caloric intake is separate. Okay. But I'm uh, from what I'm saying is times that it happens. And this is stuff that's, this is new, this is pretty new stuff that's coming out that's, I, I think, still super debatable. 
but that uh, it might be less work for your body, less uh, damage to your body. To do it less frequently. To, to do it less often. To make those because passes through making, your intestines less frequently. You're making inflammation happen less often yeah. by eating less often, right? I don't hate it. And yeah, it might. It, it's an idea that may work. I mean, for, for me, I'll, I've tried a lot of different... Th- like my... I've been on a diet of some sort since I was fucking 12. No you know, shit. I started yeah. eating vegetarian yeah, when I was you've 12. You've got a huge knowledge. And so I, I just, I only know, I, you know, you can read books all day until you're filled with information that may or may not be true. But all I know that I can rely on is how I feel, you know, and I notice what changes in my mood and what changes in my energy levels. And uh, this is the thing that's worked best for me, and maybe someday I'll find something better and think that this is all wrong. Because I, I thought that being vegan was the thing for a fucking decade. Here's, like, if you take a guy like my dad who's, like, stagnant at 220 pounds and he eats the same fucking thing every day, he eats the same thing for breakfast, he eats the same thing for lunch, and he comes home and uh, he has a few cocktails and he eats dinner with my mom and, and this, that, and the other thing, and he stays stagnant at 220 pounds, anybody who... My dad's a he's a medical doctor, so he knows that it's a simple equation. Calories in, calories out. You're going to lose weight. It's just that's simple math. The question is, how easy can you do it? How easy can you make it on yourself? How easy can you make it on your body? So if you can, let's say you're having, normally you wake up at 8 in the morning and you have a 400-calorie breakfast, normally, and then you have a lunch and then you have a dinner. What if you could... Take something in in the morning that's going to help suppress your appetite and only do it in the form of like 120 to 150 calories. And uh, you can ingest that in the morning and it allows it to suppress your appetite until lunch. And then you eat the normal amount of food if you can stick to it for the rest of the day. And what I encourage people to are going to go on a diet. Dude, look at me, this fat ass fucking schlub with my big fat legs talking about how to fucking eat properly. Dude. <laughs> I'm like in this chair, like leaning back because of my fucking belly and I'm breathing heavy. But this is stuff that's worked for me in the past. I, Dude, my weight fluctuates like a roller coaster, so I understand how it works. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're watching the video, which, God, I hope you're not, what you're looking at is a miniature version of Chris Farley. <laughs> and what I'm going to tell you is that I've had success in the past, so you can actually, like, what I'm telling you is sound advice. So if you can substitute that 400-calorie breakfast in the morning with having like I gave my dad that coffee booster that because I've used butter coffee with MCT oil and I've had a lot of success with losing weight. This coffee booster, it's 120 to 150 calories depending on how much you throw in your coffee. You have in the morning. You throw that in your coffee. It's going to help suppress your appetite and then you have the same lunch and you have the same dinner. So what you've done is just decreased your caloric intake, which you were at a stationary, let's say you were at a stationary body weight of 220 pounds. You've now decreased your daily caloric intake by about 250 calories over the course of seven days, you're going to lose, uh, you know, if you do that consistently for a week, you're going to take in about 1,400 to 1,500 calories less over the course of a week, which is about two-thirds of a pound. So over the course of a month, you know, you can expect to lose two to three pounds, which is totally fucking sustainable, healthy weight loss. And I think that's ideally the goal, you know what I mean? Like, making a small change and just in writing that lifestyle. I mean, for me, I really think that it all boils down to lifestyle changes because I think going yes, on a diet is super temporary. Like so I'm on a diet right set now. Up for shitty. So shitty. Diet. Yeah. I just don't think that that works. And I mean, I, I've never been overweight. Like I've always been small 
and have had to work to gain weight. You know, so so it's hard. Hard dick, super hard dick, all the time. Super hard, really angry, aggressive, super veiny. So shoots milk all the time. So it's hard for me to have like a full (laughs) balanced perspective of of what it's like to to be overweight and to try and lose weight. But uh, I mean, I can tell you. I'm I'm not super fanatical about a lot of things, but f- uh, food is definitely one thing that I am fanatical about. And psychotically, uh, so when I find something that works, like I just like it, you know. Like the ketosis thing has worked really well for me. And even when I'm not in ketosis, like when I'm just eating a lot of fat, not a lot of sugar, not a lot of processed. Do you still food, test blood and shit? Uh, not very often. Once every few weeks, not very often. And how often, when you test, are you like? I usually test when I feel like shit because I think I'm not. In ketosis, in and then I test, and I'm and I'm not in ketosis. Oh, okay. Right. So there's, do you know how far away you are when you test? Is, I is mean, there a range? so the being in ketosis, I, we talked about this before. You're testing uh, millimolars of ketones. Ketones being the uh, energy cells, pretty much that your body creates when it's uh, processing the the fat. So when I test my blood between. I think anything above 0.5 is considered being in nutritional ketosis. So 0.5 millimolars, you're in uh, nutritional ketosis. And the highest I've seen that number is like 1.9. And I'm fucking raging when it's at 1.9. I feel so good. I feel like I have so much energy. But when I'm feeling really low and shitty, like, so your body cannot be... What's the number when you're low and shitty? Sorry, I just want to... Like, if I test and it's like 0.2, I'm like, ah, fuck. Okay, so 1.9, you're like a fucking I'm a machine, dude. Dude, that's so sick. But so your body, you need a certain amount of fat to be in ketosis. So it could be that you have too much sugar, too much carbs, or that you have not enough fat. I could be having, you know, very low carbs, very low sugar, um, and still not be in ketosis because my body doesn't have the fat to produce ketones. Is it because it's sense? not ready to produce it or because you haven't been in ketosis long enough or is it because your body's not readily available to give it to it or you're I don't not know. eating it's enough? It seems like the more I do it, the faster my body gets into ketosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the first the first time when I first like really kicked sugar and carbs, uh, it took, dude, I was for fucking two weeks. I felt like shit, like on the verge of an emotional breakdown because I felt so terrible and I was at the store and I just hadn't, I didn't do enough research to know what to get at the store. You know, like when I went, I would just be like, God, I can't eat any of this stuff. I can't eat any of this stuff. I can't eat any of this stuff. And I would just lose my shit. It's overwhelming initially. It really is because the things that you crave are the things you can't have. Like my sugary juice that I love so much. Oh, and, you love uh, that juice. Fucking ice cream, dude. I used to, after every workout, I would eat a pint of ice cream because, like, well, Amen. I need to put the calories and the sugar back in. I got to build muscle out of something. I'll fucking have some ice and cream. And I think still there's like a huge sect of the weightlifting community that probably doesn't agree with that tactic. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't disagree, rather. It's it's hard to know, like, bodybuilders are eating all day, you know, because yeah. they, I mean, they need the calories, but to you got to be, you got to build muscle out of something. That's different, too. But I think that's super different than what most people are doing. Like, even if... In, I mean, those bodybuilders are exercising just as much as they're eating, right? And so if you're like, I want to be that, a bodybuilder, I got to eat all day, and I went to the gym once this week, that's not going to pan out for you. And I've seen both. I've seen both sex, but you're also, like, a lot of bodybuilders who uh, you're seeing in mainstream science that are going to quote certain, like, glycogen input after a workout are... Pr- like, I don't want to say they're probably supplementing, but they might be, you know. And, and I think the whole glycogen versus fat thing is a pretty new debate. I think that, like, uh, healthy, fit people being in nutritional ketosis is a pretty new thing. 
like uh, Mark Sisson, I think, is probably the first person who's had a book really popularized about it. And even his stuff isn't even super pro ketosis. He's just promoting like a, a high fat, low carb, low processed food, low sugar diet that just so happens to put you really close to ketosis a lot of the time. And so it's, you know, it's new. It's just new. It's just new information that's coming out. Just like there's new information in any area right now that just because uh, the connectedness of people and the connectedness of, of science and medicine, there's a bunch of stuff that's just hasn't been available before. Yeah. But Dude, if uh, if you're listening to this and all these ideas, uh, definitely I I've, I've learned a lot from you. If you if you have a hard time getting bored with this, I I never had a huge weight issue in my life. But in the last there's Clint again. In the last uh, since I turned forty, I'm forty three now. I have gained like almost thirty pounds. I'm the heaviest I had ever been for quite a while. And we tried Valerie and or I have tried multiple ways to lose weight. And without any doubt, uh, eating a ketogenic style diet has melted the fat off. But the thing that, like, guys and gals, man, I hear so many people talk about, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight. I'll tell you right here and right now, my first 12 pounds were purely stop eating sugar. I was, and, and, and you're not eating ice cream, you're not eating candy, you're not eating cookies, you're not drinking soda. Yeah, you stopped eating sugar. But look what else has got sugar, man. Sugar is a drug. Do a little bit of search. Um, I can't remember the name of it. There's a documentary out there talking about sugar and, and the drug it is. I think Fed Up was one that talked a lot about yeah. sugar. Yeah, that was huge. And the fact Netflix. that, um, what's it called, uh, a food manufacturers actually put sugar in their food to get you hooked on their food. It is a crack. It, it is a drug. And I lost my first 12 pounds purely by stopping sugar, plateaued hardcore and that's when i started actually asking i think you might remember a time frame when i started getting super curious about this keto thing and i don't know if it's right or wrong but ketogenic diet is besides cutting out sugar the only thing that has actually made a difference in my life with melting weight off without a without a huge concern it's huge man and i've i've dude i've ridden the roller coaster for a really long time so there's certain things that work for me and uh i think ultimately like um you know, the number one thing that it ultimately scales to is uh, how much I like it's just it's just how much you want it. And there's times when I really want it. And there's times when I don't. The times when I really want it, I'm able to exercise the amount of discipline that it requires to actually supplement and, and, and change your diet. Because the first thing that's going to happen, especially like if we've talked about ketosis and I'm going to like when I get back to to Saipan, it's going to take me a little while to get back into a routine, but I'm, I'm probably like 215 right now. And a healthy weight for me when I'm in Saipan seems to be about 205. My fighting weight is probably like 195. So the goal is essentially to get down to 195 and like keep it there, like keep it in that range. And for that to happen, the change that needs to exist uh, occurs with um, it, a lot of it has to do with exercising the dis the discipline that it takes to replace convenience because it's really yes. it's really convenient for me to every morning order breakfast from java joe's and get a sausage egg and cheese sandwich with an iced coffee every single morning it's so convenient for me to do that i don't have to prepare i can sleep an extra in the morning i don't have to shop at night i don't have to grocery shop so that convenience exists for me so for those things to for me to to lose that extra weight, a lot of it is cutting out breakfast, or not cutting out breakfast, but replacing that 
early breakfast. The, the last thing I want to do is, is give myself that insulin spike first thing in the morning. So, well, a huge, I wanted to just, just mention this, a huge thing about being in ketosis when I'm eating high fat, low carb, and I have sugar out of my diet, dude, the, the cravings for food, like a lot of times I don't eat because I just fucking forget. It just disappears. Yeah, because I'm That's just, where I've I'm gotten just that not feeling that crazy, I need food right now feeling. I just don't get it. Now, the... And that's a beautiful place to be. I think I've only been in there like once or twice in my life. And it was actually when I was living in Saipan. I got down to a really healthy body weight. Um, but I noticed to get there is difficult. And it takes... that. Here's the other thing. Is that when you're charging, when you put your head down and you actually charge towards that goal... It takes like seven or eight days. They call it the keto flu. We've talked about this before. Did we talk about this last time? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think okay. So. Well, they call it the keto flu. And essentially what happens is your body is sending off all these fucking alarms, dude, because your body is in survival mode. And when it's not getting that immediate energy source, that insulin, it's saying to yourself, hey, what the fuck is going on? Why aren't you feeding us anymore? Yeah, you need to go home and cry. Yeah, and in so... In the shower where no one will know. Yeah, in shower... It sounds like you're fucking, speaking dude, Get on your hands and knees on the floor of the shower and actually cry into the drain. Scream into the drain. I want ice cream. I want McDonald's. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. I've never done that. And dude, I, fuck, man. I want ice cream. I, I want to eat that McDonald's shit, too. too. But, no. man, not as bad as I don't want to be fucking fat and don't want to <laughs> die of fucking colon cancer when I'm 55. That's such a beautiful way to describe it. Go on, DJ. Val just brought an ice cream home the other night, and I don't didn't read all the details of it yet, but three grams of sugar per serving. See, and I I love the thought of things like that, and I like the it's occasional a indulgence. Gateway drug. But, man, it, it really is. It opens up like it's it, a gateway it, drug. it turns on my sweet tooth, and it's like, well, fuck it. I noticed that like that first seven or eight days when I when I do start a nutritional change though your body's gonna set off alarms and this is for somebody who's like a fucking chunkster like myself and they're gonna head down that road uh, your body's gonna set off all these alarms and it's gonna it's gonna play tricks on you you're gonna be like dude I'm super low energy I might be getting sick. I might be fucking this is dangerous for my body and all the shit and it's like dude you need to shut that fucking voice up a uh, hundred thousand years ago, your body would go a month without food. It's totally ready to go for uh, a couple a week with only eating a few meals of healthy fats a day. And that's just what you have to tell yourself when you're going through it. Because it's it, you can really easily play tricks on yourself because I do it. I, yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback on your point, I think success uh, in diet and fitness especially, and just with anything that requires discipline, so often comes from denying yourself something that you want. Like, I don't, Amen. like, with with exercise, like, yeah, there are a lot of times I'm exercising, I don't want to fucking be doing it right then. Dude. I didn't want to wake up early. I didn't want to do this. I don't want to pick this weight up right now. I nope. don't want to run the sprint. Nope. I don't want to do it. But fuck, like, fuck you. Fuck me. I'm going to do it. You Here's know? what I'm going to do, dude. At it's the end safe. of this podcast, I'm going to send you a photo of my dick. Okay, and it's gonna be a fat <laughs> dude. No, 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 listen. Shove my whole phone in my mouth. No, 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 listen. I'm gonna send you a photo of my dick, my short, little shriveled, fat dick. And in th in one month, I'm gonna send you a photo of my skinny dick, and you're gonna be like, dude, this guy lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> well, what? yeah, no. don't, and don't, you'll be, dude, you'll be my record keeper. Dude. Don't thin that thing out too much. It's a good sign. No, 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 it'll be fat, but it'll instead of fucking fat, be fucking it's veiny be, monster. It's gonna be thick. <laughs> it'll be mean, a thick veiny monster, dude. Lean, mean out. fighting machine. It'll look like that picture of you a second ago. Pump full of blood, dude. 
See, if I, if I, even if I get turned into some fat, disgusting slob, I can always show that photo to anyone who's like, hey, man. Yeah, no it's doubt. like, you know what? I did this once. Go fuck yourself. That's what I say. Dude, <laughs> any any person at all that is like, if anybody comes to me like, hey, I've been working out. It's like, hey, what'd you do today? And their fitness regimen, like, might be a little bit shaky. It's like, dude, who's your trainer? Like, either, dude, they need to either, I, I'm not, I'm not, like, really critical of, like, what they need to look like. But they at least need to look like Clint. Like, I wouldn't... Like, if Clint just rolled up to me smoking cigarettes with this fucking beer gut drinking PBR, I'd be like, get fucked. But the fact is, he... Dude, he has photos. He's got photos looking He's real got good. photos looking of him shred. looking absolutely shredded. And yeah. that's all it takes. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck if you're still living the lifestyle or not. But if you have the photo to prove it, that's the people you need advice from. You can't... Take advice from a fat trainer that you've never seen. If your trainer, if you go to a gym and your trainer looks like me, and they've never, and they don't have any documentation of themselves being fit, you should take my face and smash it into a fucking kettlebell. It's the hardest thing for me. Like when I, I have a membership in Massage Envy, you know, and I really, really like getting massage. What the fuck are you going to Massage Envy for, dude? dude? I had a guy who was great. This dude, Kevin, this big. Uh, 60 year old black dude who was legit as fuck super now, good massage therapist now you're speaking my and language he was awesome and I worried every time that I might get raped at the end because <laughs> he was just big and powerful and just a little bit mean like you he was a little bit rough you were hoping you were gonna get raped okay I? well that's a stretch <laughs> but maybe you hoping but uh, no but when I have when I go and see a massage therapist that's super overweight and you can tell they're just not fit they've never been an athlete and they're like oh well you really need to do this and this and this for your body it's like oh cool stop eating fucking Twinkies motherfucker uh, Jesus sweet dude go ahead and stuff your face and watch South so Park. what's yeah. your problem with you said he's got a, a membership to Massage Envy and you just about popped a vein Oh, dude, I've, I've I've been to Massage Envy before. I I just, dude, I'm, I uh, okay. Well, my lineage with massages goes way back, but I I used to. I went to a recreational facility in Northern Idaho when I was a kid. A what facility? A recreational facility, okay. where uh, it was essentially a boarding school for delinquents. It was like a juvenile hall. Okay. And we used to give each other massages as currency. It was like an all boys dormitory, and we give each other give each other massages every hey, night. Josh. We got, Dude, yeah, we got really good at massaging each other. We got really strong, really powerful at it. We did this shit for fucking years, dude. I was powerful. there for two years. We do this shit every night. We trade massages. So I got. And then you guys went to the hot tub. Well, there wasn't a hot tub. It was hey, a it's sauna. Not gay if you just watch. No, it was a sauna. And the I'm just what, gonna, the, just the best the thing about the sauna just is on that the lips for a there were no rules in the sauna, and there was no sexuality. It was body on body contact. Spartans uh, had sex with each other. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. No, but we we gave each other massage. We got super good at it. You so said you I went to an erectional facility. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was actually a dude that went to my boarding school that got kicked out because he used to. He knew all the kids that slept naked. He got caught sucking a kid's dick while he was asleep. Holy shit! Yeah, yes. and he fucking that kid who got who caught him. He ruined it for everybody else. Because <laughs> everybody was getting blown. Dude, and they were I was psyched. dude. I had him on Tuesdays. He, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this fucking kid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had him on Tuesday. Dude. And you're not fucking Towards the end of my state, like, dude. You're not kidding, are the you? Dude, he used to roll to my room, and I would have a stool pulled up to my fucking bed and a box of tissues next to him. And I'd be fucking, I'd be snoring like in a cartoon going... 
fake a snore. The dude who ratted him out fucked everybody else. Okay. First of all, we've been talking for over three and a half hours. We're gonna have to wrap this up pretty quick. Secondly, did you ever did you ever watch uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Did you see the episode where uh, uh, what's the guy who thinks he's super buff? What's his name? Don't know. Didn't watch enough of it. Anyway. He finds out that his uh, high school gym teacher was molesting a bunch of kids while he was going to school there, and he didn't get molested. And the whole problem he had with it was like, why, why didn't why I? wasn't I good enough? Like when I wasn't <laughs> sexy enough for you? And that's the whole show is he finds oh, the gym teacher and is like, what? What? What is it about me that made you not want to get freaky with that's me? That's fucking bright. Dude, okay, what what stage was that? Okay, the massage thing. We're talking about the massage thing. I'm super fucking. I'm really. Persnippity about massages, they need to be perfect. Oh, yeah. And massage envy, do they'll hire anybody? They really will, and the turnover rate there is very high. Yeah, it's so, super high. And so yeah. you you'll go there, you'll spend a bunch, you you'll spend a bunch of money, you'll get a shitty massage. There's a better way to get a massage. I don't know what it is in the states. Katie Van Lowe. dude, she's nasty. Mean dude. She's got, she's mean. She gets it. I it's a uh, massage heights I've been to as well, and it's a hit and miss thing. Yeah, massage heights the same way. Usually yeah. takes me three or four massages to find someone that I really like, <clears throat> and then I see them for a handful, and then they quit or move or whatever it is. That is, I will say, I think maybe I said it last time. I'm going to say this a million times as long as we keep doing this podcast. But that's one thing that's really nice about uh, Saipan is you can get services like massages for really cheap. And I know what you're thinking, like yeah, you can oh, get you blown. talked about that one. Well, last yeah, you time. can get blown and stuff like that, all that fun stuff. But there's also Chinese women who have been doing massage for 20 years who who charge a really little amount of money and so because of that i was just surprised that nick went to uh, massage envy but well, i i uh, started going in utah uh to massage heights to massage envy oh uh, envy i'm sorry yeah. yeah and uh it seems like i was referred personally to someone who worked there and who worked there for a long time who i think still works there and it was this, this older gay guy who's hilarious he's super fun and every time i go and see him he would talk to me like it was the first time. Like he would use the same line. Like, you know, all the lines that you use on a, on your tandem jump. But like, would he not remember you? There's no way he didn't remember you. I mean, you. he knew that I was coming back, but I just don't know that he realized. Maybe he didn't realize that he used the same oh, okay. script every time. He I don't just know. knows one script. Yeah, because I remember at e the end of every massage, he'd be like, all right, that's it. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Borderline creepy, a little bit funny. Amazing, I, dude! I loved him. He was oh, great. Man. He gave a, a really awesome massage, and he was uh, super reliable. He was attentive to the to the areas that I asked him to be. Great, great dude. And then uh, it's only fifty dollars a month, or yeah, I think it's fifty bucks a month for an hour massage. But I don't even go once a month anymore, so I've got like more than a dozen massages just sitting there. But if I cancel my membership, I lose all those massages on my account. Them. So I got to go use them up, and then maybe I'll start. Uh, seeing somebody that I know personally once a month. That's what I found the secret in America. I don't know. I, I haven't got massages anywhere else in the world, but I've always been lucky enough to find, and it's through skydiving, some skydiver who does massages, and I can just say, yo, roll a table up to my house, throw my wife and I a massage down. So it's, I've always been lucky to find that. Or they're at the DZ, like K KVL. I like to call her KVL. It just sounds cooler. But I don't think KVL gives the HJ at the DZ. I'm going to wrap this up. No, 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 she doesn't. One man. last thing. The unwanted massage. I needed to get my hair cut because I'm growing my hair out again. I need to get my hair cut. Is this out a bit? Uh, no, no, no. This is just a Turn last, this into a bit. last story. Yeah, I will. Make it a bit. So uh, the people who cut hair on the island, there's a lot of ties. There's a lot of Philippines. You can, uh, Filipinos. You can go to a, 
this spa that has a couple Thai ladyboys there who will cut your hair in ladyboy. What? Yeah. I'm going to Saipan Dude, next they, week. They give, a great, they give a great haircut, but here's the thing. After the haircut's done, you need to avoid the massage if you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot. So <laughs> after they cut your hair, they, then they hit you. The, the haircut and the head, the, head uh, the shampoo is like 10 bucks. And I remember he was washing my hair and Brad had warned me. He's like, dude, avoid the body massage because they're going to try to hit you with the full body massage after the haircut. And he was literally, I was sitting in the chair after the haircut and the shampoo. And he was like, hey, he's like, can I interest you in the uh, full body? And when I walked in, he goes, oh, my God. He's like, you look a mixture of Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves. He said that to me as soon as I walked in. I was like, dude, I know I'm good looking, but I'm like a six. I'm not a fucking mix of Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves. So I know he's already bullshitting with me. Right. So he, he massages my hair. He does a conditioner. And he's like. He's rubbing my shoulders and he's doing like a head massage. And he goes, can I interest you in the, the full body massage today? And I was like, you know what? Like, uh, I got some shit to do this afternoon. I'm totally good. Before I can finish my sentence, he's got a fucking wet hand down the back of my shirt all the way to the bottom. And he just, he just started massaging me. And you're in the middle of telling him no. I'm telling and him he's no. Got wet hands all over you. As he starts. And I just accepted it and I paid him the extra money for it. And it felt amazing. Uh, so happy that, ending? That's no happy ending. No, no, no. It, it ended after the full body. Uh, but my lesson to you, if someone offers you a full body massage and you're trying to deny it and they force it on you, just accept it. That's a lesson to be learned here. Accept the massage rape. Accept massage rape. <laughs> then it's no longer, it, it's not rape if you accept it. it that's correct, DJ. The struggle makes it real. The struggle makes it fun. So you're wrapping it up. Uh, I don't need to. Nick's going to turn into a pumpkin Nick's in a little bit, man. Yeah. Pumpkin, Nick, dude. how many work jumps did you do today? Oh, I only did six, and then I did three uh, yes. fun jumps. Fun jumps. And, you know, do you looking at a busy schedule? You don't know what the schedule is tomorrow. You never know. No, I did look. It's pretty light tomorrow. Pretty light. But Nick works way too fucking hard for anybody at the drop zone. Let's be honest. Nick fucking does more work I go through phases. at that drop zone than anybody else, dude. He works all fucking day. Whether he's on a load or not, he's working. I, I go through phases. And... uh. Right now, I'm not super... I don't have any really clear projects that I'm super psyched on. Yo, let's talk about that for one second, man. I got you trapped in a corner right now. Okay, here I am. I'm so I got two projects that, that I really want to work on or I want to know about. One mm -hmm. of them is I want to know about. You started a video for the mentor program. Yeah, Val mentioned something to me about it today that kind of... So I hate projects where I have to depend on someone else. Okay. Those are the hardest projects for me to work on because sure. I can't incentivize anyone to help me. I can't offer, I'm not the one with the checkbook. I can't say, hey, help me out and I'll give you this amount of money. Or if you don't help me out, you're going to face these consequences. I can't do any of that. I'm just, hey, will you help me out? Will you do yes. this? I need you to do this. I can only say that so many times and be let down so many times before it's just like, all right, fuck it. So when I have a video where I have to depend on you know, this video that you're talking about is 10 plus people to give me a little bit of their time to contribute to this project that they're not getting anything for. It's really difficult. And so I struggled getting the last few people to commit to delivering lines for this video. Yep. And uh, I just hit that roadblock enough times and then other projects came up and it just took a super, super, super back burner. And I still have storage shelf. 
Yeah, it's still it's still out there. Yeah, I just need to find other people who to to get in front of my camera to to deliver the last few lines for this video and then just make it a video. And it's probably, uh, I mean, I Let's don't know. Get, did Justin Grubbs do any of your lines? No, he was someone who was uh, on my radar from from early on of someone who I would like to be able to have in the project. I can I, make that happen because I know he's he's passionate about it. He's the, the assistant lead now. He's Val's right hand. I, the the one role I wanted to fill that I haven't filled is. Attractive young girl role. Attractive young girl speaks to camera. I just haven't gotten Valerie's that. attractive. She's she's on there, but she's not. Uh, she's middle aged. Ob- objectifiable in the way that I am hoping f- for to fill this role. She but is objectifiable because every time I see her booty shake, man, you fucking <laughs> Middle Eastern men have got it fucked up. Why do you make your lady walk behind her when you can walk watch her walk in front of you and shake that ass? That's a really good point. Yeah, so why wrap them in a burger too? So we need a we need a young lady to speak to the camera who is yeah, and a I, certain ilk. I have KDP in there. Boom, so, that's awesome. So that's and she actually did really well. Sweetheart of a girl. Girl. But uh I just need to find I I'm I guess I'm pretty over trying to fill that role with the person that I wanted to fill it with. He needs so. a female version of Braden Smith. And listen, you're not going to find it. Give me a wig and I'll do it. <laughs> I've got the wig. The one of the things that Valerie and I were wondering might be part of the problem is outside footage. So we actually have committed ourselves recently to finding more outside footage. Yeah, the, fo- the footage is absolutely welcome. Okay. Um, I know that I have a little bit. I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Let me try and not do it. Okay, I've got it. I got it to go away. Uh, footage is one, uh, one small issue, but footage I can always go get. Like mm-hmm. for for me, the harder part of any video is getting the story, getting what's gonna really serve as the audio for the video first mm-hmm. to build to. Because once I have the story, then it's really easy because I can just watch the video, listen to the story, and be like, oh, you know what I need for this, that thing. Oh, I can go film it myself, or try and find someone that that's got it. But because I've never fully built start to finish, you know, beginning to ending all of the the dialogue of it. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to know uh, exactly what's missing. Okay. So let me, if there's anything you need help with, let me know. Because if I can help track or chase people down, I'll do what I can to help. Because maybe between the two of us, we can make it happen. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about, uh, you know, if if anyone comes to mind as a potential uh, filler for that role. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) You know where that went. Is that the Instagram rip on the... Nickelback song? No, that's actually the lyrics to the Nickelback song. Oh, was okay. Just a drop I was wondering what if it was you were going do, do you know the Instagram spoof I'm talking about? Look at this Instagram. No, I haven't seen <laughs> it. Eggs Benedict side of hell. Somebody shitting up people taking photos. My phone went and made it art. It's really good. I'm gonna actually. Oh my funny. god. I, I I know that not many people are gonna go back and watch the videos that are in these comments, but I know you're gonna go back and watch this one, dude. I oh, I so. actually regularly do. So the other conversation I want to have with you about video production and work is before I do that. I need to ask this young man one question. When do you leave Houston? Tomorrow at 10 a.m. Well, suck a dick. Um, because I would love to have you around for this next project if I could, but obviously this is not going to work. 
Nick, Mr. P, we have the film festival coming up. And one of the things I think you know I want to do is I want to put together a little video promoting what we have going on. I want to bring awareness to this video. Yep. So I have some ideas. I've got some ideas. I'm not great at storyboarding. I'm not great at putting the, the whole idea and the project together. But I've got some really solid concrete ideas where like how we can do this. So I'd like to get this video put together. I'm definitely going to take a lot of the lead to help make it happen because this is my problem, my idea, my baby, but obviously I need your help with it. You guys need voiceover? Um, dude, you know I'm calling you for every voiceover piece of work I ever need. Okay. You are the voiceover man. Okay, I actually so listen is, to you week. This is a good... Uh, so you're going to help me get this uh, mentor video finished for the drop zone. So then I can put some personal time into uh, making a video for the film festival and not have to worry about getting fired. Do you need a voiceover? Well, so no, project? actually I was planning on helping you with the film festival one even more because that's really my problem. No, but the film festival's less beneficial for Spaceland as a drop zone, right? Yeah, and we don't need you but, to get grief for that. But the what mentor would the video film festival is will be without voiceover. The film festival. Hey Braden, have you ever done voiceover? <laughs> no, I just dude, I just want to be a part of it. Hey, sorry. Dude, I was uh, working at the drops on this week doing an instructor rating course, and I'm debriefing on a computer, and instructors keep walking up to the computers next to me and keep cranking the volume up. And it's not a distraction at all. It's not bothering me at all, but I'm wondering, like, what the fuck do you keep playing? And next thing I know, I keep hearing your asshole voice. Really? Every fucking day at those computers, I listen to you. On what? Dude, and what? you're such a little dummy. On, dude, on what? Dive flows. Those dive flow videos, the yeah. STP dive flow videos. Oh. Those students watch us. Hey, bro, you're about to do dive flow. We six. only did six of them, dude. Did yeah, you well, do the rest without me? Did you do the rest without me? No, we they filmed only used the seven, first. eight, and nine. Yeah. But uh, one Tommy Miller left without uh, filming the canopy stuff for me. Oh, right on. So I was you. wondering That's if your you fault. fucking, dude, I was wondering That's if you That's your fault. Uh, That's your fault. You're screaming at me, and you have no reason to because you know it's not my fault. I did my job. I really hope that he comes back for a month before he moves out to Saipan for the next year. He'll have to. Year. He so, will be back October 1st, if I remember yeah, correctly. He'll have to. Cool. Well, he's yeah. going to do some canopy shit. I know. Me. I've got his ticket in my fucking inbox. It's a round trip. He's got to come home. Yeah, no, he's got to come home. You know how I know this? Because Sam said so. And when Glow in the Dark Sam speaks, Tommy listens. Darn right. Hey, Braden, do you know the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One. One is really heavy. And the other is, is a little lighter. <laughs> the other oh, is a little lighter. Oh, yeah, there that's it is. a good joke. Oh, I like so, it. I like it. Like, one of the things I want to do is start that film festival video with a little, like, hey, so you think you're Steven Spielberg to Tarantino, whoever is a cool director now. Little goofy video shots of us doing something silly with those kind of like looks with like whatever that clapperboard crap is, yeah. making up something stupid. And showing like, well, now is your opportunity to show off your badass flying and get a video of one of us flailing like fuck through the sky. Um, so just any video you have of me skydiving in general. Okay. Um, yeah, that'll work. And, and just kind of throw together let in like, hey, if you do this, you go, you know, get this free GoPro 5 or whatever it is. So kind of uh, plugging the prizes into that. You guys should do one fun jump just for that video. Ah, oh, dude, do a fun jump with Nick Lott. You're not, yeah. you're not threatening me with just anything. Just get one, there. just get one ridiculous fun jump of you flying through the sky, just for that little promo video. You know, I jumped with Tex and uh, a couple of the people that he was organizing for a uh, for some angle stuff today, 
And I don't know which one of these gentlemen swam super hard on the exit, but it was really funny because they swam really hard. <laughs> and then Tex is leading this angler out of the airplane, and Tex sees the person swimming and then starts, starts actually swim. swimming. <laughs> and, oh, man, it was great. Man, that's a good... He's a talented really money, dude. So I, I want to get on those projects. Let's talk about them more. Okay, uh, let's finish that. Uh, let's finish that uh, mentor video so I can get some brownie points at work. And then we and need. Then to get the I'll festival. feel less guilty about film festival stuff. Cool, because I really would like to get that film festival video out uh, in the next about two to three weeks. I don't think that's necessarily realistic, but that's what it I would might like be. to try to do. Um, it's uh, a 60-second uh, promo video. And, oh, uh, dude, yeah. It you know a guy out. that can uh, rock out the voiceover real quick? Dude, got a guy who can fucking crush the voiceover. The only thing sexier than his voice is his face. That's darn right. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching the podcast. If you want to follow me, you can get me at Braden Fun at Instagram and at Pornhub.com forward slash yes. gay. You know, Pornhub.com forward slash gay for pay forward slash Braden fun forward slash jerks in front of the camera. I wasn't going to bring <laughs> this up. I actually was thinking about Pornhub like two minutes ago, and I was like, nah, I probably shouldn't go there. But because it's now getting uh, late and I feel like it's okay to be inappropriate. It is. Uh, so apparently there's this new genre of porn. I thought about this when you said Tarantino, and you'll see why at the end. There's this new genre of porn. I don't know even what it's called. Horror porn. But the porn starts... With a flaccid man who gets erect and jerks off on the girl's vagina to get it wet, and then that's when they start having sex. So at the beginning of this... Isn't that how you start? <laughs> yeah, but think about if you're watching this as pornography. The first six minutes... It's you watching a dude jerking off, which is super weird. Okay, to me. yeah, dude, that got it bad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as a friend was describing this to me, a friend of a friend apparently is super into this. This is his new thing to watch. But as my buddy was describing this to me, I was so sure he was going to say like, "Yeah, it starts with you, with a with a dude coming on the girl's vagina." And then I thought he was going to say like, "It's a Tarantino thing where it shows the end first and then it mixes <laughs> through all the things to get back to the beginning." That's six what I thought. Minutes. And when you mentioned Tarantino <laughs> earlier, that all flashed through it's my brain. It's just six minutes Bow. of jerk. Yeah, six minutes of, of warming up. Oh with man! The, like watching the dude. If it's her hand, I himself. might be okay with it. I don't think it is. So no, it doesn't sound like it. Man. I'll quote a book for you. Everybody lies. It's a new book, and it's about human sexuality, and uh, it's fucking you're trippy, dude. Trying to convert me is what you're saying. No, it's just like ten percent of porn watched in the United States is actually grandma porn, and fucking half of it is mommy porn, and it's dude, it's crazy. Like, well, mom's got those big naturals, so it's hard to argue with. God damn it, dude. There's a point where <laughs> I like to lying. see. An 18-year-old girl at this point, MILFs are my age. So it's actually what I'm eating on. I mean, yeah. digging on. I mean, into. Okay, we're pushing up against four hours here. We so gotta wrap this up. Are we really? Dude, we got four hours, no problem uh, here. Yeah, no. No, but, we gotta we gotta end it. We gotta but end it. Facebook does turn us into pumpkins. We do have an actual literal cutoff by Facebook. So right now, uh, we, we've got this going on. Just a little heads up for everybody. Next week, Wednesday night, we're gonna have our boy Nick Reyes join us. Uh Nick's got some super cool adventures going on in his life. Base jumping, skydiving, speed flying. Check it out. Uh does some climbing. The kid is just fucking rocking and living and loving life, and I uh, can't wait. Next week, Monday and Tuesday, he's part of an XRW camp, Extreme Relative Work, where wingsuits and parachutes fly together, and he's going to be, or he's supposed to be one of the uh, parachute guys if his canopy gets here. Uh, and, uh, man, after that, I believe we're going to have John Barry the week after that. We're still working that timing <laughs> out. We <laughs> need to get that schedule kicked in. Uh, Anthony, the film. kid, is coming up right after him. He's a wingsuiter at the drop zone. Him and I have been trying to put that schedule together. 
Um, and that gets us into August with Critter. Critter will be here with dogs. So we've got like actually a pretty dope schedule coming Sick up. Sick lineup. Huh. Um, so I, dude, I, I'm, I'm honored, man. Uh, Sam uh, Smith is really trying to work into the schedule this time around, and that's going to be hard because she travels. So we're going to try to get her in here. Um, we will leave Jay out of the equation thank for sure. God. Yeah, thank God. Thank God, thank God. Jesus. But uh, guys and gals, man, if you love what we're doing, if you like what's going on, please definitely like our Facebook page. Even if you don't listen to every episode, please go to your podcast player. Please download Gravity Lab Radio episodes. We're just trying to raise the awareness and kind of grow what we're doing. We're having a damn good time doing it, man. Uh, Till then, that is Mr. P. Nicholas Hey, this Thanks is my boy, on, dude. Braden Smith. Thank you for being here. I'll see you in one year. Guys and gals, I'm DJ Marvin. This is Radio Lab, Gravity Lab Radio, somewhere around that. <laughs> We're out of here. Blue skies. <laughs>